because he decided he wanted, he wanted to actually join us again. And we got Sherry this week, too. Yeah. Hello, hello! What's up? <laughs> Do the full house, you know, a 90s sitcom thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving it back to the 80s. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> I'm not sure anymore. So, Tegan, I want to specifically say right off from the beginning, thank you again for joining us again oh, yes, this yes, school. Yes. Oh, th- thank you guys for being willing to have me. Uh, I was worried you'd be sick of me. After no, we, we were actually... I'm like, four hours is a long, uh, a long haul, you know, to be around somebody. We were... So. Uh, Skyping for a couple <laughs> hours last night to d- discuss about things we could do to improve the channel and other things that we could uh, formats and yep, yep. You know, a- anything we could do to just try to make. Oh, you're having a little business. Yeah, I guess that's cool. Really good, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they, they looked at and I see me looking at my phone. I'm like, um, Deegan wants to know if he could be on the show tomorrow. And you know, Sherry and Greg are like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so yes. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, in parentheses, drooling. You know, it feels like, good to be wanted. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. So, hopefully, we can we can have some more fun. So, anybody for anybody that might have missed fun. the first uh, live stream with Egan and is new to you know just getting to see him, meet him, know him for the first time, this is a very very talented artist who has already done. Uh, uh oh oh oh! What do you call it? Store uh, limited store variants, or um, that's usually exclusive. Like the, yeah, I like that better. Yeah, yeah. For um, also slumber, more you important. did the closet. You did uh, uh, you know I stick at names. Help me, people. Super uh, massive. Thank you. Yes. And <laughs> after school, after school was the last one. That's the one. That's the newest one. So I always have trouble remembering that one. Yeah, and I saw that on the Patreon. Uh, vote. And oh yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, because yeah, that was actually if, the first I had seen it. If you want to get into it, feel free Patreon to start asking page. me questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for uh, for plugging me because I'm terrible at plugging me. So, man, that's that what sounds friends are weird. For. I'm terrible at plugging me, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what friends are for. Okay, time out well or too well. I don't I think this channel just went up to NC-17. So, yeah, tell us about After School, because I saw that, and I I have no knowledge of this, and I want to know. Okay, yeah, so, like, about the book and everything, like, what it is? Yeah, sure. Cool, yeah, so, um, After School is basically, it's from Skybound Entertainment, uh, the company that's owned by Robert Kirkman. Um, and it's basically an anthology horror series where every issue is a different story. Um, but the thing that kind of ties them all together is it's always about high school kids. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, and that first issue, so I did, uh, issue one, a cover for issue one and yeah, it's really awesome. It's about, um, a young girl in high school who's kind of like, she doesn't really fit in anywhere. She's not doing good in school. She's kind of having trouble at home. And basically, her parents are trying to help her, so they get her an emotional support dog. Um, and once she gets this emotional support dog, everything gets better. Like, she gets great at school. She's got a ton of friends. She's popular. Like, her life just gets so awesome. But you don't really know what's going on because there's something up with the dog. Mm-hmm. And I'll just leave it at that. It's a familiar. Um, and where, <laughs> where is your exclusive 
available? Uh, so that one is available at Things from Another World. Um, ah, so which it's, they had slumber. Yeah. Yes, yes. So it's uh, tfaw.com. I actually think, I don't know if they're still having it because it was a week ago, but they were having a sale on a lot of their exclusives last week. Um, and I think instead of it being fourteen ninety nine, it was eight ninety nine or something like that. So uh, if anybody's interested, definitely feel free to check that website and see if it's still on sale. Because um, I'll be honest, anytime somebody buys one of my covers from a place like Things from Another World, it really helps me out because the better that a cover performs, the more that they want to work with an artist again. Mm. Um, so if my covers do well, there's a better chance of me getting more opportunities at that. So. Anytime somebody picks one up, even if it's not from me directly, if it's from them, it's it's a huge help. So, and I, I'm looking at the site right now, and I see they also offer a CBCS uh, yeah. rated nine point eight. Yes, yes. So they do. Um, I will say the only bummer with that is um, I, I I don't know if it's just because it's too much work on their end, but I wish that they would actually work with the artists that they uh, have do the covers because. I would be more than willing to do yellow label signature, yeah. uh, you know, graded comics. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I will say that I am through John at Syndicate Comics. Uh, didn't take me long to plug them. Um, <laughs> but uh, John over at Syndicate Comics. You know, he's sitting there uh, going, yes! <laughs> <laughs> um, but he actually has the ability now to uh, anything that I sign, do a remark on, or if I do a sketch cover he can actually submit it for verified CGC signature series. So it gets the gold label, it gets the authenticated signature, all that good stuff. So if anybody is interested in picking something up that I've done and having me sign it, they could always reach out to me and ship it to me. I'd be more than happy to sign it, and then they would just have to pay for the CGC uh, submitting fees. Um, That's super so, cool of you. Yeah, cool. I'm always willing to do that. Yeah, because awesome. I'm like... Yeah, because I feel like a lot of people um, really love that yellow label. You know, like there's something yeah. about when you get a signature <laughs> on a book and get it slabbed and it just has a blue label that says some person wrote on your cover. Mm -hmm. It's just not as it's not as cool, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, having that like verified this was the real person uh, is always kind of neat. So I've got I've got yeah, the um, cool. things from another world page on the on the stream. Um, <clears throat> it looks like it's, it's oh, very it looks cool. like a normal price. Uh, okay, shoot. Yeah, so they must have been just doing a, a weekend sale or something. But Flash you sale. can definitely tell Dog's got something going on there <laughs> with the eyes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's that's what's cool is like, um, what's funny is not to get off on a tangent already, God forbid. Um, but something <laughs> that I've noticed it's uh, only the, 907. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, <laughs> what I've noticed uh, doing these exclusive covers is I since I'm kind of new to it still, I was always kind of under the impression that you don't, don't want to spoil anything major in the book um, yeah. on the cover. So like what I've tried to, what I tried to do in my slumber cover in my, um, the closet and after school covers was I wanted to hint at what was going on in the book to intrigue people, but I didn't want to just give it away. Cause like in that book in particular, there's a really cool twist about halfway through the middle that you're like, Oh shit, that's mm. what's going on. And so I want to, like, give it away, even though it was really cool. And then the more I do these exclusives and I see other people's exclusives, there's people that are just flat out like, here's the main monster in the book. Here's the, here's the twist that happens 20 pages in, like, right on the cover. And I'm just like, 
oh, okay. I'm like, apparently we can just, <laughs> you know, just blow the lid off of these things. But, um, and I'm like, it would have been so much easier to do that after school cover yeah. if I could have done that. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if they want to be credited with like the first cover appearances, maybe. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Everybody's Larry. Hopefully it's not Larry. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It was a little while ago, but we we caught all the audio. We turned it into a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and in about uh, six minutes, we're going to lose Sherry for a quick second. <laughs> nine, you know, no, it's, it's twice during the weekends, remember? It's like twice during weekends now. Oh, my, uh, <laughs> my internet likes to load and reload without permission. How dare I did you. not get confused. <laughs> so yeah, can you? Yeah. Yes, I can. Me? I can hear. Uh, I I don't have my okay. wall, my wallet's upstairs. So as soon as uh, get a break a little later on or whatever, I'm gonna run upstairs and uh, order two of the copies of the. I've already got the checkout ready. I just I was hoping PayPal would be an option, but it's not. So <laughs> well, yeah. Sorry guys, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, everybody was like fragmented and going really slow, and I was like, ah, oh, shit. I think I'm. Drop it, my internet's dropping or something. Let's see. That's okay, so on I'm that, next. <laughs> on that exclusive um, uh, after school, how many copies is that? Um, Sorry, what was that again? I'm sorry. The exclusive Skybound, how many copies is that oh. limited to? Yeah, so that was a 500 print run. Nice. Um, so it was pretty small, yeah. Um, so all the covers that I've done so far have been pretty small print runs. Um. But uh, which which stinks because once they're gone, they're gone. And that makes me kind of sad, you know, because I like to I like to have some at my tables at conventions and stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, man, eventually these are just going to be gone and I can't get any more. But at the same time, <clears throat> it makes it more collectible, you yep. know, because those small print runs like that. I mean, eventually, you know, I mean, got a 500 print run like that's nothing nowadays. Oh, yeah. You know, most of the time exclusives are like 1500, you know, somewhere in that range. So, well, I mean, everybody's freaking out over the, the cool. Frank Miller Presents Ash Cannon. That's 12,000. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm like, that's that's more than a few. So I'm looking at your slumber on uh, and that one's on sale. Do you still do you oh, still cool. see advantages when sales are happening for when people purchase them? Yeah, hundred okay. percent. Yeah, like because uh, as far as I understand, on their end, the more often that they sell out of a uh, exclusive or at least get close, um, the more beneficial it is, and the more that they are like, oh, well, hey, that this artist seems to, you know, because it's a mixture of a bunch of things. Is is the cover cool? Is the story yeah. interesting? Uh, is it something that people cared about in the first place? Um, you know, because like the artwork is definitely a big chunk of it, but then another big chunk is if the book is interesting enough to people that they want to pick it up. Cause sure. There's a lot of like people like me who will just buy stuff. If the cover mm-hmm. artwork is cool, but there's also more people I feel that like, yeah, if the cover artwork is cool, that's one thing, but like, I still got to want to read it, you know, like that sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but yeah, definitely. I feel like with any business sales are the biggest thing, you know, like, uh, yeah. Money talks, <laughs> so it's like if something sells well, they'll probably want to you know go back to that well a little bit more often. Now, the other thing I I found that I don't like from things from another world in ordering, and it's a small thing. Uh, at the bottom, it's a place order. There's a little checkbox that says uh, "add bag and board." Oh. And yeah. if if you don't, there are yeah. going to be raw comics flopping around in there. Yeah. And it's only thirty cents a book, so it's not that bad. But it's yeah. just, if you forget to check that, 
you're <laughs> hoping that uh, the USPS yeah. or DHL whom or whomever did it, it is really nice with your package. Yeah, I definitely get that for sure. I do have to say though that everything that I've ever ordered from them, when I do select bag and board, like they package stuff really well. Yeah. Um. So like. Even though their shipping is a little bit higher um, and you have to pay for the bags and boards, I'm like, at least when you do do that, it feels more premium. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing worse than spending extra on something. Yeah. And then it doesn't feel like they took more care in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I swear I'm not just trying to shill from things from another world because I want them to give me another cover. Give me another cover. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> well, I mean, the shipping's not bad. I'm picking the DHL, which is two to five days, and it's $4.99. And that's shipping and oh, handling. Oh, yeah, that's, that's actually nothing. not that bad at all. Yeah, they don't have a separate handling charge. It's five bucks, and it's out the door. So that's not bad. Oh, man, there's a lot in the chat oh, already. Holy cow. Yes, I didn't there even... is. Oh, we have to... Are there questions <laughs> and stuff like that? There's a lot going on. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, commentary. Yeah, let's, let's pay Most... attention to the folks that were nice enough to come in. Oh, I see... Hi, people that are here. I got a glass Cliff, on. I'm sorry. Cliff is back. What up, Cliff? TN Comic Collector, right? That's Cliff. Oh, and of course, when I say that, everything's for me. Hi, hi, Cliff. I'm sorry, I just referred yeah, to you. I to your Jason here. Welcome back. Sap is filling up the chat and awesome. Sher uh, Sherry, there's a new person. Ha ha ha. Just kidding. <laughs> Tiago, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> and we all xbox uh, gamer joined us yeah wow 19 views already concurrent viewers 10 all right what hey up, everybody that's cool uh and are you still there deacon everything started dropping out on me uh -oh. again uh, and right when it started happening i was about to say yeah tn comic collector is cliff uh a really good dude. He said, uh, I heard Deegan was sketching, so I dropped everything. So I haven't gotten to start anything yet, but I was planning on trying to draw something while we were on here. So oh, cool. um, if I can manage to uh, to talk and draw for a little bit more yes. at the I've... same time, I'll... what I would like to do is I'd like to give this away to somebody at the end of the stream if sure. I can <gasps> manage to, cool. to I'm in the stream. multitask. To be that dork. Well, I actually, feel I, I feel like that that would must be one of the hardest things being like a YouTuber or anybody that does giveaways is it's like like well it's like uh when you gave away that first appearance of Madam Web Slab yeah I'm like if that was me I would have been like I want to enter my own giveaway you know <laughs> it's like uh -huh. I want I want that thing I, want that thing <laughs> well, I was on um, Slab Hub for Rob's fat stacks of comics so they give away books a couple times during their streams and i asked them in advance can i give away a slab so, you know because they, mm -hmm. they give raw books raw books i give away a slab and uh you know uh, uh the comic vet it's another channel he he does no it, i'm not familiar uh he has another channel also but he kind of does it with rob's fat stacks of comics so it's kind of like greg okay. and i mm. and we each have our cool. own channels uh it's the comic vet one my slab and in my head i'm thinking okay. yeah i'm sure people don't think this is a fix <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you, you said even i was uh available to win that if i wanted to participate but i i didn't feel right i know that's the bad thing is even if you want to be a part of it you almost feel bad about being a part of it so it's like yeah <laughs> well a couple of months ago on my uh, new comic book day greg actually won and like four days later i'm like you haven't watched my my, my comic book video 
Well, I, I've been busy. I, I know you haven't watched my cover. Go watch the colorful video. <laughs> Let me give this to you. Yeah. <laughs> I have to follow the rules. You have to watch it. That's true. Well, and, and actually, before I start sketching this, is uh, everybody in the chat, does uh, anybody in the chat like Venom? Because if we get some yeses, that's most likely what I'm going to draw. I was about to say, anything Spider-Verse would be fun. I'm not familiar. Ven so... Ven Venom? Venom? Yo, Venom? <laughs> Dude, on a side note, Venomino. I think one of the most genius things they ever did was that tie-in to the Donny Cates Venom run that was Venom, uh, that took place during the Vietnam War. And it was about, like, the origins of symbiotes and soldiers oh, yeah. in the Vietnam yeah, I War. Reading about that. And it was called Venom. I was like, that's freaking genius. Uh, I was going to make a joke. It's the Venom War, but now <laughs> yeah. it's a thing. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I know it's like, now it's a says, safe yes, bet. Likes oh, hell yeah. What's awesome. Up, Thanks for hanging out with us. Um, oh, what was I going to... I forgot. I was going to ask something. <coughs> hmm. Oh, didn't you ask enough questions last time? Don't do that because I'm a, so, I'm, I'm a gentle boy <laughs> and I, I, I worry about these things. <laughs> I'd be the same way, dude. Like if he said that, then I'd, I'd like, immediately be okay. like, oh, shit, did I really ask too many questions? No, Just no, be like no, silent no. the rest of this. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the, the whole stream. purpose of this live stream is to ask questions. Um <laughs> Maybe Carnage with Venom if Tongue? People want silence. They'll just turn into our reaction. Forget videos. Bully McGuire. We got Bully Richard over here. <laughs> yeah. Tiago said Carnage with a Venom Tongue. <laughs> oh, how dare you? <laughs> you know my feelings on that. You and, know. And the teeth. You were Don't here last time. Oh, God. The teeth. <laughs> you're just going to. You're just going to see like the lights start flickering and my eyes roll into the back of my head and I just fall out of my chair. <laughs> so. Hey, quick, call 911. Hey, <laughs> can, uh, do you get, uh, if there's ever other characters, like if I show a couple of things that you've drawn, mm -hmm. you can't get in trouble for them, right? <laughs> like if you're drawing Venom, you're not going to get in trouble with it with Marvel, right? So it's, I almost hate answering this question too, because the the answer is kind of not great, realistically. But basically, you know, because obviously I sell prints, uh, art prints of characters that are not my license, you know, and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's like technically, yes, anybody who sells artwork of a character that they didn't pay for the licensing is technically not allowed. But it's one of these things that in the years that I've been doing this and the more artists that I talk to, it's basically kind of a thing where a lot of the property holders they don't tend to give you too much trouble with it. Sorry, I'm like, my dog is like circling me. No, you're good. <laughs> I'm like, are you going to eat me? Like, what's happening? Why are you circling me? Um, but uh, basically what happens is the property holders, especially like what I've noticed, knock on wood too, I don't want to jinx myself, but uh, Marvel seems to be pretty lenient with it as mm -hmm. long as you're not making, you know, a a bunch of money and and a lot of these companies seem to really take umbrage with logos so like i never put logos in anything that i do mm. it's like i'll draw the character but i will never put spider-man on it or venom on it you know like it's oh, very, okay okay you so know character's they, fine, but so you're not gonna make not. my shirt <laughs> it's yeah it's like character yeah. still this, this is okay fine, but they take it a lot less they they don't go after people nearly as much if it's just a character as opposed to yeah having logos and and trademarks you know things like that because 
I think the way that a lot of them think about it, at least in my opinion, the smart companies think about it is it's a lot of free advertising. You know, it's like for it me, really I'm like, is. you know, I'm barely make I'm barely making enough money to get by every month. It's not like I'm raking in the dough. You know, it's like the the thing that that bothers me is when companies get real like Nintendo is notoriously really bad. Uh, Disney. Yeah for disney properties not necessarily marvel or any or, uh, it's mostly like disney princesses, princesses. when you you know yeah. stuff like that mickey they're, himself they're pretty hardcore about those properties um and what i think annoys me about that is i'm like especially when you're first starting out as an artist is a lot of people will argue we'll just create your own characters like and it's like yeah it's i would love to create my own characters but the thing is is when you're just starting out and you have zero following and nobody gives two shits about your character, mm -hmm. you can't make a living off of that. You know, there no. are very few people out there that jump into the comics industry, create something original, and then it takes off. You know, it takes years for original properties to get any sort of momentum to actually be financially viable for a creator. You know, so it's one of those things where, you know, it's a slippery slope because I feel like the company should let it slide which most of them do when it's not a bunch of money being made mm -hmm. um you know and they're not i'm I, I think they also take umbrage mostly with people who don't present the characters in a way that they would like you know like i'm sure if i drew spider-man in not great uh scenarios that they don't necessarily approve of i'm sure that might be more of an issue um yeah. but where i i tend to lean towards i'm a very i'm a comic book fan you know so i draw these characters very in line with what they are and what they're supposed to be and what they have been. So I think that that's also kind of what helps with it a little bit. Um, but yeah, long story short, it is not allowed technically, but most of the time they let it slide as long as you're not using logos, pretending that you own the property and raking in a ton of money. So mm -hmm. I'm sure if I was making thousands of dollars a month, they would be like, uh, <laughs> You know, and knock knock on the door a little bit more, but um, yeah, thankfully, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. C and D, yeah. C and D. If they get to the point where oh. they could actually pay for the lawyer to come and knock on your door, then yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And that's the thing is, most of these companies are not um, not uh, companies you want to screw with if they start, you know, uh, getting legal action going. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um, oh, but yeah, Greg said uh, Rockstar also shut down a fan created remaster of GTA. And made a worse version for sale. Yeah. <laughs> Sleazy, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's the thing is, it's like, yes, yeah, some companies are just really hardcore about it, and other ones seem to be a little bit more lenient and cool about it. So, thankfully, Marvel has been pretty cool. Um, I will say, DC not as cool. Um, back a year ago, when I wasn't, I wasn't even where I'm at now. A year ago, like I, the year, this year has been really big for me. Um, so I was much smaller a year ago nice. than I am now. Um, and that's saying something, but a year ago on my Etsy store, I got flagged on two of my, I got a Batman and an Aquaman print flagged mm. by DC and Etsy reached out to me and was like, Hey, this is a three strikes you're out situation. If you get a third flag, we're going to pull your whole store. And I was just like, oh, they I'm like, I can't, I can't afford to have my whole store go down. So I just said, screw it. I took anything DC related off of my store, and ever yeah. since then, it's only been Marvel and, um, uh, you know, like uh, prints of the covers that I've done, yeah. things like that. So, 
DC is seems like they're a little bit more, a little bit more litigious, um, which kind of stinks. And that's why a lot of people ask like, Oh, you know, you do a lot of Marvel stuff. Like, are you going to do more DC? And I'm like, I would love to do more DC, but the problem is, is I have to weigh, okay, if I'm going to do a new art print, it has to be something that I feel I could sell well at conventions Mm -hmm. and that I can also sell well online. And when I can't put anything DC on my online store, that really, you know, the scales really tip because then all of a sudden the only place that I can sell them is conventions. And all of a sudden that money and time that I invest in getting the prints made, because it's not cheap, you know, I pay my colorist. Mm -hmm. Uh, It takes me 18 to 25 hours to do a single print piece. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so it's something that I really got. And then the cost of making the prints. So it's something I really have to weigh, and it kind of stinks. I'd love to do more DC stuff, but half the time I just can't justify the time and expense for how little I would see in a return, if that makes sense. Do you think that DC com- complained to Etsy? And, so it, it was literally in the email. It was a person who works for DC who literally all they do, from what I can tell, is go on websites like Etsy, Redbubble, yep. uh, wow. you know, stuff like that, and yeah. literally find their properties and send out, you know, marketing police. Yeah, pretty much, you know. So, and yeah. So yeah, it's marketing Gestapo. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's one of those things again, you know. It's it's such a a difficult thing because, you know, I feel like it's easy to have my point of view when you're not big and you haven't done something of your own that you created that has made it so to speak so i feel like it's easier for me to say that if i was ever to create something that became so popular that people wanted to make art of it and sell it to help them have some sort of living in what they love to do it's easy for me to say oh well i mean i wouldn't care you know like as long again like as long if i created a character and people out there loved it enough that they wanted to make artwork of it and sell it to try to help them get somewhere. I, at the point that I'm at right now, it wouldn't bother me again unless they were raking mm. in the money. You know, like if they were doing it in mass market, trying to basically corporatize it and really, you know, bring in as much income as they could with it, yeah. then that might be a slippery slope. But I mean, if it's just somebody who was like me a couple of years ago who was just trying to do artwork of characters they love so that they could get their name out there more and maybe make a few bucks so that they don't have to work their shitty job the rest of their <laughs> life, I wouldn't exactly be like, oh, no, stop it. You know, I'd be like, that's fucking cool that you love what I do enough that you would want to do that. And, you know, so again, it's easy for me to say that when, you know, these multimillion dollar corporations like... um have so much time and money invested in their properties but at the same time i'm like am i really affecting your bottom line you know i think that they should save the money on the marketing (laughs) police and spend a little bit more money on the movie scripts (laughs) (laughs) not only that but just like you know maybe um you know maybe i don't know because like another thing that i've always thought about is i'm like if somebody's etsy store is doing so well that you feel the need to tell them to stop selling artwork of their characters don't you think that if i was working at dc i'd be like maybe we should fucking hire that's what i was well you know maybe we should bring this person on because obviously people like what they're doing and if it's big enough to where we took notice then maybe it would be smart to let this person do it for real yeah you know but i just don't think they think about it that way who's the guy that did the uh deep fake remake of and i don't want to say what he remade because somebody hasn't watched it yet uh uh mandalorian season two finale 
uh, he decided uh, on his okay. own to yeah, do it better oh, yeah, yeah. and release it on the internet. <laughs> and a couple of days later, there was a knock on his door. It was it was Disney going, "You want a job?" <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm like, Jeez. if you do something well enough that people enjoy it, and it's a, for a property that's that big, like it is so hard to get people's attention, even with known properties. So if you manage to do something that resonates with the fandom. Why wouldn't you as a company want to snatch that person up and, you know, and they've done it in the past. Like, I'm pretty sure Boss Logic, if you guys yeah. have heard of him, I'm mm -hmm. pretty yeah. sure that's a big way that he got to start doing what he does, which is in more of an official capacity, mm -hmm. was he just had fan art that blew up so big that they found him. But that was more that his social media following just got so big that they found him and snatched him up as opposed to. I don't think it was because they found him selling that artwork on an online store and we're yeah. like, hey, this is selling well for you. Come on over here so that we don't sue you and yeah. kill you. But it's the same um, idea in the record industry. <laughs> if you see a band uh, that's doing cover songs and they're doing it really well, you don't tell yeah. them, stop doing the cover songs. You give them a record deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's catch up a little bit here on the chat. Um, yes, absolutely. S&J picked up a bunch of your prints at Terrificon this year. That's so cool. Thank you so much. Like, what the is one your name, by the way? Because <laughs> um, some, because every once in a while, because uh, I'm much better with faces, but every once in a while, names will click in my head, and especially if I attach it to a specific convention. So I'd love to see if I could remember the interaction, especially because Terrificon was kind of slow for me, so there wasn't as many interactions as I'm used to <laughs> at at that show. Um, and then Jeremy Simpson, Deegan is a phenomenal artist and a great guy. Hope he continues to find success. I love Jeremy. He's biased. He's like oh. one of my best friends, and I've known him for like 10 years now. So he's a little biased, but I still really appreciate him. He's such a sweetheart. He's like one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. Um, but yeah, he's he's a good man. He's a, he's like one of the smartest dudes on the fucking planet, too. Like, I'm going to pump you up a little bit, Jeremy. So this is something that I haven't really told anybody outside of like friends and family. But um, I do have my own creator uh owned character and comic book series that i basically have been chipping away at for over a decade oh. you know it's just one of those things where it just wow, takes a really long cool. time okay um and what stinks yep. is i'm just in the position right now where i just can't afford to take the time necessary to develop it as much as yeah. i want to but uh jeremy is an incredible writer and uh, a couple years ago i basically came to the determination that this is never going to happen if I want to write, draw, and, you know, do everything for it. Like, it's just never going to happen, you know, because the drawing of the interiors alone takes, you know, if it's a 30-page script, it's going to take me probably 35, 40 days, yeah. um, you know, so that's just for one issue. Uh, so I'm like, man, I need to reach out to somebody who can, you know, help me write this yeah, and do the heavy lifting you know and and jeremy is an amazing writer he went to school for screenwriting he's always been a great uh -huh. writer um i went to him and i was like dude can you help me i was like i love your writing could i just give you these broad stroke ideas and kind of like you know pinpoint major events in the story and then you just kind of do all the heavy lifting and write the script, write the dialogue, you know, like really flesh this thing out for me. Cool. And I'll just kind of be a big idea person. And he did an amazing job. We have one issue fully done script wise, and I just haven't gotten a chance to draw it yet. So, cool. but yeah, so that's something that nobody's, nobody's heard. Yeah. Um, I would love to say the name of it too, but I'm always terrified since I haven't copywritten yeah. it yet. 
that I don't want to put the name out there and then somebody, you know, being a jerk, you know, scoops it up or takes the name and I don't, can't yeah, but do if you're it, a so. struggling artist and you, you know they're not making boatloads of money on it, <laughs> <laughs> but the the key is I haven't made it. Uh, yes, yeah. right. <laughs> so it's like maybe one day when it's actually done something, um, uh, then I wouldn't care so oh, much. Oh, apparently you're calling it Batman, according to Jeremy. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh-huh. Don't pick a DC We're character. Don't pick Just a kidding. DC Just kidding, DC. He's Just kidding, DC. Spider-Man. Yeah, we've learned yeah, he nothing. Said, um, we have learned he nothing. said we're calling it Batman. I hope it sticks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's um, it's uh, it's really cool. Like I'm really proud of it, and it sucks because again, I want to go hard at it so bad, but it's just like I'm at the point right now where. I'm so overwhelmed and busy with just the stuff that it takes to basically like attempt to get by and keep a roof over mm-hmm. my head that there's like no time for stuff that I want to do. You know, and what stinks is I feel like in the long run, doing my own creator thing would be more beneficial long term. But it's one of those things where I can't afford the short term yeah to get to it being beneficial long-term. Can I say um, something real quick? And I know absolutely. your schedule coming up over the next few weeks, and I know your schedule day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month is super hectic. And the yeah, fact that you are taking hours out of your time <laughs> to join us on this channel two weeks in a row is really meaning a, a lot to us. And from all of us here, well, thank, thank you. you so much. No, no, Mahalo. thank you guys. Like, <laughs> No, Microphone. seriously, like, I, I have to say, like, one of the reasons why like normally if I was to do something not a strictly work related for four hours, the entire time in the back of my head, there's a voice that goes off. That's like, you need to get back to work. You're yeah. failing. You're not good enough. You're not working hard enough. Like I, it literally makes me incapable of taking days off. Like I'm supposed to take the day off tomorrow. And I'm like, probably not. I'm like, I'm already <laughs> in my head. Like, but I got to do this, 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 and this. And if I take a day off, then that's going to put me another day behind. And I'm flying to Tucson on Wednesday. You know, it's like, so all this stuff starts snowballing. But what I have to say is last week when I did the stream with you guys, it was like the first time in forever that I did something that, and I guess you could still say this is for work. You know, it's getting my name out there. It's, you know, networking and things like that. But that was just fun. Yeah. And I didn't the entire time have something in the back of my head going like, you need to stop talking, get off the live stream, get back to, you know, and it was like, so it was such a relief. And and I hate anytime I complain about this stuff, I always want to say up front that I fucking love what I do and I would never want to do anything else. And I feel so thankful that I'm even at the point where I can attempt to do it for a living. Um, I say attempt because it's not quite making a living yet, <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm still in a better place than a lot of people who first start out, you know? So, but all that to say is it, at the end of the day, I, I do like to reiterate cause I don't think a lot of people understand fully. I think a lot of people get the idea in their head that all I'm doing is every day I wake up and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get some breakfast. Okay. Now I'm going to go sit at my comfy chair and I'm just going to draw <laughs> and have a good time today. And it's like, out of a seven day work week, I'm lucky if I draw maybe a day or two. Like all the other days are taken up by emails, responding to uh. clients, booking hotels for conventions, talking to promoters about me being a guest on their yeah. convention. If I can't but be a guest, he, then I need to sign up for a when table. When he draws, though, like, 
when he draws. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. This was a you know, and so uh, so I just really appreciate that you guys welcome me on here, and it's something that I can do to kind of decompress yeah. a little bit and not stress for every oh, hour yeah. of the day because. <laughs> Because that's the thing is I'm a ball of anxiety before I started doing this. And unfortunately, as much as I love this job, it just piles on the anxiety. Because it's like I have, you know, for example, I want to say, and I almost hate saying this because I don't want people to panic. Your commission will get done. I promise. I've never not delivered. But I think I have 20, 27 or 28 commissions right now. Um and basically the turnaround time is anywhere from today to four or five months from now is probably how long it's going to take me to finish all of them. Um, and it's one of those things where like once you once you book yourself that much and then on top of it, I have two covers that I'm doing plug, plug. at the same time oh. um, that are due in two weeks. And I'm so happy about them and I'm so excited for them. And they're for more independent uh, like yeah. creator owned books. Um, so it's a little bit different than what I've been doing, but it's super cool because it's um, they're great stories. And I don't know if I can necessarily talk about no, them but yet, when so you I won't can, name them. Please. But hopefully I can yes. come back on at some point. And, um, but it's one of those things where I'm like, so I got all these commissions, and understandably these people are excited and they want their art. And, you know, so people reach out. And, and nine times out of ten, everybody is incredible and gracious and just is like, hey, I'm just checking in. Um, you know, but what I, what I think a lot of people don't realize is it's like, I'm barely drawing, you know, like I get two days out of the week to actually draw and I'm lucky if I can get one or two pieces done in that time frame. So then it's like, all right, those two days are gone. Now another five days until I can do more. And then God forbid, if I go out of town, like next week, I'm going to Arizona. Yeah. For seven and like, days. All, like Georgia isn't um, hot enough in you know, August. So. You have to go to Arizona. <laughs> dude i am so that is the biggest thing i'm not looking forward to it's a try like, yeah at least uh, it's dry like i said in, in the last uh in the last stream i grew up there you know that's where i was born was in arizona and the biggest reason i wanted to leave was because of how fucking hot it is and it's like it's a no joke crack an egg on the sidewalk and scramble it heat you know and i'm like i would take the humidity over baking literally baking like human baking <laughs> any day of the week. And so I looked up the weather for next week and it's like over, you know, cracking the hundreds. And I'm like, oh, of course, uh, when I fucking go out My there. Uncle lived in I'm like, I'm going to, it's, it's the kind of heat when you step off the plane, it's just open it instant. up and door. Like you're just yeah. like, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's so bad, but luckily I'm going to be in a convention center for most of it. So it's, it's not really gonna gonna yeah, be. My that uncle big used to live in Phoenix. A, a he said in July and August you did not go into your swimming pool. It was like jumping into a bowl of soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those things where even you know you nor, you'll like put water in your hair to kind of cool down. It's like nah, the water evaporates <laughs> so quickly it barely does anything. So, but no, so it's it's one of those things where I'm just like it it gets really stressful, you know, because like all I'm thinking in my head all this week was okay, I've got to make sure that I get everything shipped out to Arizona. You know, I had to ship all of my prints, all of my backdrop yeah. and table setup, uh, you know, all of my art supplies, you know, because I didn't want a chance putting them on the plane and all that shit gets yeah. lost. And I show up to the convention in Tucson and I sit at my table and I've got nothing to sell. And I'm just like, Selfie? <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, um, 
I'll draw quick sketches for five dollars, <laughs> oh, please. No. You know, like I'll be able to afford all of my travel and the table cost if right. like seven. Look, if John people, Candy could, uh, could sell uh, shower curtain <laughs> rings as earrings, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's just nice to be able to do something like this every once in a while, where I can just kind of like completely decompress and you know put all that you know, outside of my head for a little bit so that my anxiety brain will take a chill pill <laughs> for two minutes and, you know, not, not make me feel like I'm an epic failure if Just, I'm not, you know, cause I guilt myself all the time. It's so yeah. bad. Like, uh, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's unhealthy, like legitimately, you know, where I'm just like, I, I literally will not give myself any sort of break in any shape or form because I'm just like cracking the whip on myself all the time, you know? So I got to find a balance. It's very unhealthy at this well, point. Well, first of all, you're welcome. No, I'm kidding. Um... <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely said I know, thank you. So, yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> the, the guy, S&J, who's at Terrificon, he said, I was the one who bought a bunch of Spider-Man Venom and Carnage prints. Oh, I yep. I totally remember you now. That is so awesome. Thank you. Like, I appreciate it so much. Um that was actually one of the coolest, coolest experiences of Terrificon. Um, talking to him and uh, a gentleman that was in the stream last week, his name was Avril. Oh, yeah. um, so they were two of the coolest people that, that I met at Terrificon. That really, uh, that really uh, saved that convention for me because was, that was <laughs> a rough one. <laughs> um, so yeah, people like that really, really come through clutch because there are times when and thankfully, it's been few and far between the last couple of years. Like, I've really, out of the dozens of conventions I've done, I've really only had one or two that were, like, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make my money back. <laughs> you know, I don't even know if I'm going to yeah. break even. And thankfully, that's few and far between. But when those happen, it's very hard when you're sitting at that table to not just put your head in your hands and be yeah. like, fuck. You know, like, am I doing the right thing here? You know, like, uh, maybe I'm not, you know, good enough. Maybe I'm not up to snuff. And this is why it's not you know successful right in this second you forget it's like with comments in the in the comment sections you always see yeah. the stuff that hurts you and you pay attention to that but then there could be 10 comments of people just being lovely and and loving on you and being positive and it's like that one <laughs> asshole cuts through everything you know and it's like that with this it's like i could have one bad convention and it nullifies the 10 in a row that i had before that were fantastic do you, uh, you ever know? follow like george um, no but I, I definitely know who he is uh, of course Facebook, i should follow him because he's he's pretty entertaining i think on facebook he's got like no not facebook instagram one of the two he's got about like three four million followers and uh, oh, he's geez. at one point he was getting so much hate messages, email comments, and stuff like that. He was actually deciding whether or not he was going to shut down all his social media. And all his fans then kind of like rallied said, like, "Look, Mother Teresa would get hate mail, okay? <laughs> Gandhi would get hate mail because there's just people out there that just want to hate. Yeah, that's their sole purpose. Of yeah, life. unfortunately. Um, when I first yeah. started uh, the channel, uh, I reached out to Reggie for Reggie Collects. And yeah, yeah, I mean, even though he's got got about thirty, forty, whatever thousand followers, he still will take the time to talk to anybody. And he's a really sweet guy. And I That's asked cool. him, what does he do about like people in the chat or on the channel that say bad things or mean things? And he responded with like yeah. it took me like a half an hour. He actually recorded videos 
specifically for me and sent them through Instagram Messenger for me to watch this one. It was like a wow. 15 part thing that he was saying to me, saying my name. It wasn't like pre spammed. Just build a strong community awesome. and you don't have to say anything. The community will govern itself. And I've actually seen that with the people yeah. in, you know, some of these chats that, you know, like somebody will say something uh, mean and then other people in the Ohana Comics family are like, hey, this is the wrong place for that. Bye. Get out. <laughs> yep. I love that. That's well, and that's what I noticed, like doing that first stream with you guys was I'm like, um, you know, like I've talked to a few people since that stream, you know, about doing the stream. And what I kept saying was I was like, you know. Of course, and and I, I hope this doesn't come off as like mean, uh, but like it's one of those things where I was like, of, you know, there's other channels that have a bigger following oh. or you know more numbers. I'm to catch but I'm up. like, <laughs> I've I've I I would dare anybody to try and find a channel that's got people that are loyal to it that are as kind and genuine as the people that I've dealt with so far in just a little bit that I've worked Thank with you, you guys. Really you know, so like. That. I think, yeah, like you guys seem like you're growing a really, really cool community. And, you know, that's something I'd rather be a part of a small community that's like that than a large community that's full of people that just want to shit on things or shit on you, you know, or attack people or, you know, I'm like, life is too short to to be so It's not just your (laughs) talent. It is your personality, which is why we're so excited to have you on the channel. Okay. I mean, if you could be the world's greatest artist if you were pretentious we're like ah i don't know if we're doing a live stream this week uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i i definitely get that like because that's how that's how i am with anything is i'm just like if i don't i don't want to take the time and the investment to uh to to associate myself with people that aren't people that i would love to have in my personal life you know what i mean like i i don't want to associate with people that are like that that are divas that are assholes that are you know think they're too big for their britches you know that sort of thing it's like i don't have time for that i don't have any interest in getting a leg up by dealing Mm -hmm. with shitty people like that i would much rather take the long and winding road that is filled with people that are awesome and genuine and wonderful than deal with people who are shitty all the time just because i want to get somewhere it's like i would rather not get somewhere than do that, yeah. you know, and, and watch myself become that way mm-hmm. in the process, you know, like I, Plus I don't it, want anything well, to do it, with that. That's, I was gonna say, there's an old, ex- old expression, it's better to be loved for who you are than, uh, it's better to be hated for who you are than beloved for who you're not. So, sorry, Greg. Well, I was just going to say, when you True deal that. with those people, at least for me, um, it's, it's stressful too, like when you're around those people, so like, you're already yeah. extremely stressed as it is just by your own, you know, your own self. So like being <laughs> yeah. around those people is just, I can imagine you just wouldn't have time for it <laughs> or the mental capacity for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. It totally gets to that point where it's just like, man, I'm like, I'm stressing myself out and you know, um, my dumb brain is making me miserable <laughs> enough on its own. I don't need any outside <laughs> forces to help in that. You know what I mean? But, um, real quick, uh, a cool thing. Um, so Jeremy, uh, my friend that's writing, uh, my comic mm-hmm. with me, um, he actually sent me a text. I hope he doesn't mind me reading it, <laughs> but, uh, he texted me and he's like, uh, almost done with the first draft of the second issue, by the way. Um, so if you get some free time, I can send it to you. Um, so that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. So, when he's doing, yeah. so he's doing the writing 
of uh, not the artwork. He's doing the he's doing the heavy lifting on all the writing. So he's actually scripting it out and you know taking like what I'll do. Basically, our process has been where I kind of when we first started, I kind of gave him the the right. elevator pitch of what I wanted the story to be and kind of pitched him on all the main characters um, and told him what I was hoping for them to be like and stuff like that. Because basically, um, and I mean, if you guys are interested, I don't mind talking about what the comic is and kind of, I'm interested, you know, but the only the, reason the I'm not is because everything. it's not published and I don't want anybody else stealing your idea and, and getting it to market first. Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing that always so if, worries me. I'm like, I always want to just tell people about it, but I'm always like cautious, super right. gun shy I mean, again, at the same time. It's not just the people in our chat that we, you know, we know and love, but who knows who might watch this on a replay yeah. three days from now. So, okay, yeah, so you could I'd just yeah. be very cautious on yeah. that. Yeah, you could maybe very high level if, if I don't know, if you're yeah. comfortable, only if you're um, comfortable. Well, so I've I've always been a sucker. I don't know why. And it's such a weird thing because I'm a 34 year old man at this point. So I feel like it's almost weird to admit it, but I've always been a, I've always been a sucker for (laughs) high school stories. Like ever since I was a kid up until now, if something has high school students in it, I'm just like, I'm all about it. Cause I just love, it was such a, even though we didn't think it was at the time, it was such a simpler time where the things that we thought were a big deal, weren't a big fucking (laughs) deal at all. And it's this whole idea that you can kind of escape into that, like remembering what it was like to be at that age when things seemed like they were the end of the world, but they weren't. And so my whole concept is having a teenage superhero that is dealing with the things in life that a normal teenager would think are the end of the world that aren't. And then also dealing with things that really are the end of the world, you know, as a superhero. So it's like... um, and I know that some of that kind of sounds derivative of Invincible or Ultimate Spider-Man, but it's, I think we're taking it in an interesting direction that is different than that stuff. It's, uh, I, I like to think, because obviously you guys know how much I love Invincible. It's easily probably my top three favorite series of all time. Um, but as much as I love Invincible, there are times in it where I'm a very, like, hopeful Mm -hmm. optimistic person i like to live in this this fairy tale world of like always hoping that things will work out or always hoping that good people get what's coming to them you know as opposed to what the real world is a lot of the time where good people get the shit kicked out of them you know so like in storytelling i'm like i kind of like to take more of an optimistic you know so the thing i love invincible but sometimes for me it just gets a little too dark you know, it's just like with Game of Thrones. I enjoyed Game of Thrones, but it's something I'll never watch again. Because it's just like I can't take getting kicked in the metaphorical nuts I'm over and over now. again. <laughs> you know, like, and it's like, you know, I, I want something that there's going to be stakes. There's going to be consequences. You know, I don't want it to feel like a lot of superhero books where you're yeah. never afraid that something bad is going to happen to a character you love. But at the same time, I want to have this book we, I gotta say we, because Jeremy is doing so much on this. Um, we are just trying to paint a picture of, like, giving a little bit of hopefulness and optimism, you know, and and, uh, and have those stakes and dire situations, but kind of have the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, you know. Um, so that's kind of a high-level thing, and it's very much about the main character is very much just me when I was in high school. Um, so 
me in high school was much different than me now. And I look back at me back then and I'm just like, God, man, like, like you thought that you were doing the right thing and you thought that you were a good person, but realistically, like you fucked up so much and you did the wrong thing so many times. And that's something that I can look back with hindsight and know, and know, but I think back and I'm like, at that moment, I thought that I was doing the right thing. I thought that I was being as good a person as I could be. And I love the idea of like kind of telling stories about a character that is very much me from back then, but having the hindsight of it so that I can, we can hopefully like show, you know, even though this character thinks that he's doing the right thing and, and stuff like that, you can kind of show him learning those lessons, you know, that I've kind of learned, you know, along the way. And, uh, and really watch the character grow. You know, I really want him to kind of start out as a character that maybe you're just like, you know, this kid means well, but like, you know, he's he's kind of, you know, got a lot of issues and, you know, he's a little stubborn and, and stuff. And I want people to kind of grow with him and, and care about him more and more as the as the story, you know, plays out. Uh, so are you a, f- a yeah, fan of the uh, Clone Wars, the animated series of seven years? I've never gotten to watch it. Um, I've always wanted to, but every time anybody tells me about it, they're like, skip like the first three seasons and then it gets real good. And I'm like, I've never had the patience for stuff like that. I'm just like, if I can't watch the whole thing and enjoy the whole thing, I just don't have the bandwidth for it. I wouldn't recommend skipping, but one of the things about it is Filoni, when he created Ahsoka Tano, he he knows Mm -hmm. or the propensity of Star Wars fans to automatically hate new characters. You know, they're, we're, mm. Nobody hates Star Wars as much as a Star Wars fan. So, <laughs> but what he did was he created so specific reasons, character flaws on purpose with Ahsoka, so they would hate her for those reasons. So that way, as she grew mm. and you know her character evolved and those reasons were were overcome, they learned to like her. Now she's a fan favorite. So it sounds kind of like what you're doing cool. that with your character, where is you're you're making a character that does have flaws and you're controlling it, with the idea that uh, as they mature and have character development and overcome those flaws, the audience will learn to appreciate the character that much more. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's honestly exactly what we're going for with a lot of it. Um, so that's cool. I'm glad that somebody else did it already and it worked. Yeah. So at least it <laughs> gives me a little bit of faith that it's possible. It's one of my favorite but, um, characters. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's I love that's him. awesome. Ashley Eckstein. That's awesome. But um, yeah, no, it's it's something like it, it's been a passion project for so long. Again, that's why it's like painful to not just show you guys what the character looks like and tell you all about it, like. But at the same time, since it's been such a passion project, there's that part of me that's utterly terrified that if it got taken from yeah. me or if it, you know, got, you know, uh, stolen in some way, shape or form, like it would just Look, be heartbreaking. We end the so live like, stream and you want to tell us three, that's fine. And we'll keep our mouth shut, but I just worry I'll about the NDA. Yeah, there you go. The I don't care. <laughs> I do have to shout this out. Um, <laughs> Sherry, yeah. phenomenal artist. I'm like shit. Yeah, do that's good. I'm a trademarker <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I was gonna say. Good, good. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna oh, say. God. I. I know. I feel bad. I'm already dominating, dominating this damn live stream. You're good. You're good. Um, um, I'm a sucker for dad jokes and puns. That's that's what I was gonna throw out there. So. Nice. Very- I'm an appreciator of puns. She is. Oh, good. I like to punish people. <laughs> 
she is she a lot. punish people. Uh-huh. All right, all I right. Punch her these I punch like... <laughs> Yeah, man, this is late. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, I know. Sometimes I have a pun in the oven too, so it's it's still ruminating. Oh my god, the fact that somebody's yeah, it like off yeah, right when she said that <laughs> was fucking perfect. Yeah. Oh man, you can't <laughs> you can't make that stuff happen uh, on purpose. That was my wife, so now she's part of the family. Uh, I was gonna say Sherry is our uh, manga anime expert now, and I was wondering, I was wondering I, what your oh, thoughts okay. are towards that whole world. And Sherry, if you had any questions for him, for, 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 for. Hi, Yoroshiku. Do you like it? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Here we go. No <laughs> anime manga. <laughs> Everybody's like, oops. What's Do that? you have any thoughts towards the manga community artwork? Oh, yeah, okay. Anime. Like it. Not into it. Interesting. I have a complicated relationship with manga and anime. Um, when I was younger, I loved a lot of anime. Um, like, uh, I, and it's, you know, it's so like... Um, I'm a basic bitch when it comes to anime. Like, it's so bad. Like, I, when I was younger, I loved Dragon Ball Z. I loved ah. Gundam Wing. You know, Gundam <laughs> Wing is, like, still to this day one of my favorite oh, animes ever. Cool but stuff. I never really got into the other Gundam. It was just Wing because I liked the characters. You know, so it always drove me nuts that they constantly mm-hmm. changed everything, every single series. Um, but I loved weird yep. stuff like Blue Submarine Number 6 and... Um, uh, oh, Giver! I love Giver. That's one oh, of the yeah. big ones. Um, even even the uh, the bad movie that they made. In the Dude, 80s. I love. It's so funny. Those two movies were so bad, and especially the good. first one with Mark yes. Hamill. But the yes, second yes. one, the second one, I legitimately feel like for as low a budget as it had, I feel like that was a genuinely good, like martial arts, like superhero anime adaption, like in live action, like that. That movie's got some badass fight scenes in it, like with monsters in those and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, but uh, yeah, so the older that I got, the more I got away from anime. And I think it was just, and it's so, I feel so bad even saying this because I know it's a big reason why people love anime, is I can't get past the insane uh, monologue, internal monologuing that takes like, 15 minutes mm-hmm. and they're just staring at each other because all I can think of in my head is what the other person is thinking as they're just standing there you know like because you hear their inner thoughts and they're like I've got to be the best fighter I have to stand up for myself I can do that and it's like the other person I just imagine they're like what the fuck is this guy doing he's just been staring at me for 15 minutes and I just I just can't get over it and it's so funny because I'm like one of the cheesiest and hokiest people on the planet so it is so hypocritical of me <laughs> to, to to make fun of or not like the cheesy and hokiness of anime but it's just so hard for me to get past it i feel like such an old grumpy man like at this point like i i feel like i i got into my hero a little bit my hero academia uh-huh. um and i think that was easy for me to get into because it's superheroes so that was kind of like a a bridge for me you know but still, there are episodes when I'm watching it and I'm just like, Deku, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, he's just going on and on about, like, and saying the same things over and over again. And it's just like, I feel like some anime, it's like, 
you can just give context clues. Like we don't need everything spelled out for us. <laughs> you know, it's like I feel like sometimes the animes just don't seem to respect their audience a whole lot. You know, I feel like they almost feel like they have to spell it all out in in uh, monologuing mm. um, instead of just kind of telling that story more naturally. So that's something that I have a hard time getting over. But I very much appreciate mm. it. I very much love the artists and the writers that do it because it's like with anything. It's like when I was really into music, like I didn't like certain types of music. I wouldn't listen to certain types of music, but I always had a shit ton of respect for people that did it and did it at a high level because not everybody can do different genres at that high level, you know? So there's a reason why anime and manga is so popular. You know, it's, it's obviously really good and they're doing well at what they do. And it's resonating people know of that. Like uh, it may not be something that I'm necessarily into or that I wouldn't, you know, uh, partake in a lot, but I still have a ton of respect for it, you know? So See, I feel bad if I hurt anybody's feelings. I, no. Sometimes when I tell people I'm not into anime or manga, they're like, oh. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, she's got to uh, get me interested in it because I have no knowledge of it. So um, I'm going to be her first I will find the right con one. convert, I guess. If anyone knows um, it, so we just hit on Trigun. We just <laughs> hit the one-hour mark. Oh, I like Trigun. And... <laughs> Wanted to talk about the the challenge that we that Ohana Comics threw down a couple days ago, which oh. we fell short of. We fell yeah. short of. Um, we're now over eleven thousand views on episode six reaction wow, it's video. Wow, still going. Yeah, it's still going. Yeah, people are still watching that. Uh, the sound of her wings. And when we did the bonus episode, you know, the one with the two cats, we announced her in that that uh, if we got one thousand views and fifty likes. Then on this live stream, we will be giving away four slabs. Well, we got the 50 likes, but we fell about 100 short of the 1,000 views. We're right about 890. So we didn't hit the goal, but to, we did get close. So at least we want to give away at least one book. Yeah. Figured that was fair. So I am going to be giving away the Walking Dead one, issue number 100 Chromium Edition. It's a PGX, but it was graded in 2012, which is before PGX got in trouble. So it's a true 9.8. All right, so all you got to do on this one is Deacon was mentioning a book that is available on Things from Another Planet earlier. If you could say in the ch the first person to say in the chat what the name of that book is, wins this slab. Ooh. Oh, and it's Things from Another World, just in case. I don't want to. Oils, planets, hot Wait, did you say Things from Another Planet? I know. I just, I just don't want somebody I don't to. I don't want somebody to Google search it and they find something well, weird, you know? Because you. Never I'm pretty know sure. Wasn't wasn't that a store <laughs> back, like when we were in middle school in the malls, or is that Things from Another Universe? They had like oh, life size alien and predators I, in the windows. I feel like I feel like you're right because when I first got reached out to by Things from Another World, I was like, haven't I heard? You know, like of this before. Um, so I feel like, yeah, there is something, or maybe it's just a Mandela effect and we're remembering maybe. something that never existed. Tiago answered slumber, but that's not <laughs> correct. That's the book that he, the first one, I was talking about the one that is, he's promote was promoting right now, which I haven't even gotten yet, which I have in my cart. So yeah. So to clarify my newest, yep. uh, exclusive. Yep. So that is the most recent one that I've done. And it's Nate for things Benzin from another comes world. in with after school. Nice. So, Nate, if you go to Ohana Comics on Instagram, oh, so got the little logo of the Basset Hound. Um, yeah, in case anybody's wondering, 
Him. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, there it is. Yay. Um, just send me a message with your address. I'll mail that off to you. Congratulations. I hope that you're in the United Ooh. States. <laughs> Please. If not, move here. <laughs> Congratulations. I love when people win stuff. I live vicariously through them. Yeah. Well, sometimes I'm on auctions and I see something going for a good price. I'm like, I'm going to buy that just so I can give it away. <laughs> See, you're so generous. Uh, that's why I love you guys. I feel like we really need to catch yeah, up on the chat because yeah. that I'm reading some stuff and some people are saying some really cool stuff, and I, I feel right. so bad not responding. To I worry about it. giving away stuff. I don't want to come across as like we're trying to buy viewers. <laughs> oh, I don't think it's. I don't think it's that way. No, yeah, everyone no, I think, loves I think free stuff. Only, yeah, it's a good incentive. It, it's a compensation <laughs> for. I don't know. For your time. Yes. <laughs> For rambling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or my lame puns. <laughs> so, so bye bye, Walking Dead. Um, You've been one. Start, <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to see what's the, where we should pick up the chat from. Because I think, yeah, I think the last thing um, was back when. I think it was back when Jeremy said, I'm not biased, I'm correct. Oh, okay. That's kind of where yeah. I was, where I kind of last. Oh. Last and Saf was talking about Br Bridgerton. Uh, yeah, Bridgerton being. They're shutting that down. Oh, I didn't know about I that. Think I didn't make it official licensing, but the creator said no. As an artist, mm -hmm. oh, oh, he had a question. Okay, as oh, an that's a good one. So he's a painter. Oh, okay, as an artist, how do you normally get around awesome. letting someone else color your art? It's so foreign to me how the mm. comic world people work in tandem so easily. Well, first off, that's really cool that you're a painter. I think I remember, um, I think I remember yeah, you talking yeah. about that on the last live stream too. So that's cool because, like I've mentioned, I can't paint my way out of a paper bag. I'm I'm a toddler with a brush in my hand. I'm just like, <laughs> like it's so bad. Um, but so yeah, so it it is very weird. I feel like to any other artist who has nothing to do with comics, when they hear that somebody just pencils it and then somebody does the inks over the top of it that's different than that person and then somebody totally different does the colors on it i feel like that's like <laughs> what <laughs> you know it's very like they were saying it's very foreign uh to a lot of other artists but uh what happens is uh because it was honestly kind of foreign to me when i first started really trying to do stuff in the industry in my early 20s because i used to do everything i used to want to i wanted to pencil it i wanted to ink it i wanted to color it but when you really start to get into this professionally, you start to realize very quickly with the deadlines being as tight as they are for a lot of this stuff, you really have to get to the point where you check your ego at the door and you're willing to let other people do what they do best on top of what you do best. Because without, um, so like for example, I ink my own stuff still, so I'll pencil and ink it. Uh, but that's just because I've gotten to a place where I'm fast enough doing my own inks that it just works out better that way. I would love to be able to have a, a legitimate inker ink my stuff. It's just another expense that I would have to have, and I just can't really afford to pay a colorist mm -hmm. and an inker right now. Because for me, I want to pay the people that I work with substantially enough for what they do. You know, So I'm not willing to just go out and find somebody who's a great inker, but they're charging way too little for themselves and take advantage of that you know like i would much rather just wait until i'm hopefully i get to a point where i can afford to 
to give somebody, you know, something that's going to help them, you know, make a living. To elaborate on um, his question, though, so, he's saying I'd be it'd be like me sketching and doing a base and then trusting someone to do this, the shading. How do you deal if the direction they went wasn't the direction you intended? Yeah, so that's where the biggest thing, at least in my experience when working with a colorist, the biggest thing is communication. Um, and I mean, that's any relationship in life. I mean, honestly, like without communication, every relationship falls apart. Um, so with a colorist, what I've always done, because I only have two colorists that I work with. Uh, my, the first one that I started out working with, his name is Gat Melvin. Okay. Um, and he's incredible. Uh, and then the other colorist that I work with is James Offredi. And he's incredible, but they both have very different styles. And what I've done from the beginning of working with both of them was I always made sure when I would send them a piece, I would always very explicitly say, what vibe was I going for? What mood was I hoping for on this piece? Um, even sometimes I'll tell them like the overall kind of color palette, you know, like I'll be like, I'm thinking of something very cool for this or very warm. Um, uh, but nine times out of ten, it's it's a delicate balance because I know this from getting commissioned to do pieces for people. I don't like when people over micromanage me because then I can't do my best work when somebody tries to dictate exactly to a T what they want me to do. So I try to do that with colorists as well as I try to find a balance of, hey, here's what I was going for. But if you think with the vast knowledge that you have of being an expert in what you do, you think that there's something that could be better or fit the piece better? Let's go for it and let's check it out. And it's a very, it's a very back and forth process. You know, it's like um, a colorist will send me the first take on it, and they'll be like, "What are you thinking so far? Let me know." You know, if they, and um, there well, uh, after school, for example, was a good example. Um, I when I originally sent the black and white finished artwork to my colorist, Gat Melvin, he originally sent me back a version that was and w actually, would you be able yeah, to sure. pull up that cover? so that people can see it um but uh thank you by the way i don't know no, i love it i love being the guy in the chair excuse me uh, assistant <laughs> he's the guy in the chair yeah, excuse, um, <laughs> excuse me um tech, tech, but so tech. with that cover um originally he sent me a version of it where the entire background was much darker it was like dark purples and dark reds and it looked almost like it was in another dimension like it kind of looked like it was mm. in the upside down but a more colorful right. upside down. Um, and even though it looked really cool, I, I responded back to him and I was like, as much as I love this, what I was kind of going for was I want everything to look normal and bright and happy. I want it to look like this girl is just loving life and, and things are going well for her. But I want the things that aren't right to stand out and be those little hints of like fuckery <laughs> is going on here. You know, like not everything yeah. is what it seems. And, and so I kind of gave him that note and then he came back to me and he was like, you know, that actually like, I really like that better. I think it makes it kind of fit together a lot better. And when you look at that cover, you see there's like rips and tears in kind of the fabric of reality yep. in the background and those parts and the dog's creepy ass <laughs> eyes are the only things that are kind of emphasized as dark or sinister because I wanted it to be a drastic contrast between the bright and happiness of the rest of it. And so it's one of those things where you just have to be willing to communicate and you can't be afraid 
to respond back to them and be like, hey, I don't think this is really what I was looking for. Can we maybe try this or this? And the good thing is, is most people who are in this industry, if they've been doing it for a little while, they know how to work with people. You know, they understand that nine times out of 10, it's not going to be a, uh, tell me what you're looking for. I do it. You love the first mm-hmm. try and we're done. You know, like it's very much a, a push and a pull and a, Hey, try this. Maybe what do you think of this? Oh man, that's actually better than what I was thinking of. I can't tell you how many times. And again, that's why I work with these colorists who are great at what they do, because even though I can color my own stuff, the things that they think of and come up with are just well beyond anything that I could come up with. And there's been several times when somebody, you know, James will send me something and he's like, I kind of was thinking this, let me know what you think. I know it's different than what you were saying you were looking for. And I look at it and I'm like, holy shit, like that's way better than what I was thinking, you know? And so it's, it's, it's tough at first, but once you realize, and the big thing is, is finding people to work with that you trust, because if you work with somebody that is good at what they do, it's much easier to kind of let your baby, you know, like give your baby to them and trust that they're not going <laughs> to yeah. drop it on its head. You know, and and it's such a cool feeling once you get used to it of handing it off to someone and then you just get to be a fan at that point. You know, like whenever I send something to my colorists, I'm like waiting. I'm like at home, like (laughs) just waiting for that email. I'm so excited. And to get it and you just see it come alive with that color, you're just like, oh, this is so cool. I get to see it from an outside perspective as opposed to it, you know, because I don't know about you guys, but whenever you do something yourself. I feel like it's hard to look at it from a perspective other than you made this and you can't really see it from that magical point of view of just seeing the image, you know, and not having been a part of it, you know, so it kind of gives you a little bit of that excitement, (laughs) but hopefully that, that answers, uh, Staff's question. Sorry, we got all tangent in the chat. We're talking about solar powered and battery operated toasters. So (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Whoa. It's devolved for you. (laughs) <laughs> but you know you that's why i'm kind of laughing i'm not laughing at you <laughs> i know as you were talking about that deegan it, i'm i kind of started writing my own music um and that's cool i've always wanted to but i've always like not been a, i guess brave enough or whatever um but i can play like i can play all the instruments but i don't i don't know how to sing properly for like metal you know, because uh, you can hurt mm, yourself if, yeah. if you don't sing properly. Um, oh, yeah. So Absolutely. I went to Fiverr, the freelance site. Um, and yeah. there's lots of people on there. And I I had the lyrics written. Um, and I kind of had an idea of how the, I wanted them sung. But I sent them to the guy and he sent back what he did. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. Really? So it, it made me That's kind cool. of think of that when you were talking about how like you're waiting to get back That's your colors, cool. you know, and it's like, well, I didn't even think, yeah, of, you know, exactly. you'd sing this note or I w- or you would use that color there or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's like such a cool thing to like, you know, get to, it's like opening a present on Christmas. <laughs> like you kind of know it's coming, but you don't know <laughs> what it's going to be. And when it's awesome, it's like such a cool you know, um, yeah. experience. Oh man. 
So what I'm hearing is I know I feel like we're just we just keep falling more and more behind on the chat. I feel so bad. So what I'm hearing is if your colorist adds no black to carnage and no teeth, you won't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is definitely that would definitely end up being a conversation. And it's so funny. Like I'm so OCD about that that I make it very clear in the beginning when I sent like I did a carnage piece recently. Um, and when I sent it to my colorist, uh, James Afredi, I was like, all right. And just so you know, man, I really love the classic Mark Bagley nineties version of carnage. So those teeth need to be black. And I was like, and I don't even give room to interpret it. I <laughs> ink the teeth black. So they would have to go through a lot of trouble to make those teeth right. not black anymore. <laughs> like, so I'm like, I make it very clear that, uh, nope. These uh these teeth are black, and that's how they're staying. Well, I mean, you've seen the uh, bumper stickers that say WWJD, what would Jesus do? Yeah, we got to get the, uh, <laughs> oh, Deegan, course, the yeah. Deegan WTFCR. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 GTFCR, sorry. Get the fucking costume right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I feel like uh, I, after that last live stream, I need to make a t-shirt with that on it. <laughs> Like, get the fucking costume right. Yeah, because it just drives me. And again, I, I know it's going to come back and kick me in the ass one day because at some point I'm going to get a costume not quite right for the hardcore fans of whatever it is. And it's going to, they're going to be like, what about get the fucking costume right? And I'm going to be like, ah, no, no, me. your answer to that is I did it wrong on purpose to see if you were paying attention. <laughs> now I know that you're oh, a true man. fan and I appreciate you too. I'm going to have to reach out to you whenever I, uh, have situations yes, like that. I'll, I'll, I'll be like, Richard, how do I bullshit my way Okay, out let me this? check the PR handbook here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do, will, will they take a toaster? No. <laughs> so, um, uh, so what was what was after that? Uh, a lot of toaster what? stuff. What else? And then... <laughs> oh, jeez. Glad to know that we're interesting <laughs> enough that... Uh, no, it, it, started, it started with the, uh, I feel like I'm buying viewers, and Sav said only if I was giving away things off topic, or it's so all like, gotcha. uh, like, welcome to Ohana Comics, tune into the next one for a free uh, toaster. So I'm like, okay, well, wait, okay. how good a toaster is it? He goes, well, it depends upon, you know, it's a battery. I'm like, wait, wait, how many batteries does it take to operate a toaster? You know, it, <laughs> so, I think the next... I just I, I wanted to listen to you, but I had to know, is you know, we talking about like 15 9 volts? I mean, you gotta get those heating <laughs> elements up there. Um, uh, earlier on, you made mention about the fact that uh, as a new artist, you can't just take, you know, draw your own characters and go out into the world because you have to make money and nobody knows those characters. So you have to mm -hmm. draw the DC, the Marvel, you know, the, the, the uh, Erica Slaughters of the world and everything else. Mm -hmm. Um, in a related thing, sort of. Sherry actually does a lot of voice work and and cartoon characters and you know very talented. That's cool. And she's trying to break into the field, but of course she can't just develop her own character and do it because nobody has ever heard the character. Um, yeah. And so I do she a does a lot of voices that are you know not necessarily a character themselves, but without any yeah. sort of context, you know, no one's gonna care. So, but um, she's uh, now like yeah. just getting into a field which is kind of like where you were a few. Year, a couple of years ago with with this whole thing yeah any advice you'd like to give her oh man um well without knowing and seeing like your content and stuff like that and i'm assuming you're probably doing this so just let me know if you're not but are you are you doing like videos and stuff of voices of known characters or uh, 
stuff like that? Not or? yet. I've been playing around. It's with like it, Ground but, Zero. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been I've been trying to do that, but also at the same time, I have some voice acting coaching training that I've actually done, okay, and I'm cool. going to pursue that as well. And that would be both, yeah. you know, just like the regular, and this is my voice, and this is what you need to buy, yay. But also, that's yeah, great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird looking at somebody and then their voice <laughs> just completely changes. Like, it's so <laughs> jarring. It's like, whoa. Well, yeah, she does the best stitch, so I love stitch. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. That's awesome. He's that's my favorite. Cool. He honestly, eh, he was like the official start of everything. Um, yeah, really? I've been doing Stitch's voice since I was nine. That's so awesome. I've been doing it for 20 years, as weird as that's going to be. Um, Stitch didn't come out till I was an that's adult. Cool. So. He, the, no, that's fine. He speaks to us. Feeling older and older like every day, man. <laughs> that's part time. You know what happens? You know when when yeah. I pick when I pick up a Silver Age book and realize that I'm older than it, <laughs> that hurts, man. Especially when the book is in better condition than me. So, hey, <laughs> it's a six point I'm not a six anymore. <laughs> oh man, I'm a three point five qualified. Grade. We just won't send you in. <laughs> you got tape on your spine. <laughs> ah. We just we just need to give you a yeah, good we press, press you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just press and clean and you're good but uh to, um, to uh to answer that question and <laughs> to answer that question and then get back to a few more of the the chat ones because i feel so bad i want to really catch up with them um because i feel bad i'm like these are the folks that are I willing know. to sit and listen to us yeah. for hours at a time i want to make sure but so to answer that question i i don't know enough about the voice acting world in particular to i think give any great advice but the, i think the biggest thing that i would say is just and i again i talked about on the last stream how much i hated this when i was hearing it but the biggest thing that i can say is just do yeah. it and what i mean by that is just start doing voice acting wherever you can even if it's just taking um uh existing uh maybe you could take existing footage from something and you do the voice, you know, take the audio off of it and you do the voice or, um, you know, stuff like that and get yourself out there, you know, and then it's still properties that people yeah. know. So it will draw that attention. Right. Um, but it's a good way to get you out there so that then once you're out there a little bit more, you can start sprinkling in your own yeah. original things. And then maybe that can kind of become the majority okay. of what you do, you know, maybe something like that. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, that's the biggest thing. Just get out there and do it. Like that's what I started doing, and it's amazing how much it actually helps. <laughs> like when you just start, just fucking doing it. You yeah, know, breaking like, through that it's, threshold. It's, that I hate it. There's no good. Yeah. Yes, you know, because I feel like so many people are so talented and they have things that they're great at. But I feel like the biggest wall that we have to get through at first is that internal one of I don't know what to do, and I don't know how to start. Like, what if this, what if that, what, you know, and you talk yourself out of it over and over again, it's like, no, just stop thinking so much about it and just fucking do it. And then once you start doing it, it's crazy how the wheels just start turning and things just kind of, you know, start happening. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say you, you do great voices. So it's not like 
I always talk about I never want to be the person on American Idol who can't sing and nobody will tell them. Um, so the good thing is, is your voices are great. So that's a great place to start. Yeah. You know, like at least you know that the content that you're going to put out there is some sort of quality, right. you know, so it's not like you're just going to be screaming into the void and people are going to be like, who is this? What do they do? Like, they don't know what they're doing. Right. You know, like people, I guarantee you, if you just put yourself out there, people are going to find you because they like what you do. All right. So, that's what Nate, I, I have no idea how you did that, but I got your address. You remember the remember the business <laughs> profile I was showing you two guys the other night, uh, last night that I created but never did anything oh, with. Yeah. Nate just sent a message on that. Oh wow! That I that I, it's the first message on that entire thing in the first place. It's, it's the internet, bro. It's <laughs> I know. It's like it. man. I don't know how to send a message <laughs> on that thing. So, uh, but he's in Atlanta, so you know, shipping oh, wow. is Oh, nice. Maybe you guys can meet in a Dollar General parking lot. And you can I just thought you said out. Atlantis. <laughs> be all, be all no, not that Dollar General, but we're two blocks down. <laughs> Atlantis. Sher uh, you know. Sherry, have you ever oh, heard of... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. See. But, uh, Greg, I feel like you are four of us, so you could probably keep us on, on, on the rails here. Uh, somehow, I've become that role, and I've never been that before, so I don't want to be like the, the rain on the parade. Yeah, Dad. All right, children, let's get in order here. Um, I'd like a cheeseburger. <laughs> no, I'm the Extra dad. Fries. I tell the dad jokes. <laughs> he said he's like not get in the order. He said, get uh, in. "I take a ham on a ride." <laughs> okay, let's oh, see Jesus here. Christ. Uh, you got to just go, Greg. Yeah. Just barrel through them. Uh, have, have you ever have you ever created a character and been enthusiastic about it, and then someone goes? Quote that already exists um, here, and I guess he's pointing to that character. Do you do you have that pressure to be quote original? And he said, I've made, for example, I've made a painting and been happy about it, and I show someone, and they're like, Oh, that's a lot like this. Nice job. And then I smile, but I'm crying on the inside. That looks like yeah. Honestly, uh, yeah. Starry night. Oh, cool. <laughs> Honestly, um, and I hope this doesn't sound like a cop out, and I hope it doesn't sound like excuse making. But honestly, you're going to, as, as any kind of artist, whether it's, you know, painting, whether it's drawing, whether it's music, whatever it is, um, it's very hard to do anything that's wholly original anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be parallels that people can draw to whatever you do. Um, and so if, some, if you show somebody a painting that you're really proud of and they say something like that, all I can say to you is because I'm a big proponent of always take constructive criticism. Because the minute that I learned that in life, I took off. Like once I stopped having the attitude of when I was younger of, oh, well, they don't know what they're talking about. I'm, you know, it's like, no, there are people out there who know better and have done this longer than you fucking shut up and listen, <laughs> you know. Um, but there's also going to the other extreme where don't listen to everything everybody says. Because I can't tell you how many times early on, since Mark Bagley is my biggest influence, Obviously, a lot of things that I draw tend to look like some of his style because that's the style that I grew up on and that's the way I like certain characters to be drawn. And I can't tell you how many times... It's so funny. I'll get comments on stuff like that Carnage piece that I did recently where people will be like, oh my God, I thought this was a Mark Bagley cover. It's amazing. I miss Carnage looking like this. And so you have that side of it, which is people that are excited that it is it looks familiar to something that they love 
And then you get the opposite side of people that are like, oh, uh, kind of looks like Mark Bagley. Like they're trying to make do you something original. feel like you, yeah, like trying to make you feel like you didn't do something original or somehow what you created isn't as worth yeah. it because it looks similar to something else or someone else's style. And what I, the simple answer that I have to those people is, um, fuck those people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Quite honestly, because I'm just like a lot of people you're going to find out there. A lot of the people that say stuff like that, that are like, oh, it's not original, but I mean, it's cool. Or, you know, things like that are. It is very easy to look at other people's creative. Yeah. Look at people's stuff that they're taking time on and creating and pick it apart and talk about how it's similar to X, Y and Z. But then you look at what those people are doing and they haven't created a single thing. And it's like, yeah, it's very easy for you to pick apart what I'm doing and, you know, talk all kinds of shit or make me. And that's what they're trying to do, even if they're not doing it intentionally. A lot of those people are doing that to try to bring you down a a notch because a lot of those people in their mind. Yeah. You know, a lot of people in their mind are like, I wish that I had the courage to put myself out there like that. And when they don't yeah. have that courage, it's easier to bring that person down to where they're at, you know? So, yeah. well, I mean, I don't know if that answers the question, but that's what I would say is if somebody has legitimate constructive criticism that when you try to look at it from an outside perspective is something that could actually help you get better, absolutely listen to it and take it in and absorb it and, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, take it to heart. But if it's just somebody that seems to be coming off as like trying to make you feel less than because something that you're doing is somewhat similar to something else, then just say, you don't have to say <laughs> it to them. You don't have to be as blunt as me, but you can internally be like, fuck that and move on. Oh, me, I'll you know, do it and, for you. And, <laughs> well, and I think, <laughs> you know, I think so. human, the human brain likes to connect things, you know? So, so especially if somebody yeah. sees, yeah, it's in our nature. So if somebody sees like, a painting, it yeah. reminds them of something. I, I think nine times out of 10, they're probably just trying to be complimentary. Um, but like you said, if they're not, then sorry, don't need you in my life. Well, look, I can't draw yeah. at all. So if I drew something on a piece of paper, there's no way those people would know what it looked like. So the only thing they could compare you to is good pieces of art. If you go to yeah. the music field, for instance, and take Elvis Presley, Aretha Franklin, Paul McCartney, any awesome great person you could, and a couple of them you can't anymore, but if they were asked who were their inspirations, okay, they had to listen to music and everything and get a certain style growing up. And you go back and listen to their music, and then go back and listen to Elvis's music. You can hear their, you know. The, the influences, yeah. the inspirations in Elvis's music. You can hear it in Aretha's. You can hear it in Paul McCartney's. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they're trying mm-hmm. to copy him. Yeah, Just, yeah. So, and, yeah. And there's nothing saying that you can't take it to the next level uh, where 20 years down the line, that same person that might have said something that made you feel inferior says, you know what, I can see how... Uh, I'll just use uh, Bagley as an exist- example. Uh, inspired you, but you're so much better. <laughs> You've taken it to another level, you know? So I like that question. Don't, don't worry about being compared to other people. The only thing that, yes. that I can say is that if you're, you are reminding them of great art, then you must be great, too. That's a good, man. Yeah, you wrap that up and put a nice bow on it. <laughs> like I think you said it. I mean, if someone calls you like the Zando of 
comic covers. I mean, what's not to love about that? So. Yeah. Yeah, that's what always gets me is when people, uh, when I can tell that somebody is trying to be negative when they s- compare me to Mark Bagley or something, Ooh. it always kind of baffles me because I'm like, do you really think that I'm going to be upset that you're comparing me to one of the most prolific and uh, like one of the biggest originators in the last 40 years in comics? <laughs> like this dude, basically, he helped create Carnage. He was a big voice of venom you know after mcfarlane it was eric larson Mm -hmm. and mark bagley you know like that that really made venom what he is today and it's like so you're gonna think that i'm gonna get upset that you're comparing me to somebody that's that great i'm like and that's what i tell people in comments honestly sometimes is i'm just like thank you so much i'm like if i could even look half as as much like mark bagley's art then i'd be super right you have to do do all right so Nate asked, Nate Benzin, uh, has Mark Bagley ever seen your work or given you feedback on it? So I have met Mark Bagley, ah! I think, three or four times. Because um, what's cool is he lives really oh, close to us. Wow. Like, he lives in Georgia. Um, oh, that's cool. So, yeah, well, like, well, he's right in this Nate's area. Package, I might have to take a detour. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I got to meet him. I met him a few years ago before I started doing this full time. Um, And back then I wasn't showing my artwork a whole lot. I had a portfolio, but it wasn't, it didn't have much in it. You know, it was like a few bits of story pages that I had started working on for my comic, uh, a few pinups, you know, things like that. And um, I don't remember that first time as much because it was a few years ago, but the most recent one, was um last year at heroes con heroes mini con it was basically they had postponed it for two years because of covid and they came back and did like a miniature version and by miniature it was still pretty big but like it was them trying to kind of get their feet wet again before they did the big show this year uh mark bagley was there and i had a table and i was like this is the first time that i've tabled at a show and mark bagley is tabling at a show and so i took my portfolio over and you know just told him i was like uh, you know, it's it's I've met you before, but like it's so nice to you know get to talk to you again. And um, that was one thing that he had told me years ago was he said, just mm. keep drawing. You know, he was like, you're obviously talented, but you got to just keep drawing and keep going and keep doing it. Um, and that's how you'll get somewhere. And I remember telling him last year, I was like, you know, you told me just keep drawing and just do it. And I did, and it's been a couple years now, and I'm doing it full time, um, you know. And I'm I'm not making a lot, and I'm scraping by, but I was like, I am doing it, you know, as my job. And he was like, um, and what you have to understand about Mark Bagley, because a lot of, he gets a bad rap sometimes because he is unbelievably sarcastic. Like I think I'm sarcastic. He is on another planet, sarcastic and dry humor. And I don't think many people get that he's being fun or joking sometimes like it just comes off as he's being a jerk Simon Cowell. um because i i've met so many people that are like i met mark bagley and he seemed like a jerk and i was like no you just gotta like read it properly you know like he's just being a smart ass and he's just like having fun with you and um you know he was saying he was like well I don't know about all that because he hates getting complimented too. Like, it's so funny that a guy that's been doing this as long as he has hates getting complimented. But, um, you know, because I told him, I was like, you know, you gave me that advice and 
and you're the reason that I started drawing in the first place. You know, when I saw your work on Spider-Man and Venom, that's what made me want to draw uh, when I was a kid. And he was like, well, I don't know about all that, but, you know, I appreciate it. And he's like, you know, I'm glad that, you know, you just started doing it. And um, I showed him some of my pieces and he's very old school. Uh, so he's one of the guys from the the era where if you had a portfolio that didn't have storytelling in it, that didn't have pages from interiors of comics he basically Mm. doesn't want to see it you know because it's more of a last five to ten years thing for people to really focus on covers we talked about the last live stream yeah (laughs) yeah so it's like it was funny like he's looking at it and he's he's flipping through it and he shuts it and he stops and he goes you obviously can draw and i was like thank you and he was like yeah you're you're obviously a great artist he's like but where's your storytelling and I was like, I know, I was like, you know, and I, I tried to explain to him, I'm like, you know, I'm just in a place right now where storytelling isn't mm-hmm. paying me, yeah. <laughs> you know, like this stuff is what's making me money. And he was like, he was like, I get that. I get that. He's like, but the next time that I see you, I want to see some story pages. Whoa. And I was like, okay. And uh, so, in my head, I was insane. so now, even though I've been at two other conventions where he's there, I haven't gone <laughs> up and talked to him because I don't have any story pages. And I'm terrified, if he'll, and he probably wouldn't remember me anyway, but in my brain, I'm like, he's going to oh, remember yeah. you, and he's going to be like, you got some story pages? And I'm going to be like, fuck, and I'm going to want to run and hide. But one of the coolest things that doesn't have to do necessarily with my art, but something that made me know for a fact, if I was doubting it, that he is a really good person, is I had always wanted to commission him to draw something. You know, like I wanted an original mm-hmm. Mark Bagley piece. Um, and so, uh, he was taking head sketches, you know, neck up black and white head sketches. And I was like, I would love to get you. I know you've done them a thousand times, but your venom is what made me want to do this. And he was like, Oh, that guy. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. He's like, no, I got it. I got it. He's like, I'd love to do that. So the next day I come back to pick it up. Um, and, uh, He's like, oh, thank God I was, you know, getting ready to leave because I was so busy at my table. I didn't get a chance to go back over. Um, And I was like, no, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, and he shows it to me. And God, if I wasn't so lazy, I'd get up and get it. But it's actually right back here. Um, It's uh, I'm going to I'll get up and get it. I'm not going to be lazy. (laughs) So 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 But let's see if we can Ooh. see it. Yeah. And what's ridiculous oh, is wow. he's one of these guys, you know, again, he's been doing it so long. He did this in like 10 minutes. You know, I mean, oh. he just whipped it together like it was nothing. And I'm looking at it like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it, his hands um, on autopilot. <laughs> yeah, you know, like he's drawn it so much by now that, yeah, he can just do it on autopilot. But so he hands it to me and I'm just like, thank you so much. I'm like, this is so important to me you know i've wanted to to have you draw something for so long thank you and and um it was a hundred dollars uh was a head sketch from him and so i hand him a hundred dollar bill and he takes it and he hands me back a 50 and i was like no no i was like it, you know i'm like don't and he's like consider it a courtesy from one artist to another oh, and he gives me 50 bucks cool. back and i'm just like oh, man you know like that to me is I'm like, that tells you more about a person than any sarcastic yeah. comments. You know, like, that to me was like, this dude, he has no reason to care 
at this point. I mean, he's done it for 40 years. He's at the top of the industry. He's still one of the most sought after artists. He, he doesn't have to do that for me, you know, for somebody. He doesn't, you know, have to be nice and, you know, go out of his way like that. And the fact that he did, I'm just like, I feel like that tells you a lot yeah. about somebody. So oh, totally. that's, that's always going to be, and that's going to, st- you know, that's the thing is what, and that's why when I'm doing what I do, I try so hard to give everybody as good of an experience with me as possible because you never know what somebody that you interact with in this industry is going to take with them forever. And yeah. if they're going to take something with them forever from me, I don't want it to be something negative or that hurt them. I want it to be something that they can recall and be like, mm-hmm. that was fucking cool, you know, of him to do that. Or, man, that was such a good, that made the weekend or, you know, something oh, like yeah. that, you know. So that will always stick with me. So, so. you're to hear, folks, if you buy but, something yeah. from Deegan, he'll give you a $50 bill. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> oh, man. No, it's just half off. You should have asked him to, I, you should have asked him to sign the $50 bill. I don't think that story meant what you think it means. <laughs> No, that's awesome, man. It's I love when you meet one of your people you look up to, and it turns out that they're cool. They're they're cool. Yes. Because that's the thing, man. Is like I've met a lot of other artists that I really admire, and I'm sad to say that it was the polar opposite of that. You know, and again, I don't want to name names just because I don't want to. You know, because again, it could have just been one bad experience, and nine out of ten times they're great. Um, and I could have just been the one, you know, that got the short end of the stick, you know, but especially like at C2E2, there was a couple guys that I met that I was just so excited to meet because I love their work and I basically just got Mm. shrugged off, Mm. you know, and, and, uh, there wasn't anybody else around. So it's not like they were busy, you know, and I was taking up all their time. I was just literally just trying to say i love your work thank you so much you know for doing what you do and it's such a big inspiration and they're just like they're just like thank you well, next question <laughs> you know and it's like it, it, i don't know it, you know and then you're just yeah. standing there awkward like <laughs> you know how do you like, play off of I, that you know and, the conversation going yeah <laughs> yeah you know and it's like that's the thing is like i do this obviously i don't do it at the level that those guys do but i do this for a living now so i understand it gets very busy you know, but at the end of the day, I'm like, I would rather tell a client at the end of a convention that I wasn't quite able to get their commission done because I was wanting to make sure that I was giving everybody that came to my table a great experience than get all my commissions done before the show ends and not have to take any home, but sacrifice tens or twenties of people uh having shitty experiences yeah. with me you know like hundreds and so hundreds of thousands of people yes <laughs> honestly not to sound braggadocious but c2e2 was more along those lines <laughs> like oh, other cool. conventions is more like tens or 20s but c2e2 was like yes yeah, the fact that like, you did c2e2 and were such a success i was so happy for you you have no idea i came home and i was bragging to mrs ohana and she was happy for that's you so it was cool. great she's like that's, that's cool what's he doing to sap wants to know how do you manage what you like to draw versus what people like that you draw oh. people love my landscapes and etc but what i love to draw will be like akira or mega man but people think that's lower art so uh, was that from yeah. Saf? You yeah. said. Well, first off, Saf, man, hit <laughs> the, the uh, 
Uh, well, actually, Seth, can you let me know, are you a gentleman, a lady, or other? Because I feel so bad when I'm saying him or something, and I'm like, God, if this isn't, you know, somebody who identifies as him, I'm going to feel so bad. <laughs> so, yeah, please let me know. I hope that's not a weird thing to ask, but I, I always would much prefer to uh, say the correct thing. But, man, hitting, hitting the heavy questions, because um, that's... That's tough. It's it's you gotta a, weigh what pays the bills first. <laughs> it's a hard balance. Yeah, like I would say it all depends on where you're at in your career, like in your art career. Because for example, even though I've been doing this for three years and I'm starting to carve a bit of a niche and start to, you know, get certain things going for myself, I would still have to say I very much when I do this is another thing that stinks is I've uh I'm so behind on commissions and those are the priority that I very rarely get to make art print pieces anymore. You know, where I just do a character or characters that's a new, beautiful, you know, full color art print for conventions and my online store. I don't get a lot of time to do that anymore. Um, but when I do, what I always have to do in the position that I'm in is I have to look at it and I have a list of characters that I desperately want to do. And then I have a list of characters that I know that I desperately need to do. And basically I put them in order and I go back and forth between the two. And so one list is the ones that I obviously want to draw and would have fun drawing. And then I have the list of ones that I get asked about at conventions all the time. You know, like for example, before I did my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles piece, that was the one at every convention. It was like, people were like, oh, have you done turtles? Did you do turtles? Are you gonna do turtles? And so I'm like, I got to do fucking turtles. Like I have to, you know, I have to do turtles. Like people are constantly asking about it. So, um, so I would, uh, you know, draw, I drew the turtles piece and that's been one of my top selling prints ever since I made it. And luckily TMNT was a cross section from both lists. Mm. You know, it was like the third or fourth highest on my list of wants to do. And it was two or three on my lists of need to do. So every once in a while, you can try to pin them together to where it's like, okay, I want to draw this character, and it's also a character that I think will sell well and do well for me financially. And that's what sucks about when you... One of the things that sucks about when you get into doing it professionally is it is that balance of I need to make money. And it's like I told you guys on the last stream, it's why I never uh, pimp my stuff, you know, or like I don't talk about my Patreon. I don't talk about you know, how to support me and stuff because I feel bad when I have to bring in the money side of things because it's always hard because you don't want people to think that you're just doing it for the money, but the sad reality is it's a huge part of it, you know, because I can't keep doing this if I don't make enough money to sustain myself mm -hmm. and live, you know, because if I have to go back to a normal job, my art is going to go way down because I'm not going to have nearly as much time to do it and I'm not going to be able to take as much time on it to deliver the quality that I'm delivering right, but now. Now, so. uh, what was it, Xbox? Yeah, Xbox was saying that he met Adam West and had him sign a book. And uh, Adam West flipped through it and signed it without and didn't even charge him for it. Because he really enjoyed the book that uh, showed the Batman history. That's so, awesome. My point is, though, that he had to start off at a point where he was also scrounging for money too. And, you know, nobody is born. Well, sorry. Some people are born with a silver spoon. Um, struggling artists are called that for a reason, but yeah. if you yeah. can plug the, the Etsy channel, the, the Patreon and, and, and develop your own comic and get to the point where 
you want to get to the point where you an artist comes up, you draw something and say, nah, give me 50 instead of 100. It's cool. Or just, yeah, I love you. Yeah, I'll that's sign the it place for free. Yeah, let me draw you a little head sketch because I love you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole the end Absolutely. game, though. Yeah, it's, it's true. You know, when you're. When you get to be a you know, multimillionaire yeah. and you're still sitting there going, "Yes, I'm signing signatures. They're 150 each," <laughs> or doing a CGC signing yeah. and you know, like 3.95 for a signature. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and it's so true. Like that's honestly like I talk to people all the time about this, and I'm like, that's why I so desperately want to get to a place where I'm more financially secure. Like what I always tell people is, I'm like, you know, I was making. $15 an hour at GameStop as a store manager, you know, working 45, 50, 55 mm -hmm. hours a week. And I was, I was making, you know, if I was lucky, I was bringing in, you know, not to get too into the details, but like less than $2,000 a month, basically working yeah. that hard, you know, and that often. And I'm like, but it was, it was enough to be comfortable where the bills are paid and there's a little bit left over to put into a savings. So if something bad happens, yeah. we're not <laughs> fucked, <Yeah. laughs> you know? And basically my goal from the very beginning has always been to get to that point with art. I don't want to make a shit ton of money. I don't want to be rich. I don't want to have, you know, a giant house. I want to just be able to live comfortably enough to where I'm not terrified every second of the day, whether or not I'm going to be able to pay my bills. That's it. I, it's very simple. And if I can get to that point where I am a little bit more comfortable and I have an emergency fund and I know that if something bad happens, I'm okay, I would love to be able to get to that point so that, like you said, I can give back in a way that a Mark Bagley did, you know, where I'm like, if somebody can't necessarily afford a commission from me or they can only afford a black and white head sketch. I want to be able to be like, okay, yeah, you know, absolutely. I'll do a black and white head sketch for you and then come back with a full body, full color, you know, and, and do that for them because they were excited about it. And I know what it's like to not be able to afford to do something that you really want to do, you know? So I would love to be able to get to that point. So it's like more often than not, I don't think about wanting to get to become more successful because I want to be more successful and I want to get more money. It's mainly because I just want to get to a point where I, the money isn't having to be yeah. thought about as yeah. much. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I would much rather be able to focus on, okay, in this moment, if I want to do something awesome for somebody, uh, I don't have to worry about, yeah, but how much time is that going to take, you know, away from stuff that I need to be doing to pay the bill you know what i mean like i want to be able to do that more often and i already do like it, it's bad like i get yelled at by my friends all the time because i'll do sketch covers that are supposed to be black and white and i'm like fuck this will look so cool with color and i just bam i just destroy it with color and, and blow it up and they get it and they're so excited and i love that and then my friends are like that's super nice that you did that for them but all those hours that you took coloring that piece, you could have been spending on doing the next commission for the next person yeah. that's been waiting for six, eight weeks, you know? And it's like, yeah, I know. You know, it's like, it's, and it sucks that I have to balance that, you know? Like, I just want to be to the point where I can just do that stuff for the hell of it and not have to worry about, you know, the financial. But there are benefits that you would still appreciate but, if you did 
turn into a multi-millionaire doing this. Say 25 years from now, you've got, you, you know, some other young artist, which is where you are now, and you find out they're doing a show in Reno, Nevada. <laughs> and you're like, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. doing anything this weekend. I'm going to hop on a plane to go over there and hang out with him at the table, which will then increase his exposure because everybody will also know me. Well, God, it's so funny you bring that up because, you know, we so daydream all the time, yeah, you know, about completely unrealistic things that are not going to happen. And it's like, I think all the time I'm like, one of my biggest dreams is if I was ever to get to the point of like a, a Mark Bagley, a Todd McFarlane, you know, an upper echelon artist that's well known and is doing really well. I'm like, God, I would love at a convention that I'm at because I'm not worried about doing conventions to make money. It's more to just yeah. be out there and, and talk to people and do stuff for people. I would love to go through artist alley. If I was that level of artist and find someone who I really love their work and just buy out. Their <laughs> See, that's table. exactly what I'm talking like, about. Like just yeah. sell them out. You know what I mean? Like, like buy everything that they have, um, you know, like make their weekend, make them, you know, so much money that they're able to go home and not stress out for a couple yep. months you know, stuff like that, like, because I know what it's like to be that guy sitting at the table thinking in your head while you're trying to just enjoy this amazing experience. Oh, oh God, what mm-hmm. if I don't break even? You know, oh God, what if I come out of pocket for this? I can't afford that right now. You know, it's like I would love to get to the point where I can just make because so- that's the thing that I think people with money don't think about enough. And I run the risk of sounding like, um, you know, like a bleeding heart liberal or something, which, by the way, I don't talk politics. I'm very in the middle. So don't anybody take this as I'm like, I lean this way or this way. No. Just in this respect, I think a lot of times people that have a shit ton of money don't think about what a little to them would do for someone. Like for me, like if somebody came to me and was just like, here's $10,000 because I know that you're struggling really bad and you're trying to do something and make something of yourself. Hopefully this can help you. It's like I would just start bawling because I'm like ten thousand dollars would change yeah. my life. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, ten thousand dollars to some people out there is like they sneeze at it. They don't even think twice about yeah. losing ten thousand dollars. And it's just like if I was ever in a position to where I was able to think of money as not as big of a necessity, I hope that I would still have the mindset I have now where I would want to make someone's month, you know, make someone's yeah. year, you know, and and do something for yeah, them. Yeah, it's like you driving know? on the highway but, and seeing somebody driving a $600,000 Bentley. I'm like, for a car that's going to do nothing but depreciate. You could have bought four houses and rented them out to extremely low, just enough to pay off the mortgage, you know, the, the, and, and actually had an investment. And, made and, that's, what, and that's where it gets complicated is, is, yeah. Like, I never like to, I don't want to talk crap about what people spend their money on. Because obviously, I mean, all oh, this shit is not necessary. Yeah, but you Warren know, Buffett but, like, lives in a house that's less like, expensive than mine. Well, and that's the thing is, at the same time, I like to think that I would have the self control to like know when mm-hmm. enough is enough. You know, like, like at at a certain point, I feel like you have so much that does it really mean anything anymore? You know, like I collect a lot of action figures, and I'm even at the point now where I'm just like, so many of these are just in boxes. You know, like I'm not yeah. even I'm not even able to appreciate them and do something with them on a regular basis to where I really enjoy having it. So why do I even have it? You know, and again, I don't mean to get philosophical no, and stuff right. like I mean, that. But yeah, no, it's like the- I would love to get to the point where I'm just less focused on getting by and trying to make sure that the bills get paid so that I can start focusing on 
maybe helping other people who are in the position that I'm in or have been in to get further and to do more, yeah. you know, like, but, um, well, you guys check the chat and see what the next questions are. I got to run and let my dog out. He's very upset <laughs> at me. He's like, let me out. I got to go. <laughs> so I'll be right back. Yeah. I mean, if you saw like an artist at a, in artist alley that he really liked to like, just take 10 business cards out or something like that, write down one free commission at this artist table 10 times and hand them out to 10 random people in the show. Yeah. <laughs> and if you did buy out the, the, the store, you could like give all his art away to people and then they would have that artist's art, you know? Yeah. And I mean, seriously, also, if he was famous, like atomic McFarlane to co-sign everything too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if yeah. I mean, it's the whole thing is that you'd be able to help, the next one in line. You know, there's a line in as Tim McGraw said, when you get where you're going, don't forget to turn around and help the next one in Absolutely. line. Absolutely. And and unfortunately one of the big the things that, yes. one of the big things that help people do that is money. So yeah. it's not that I want to have ten billion dollars in my bank account. I wouldn't mind. But <laughs> I'd be okay um, with eight billion. But what I could do with that though, you know, is just amazing. <laughs> I wouldn't be worried about uh, uh, continental United States for shipping, please. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, just the, the three of us, we don't live in the same circumstance that Deegan does. You know, we do this, but we have day jobs. Our day jobs pay the bills. Yeah. This is where we have fun. His fun is also his day job. So it's like if our channel doesn't get a, a certain amount of views, we're like, oh, that kind of stinks. But it, it's not like we're not going to pay Let's our bills. Steak. Let's go get him. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> I still can't afford. Steak. Yeah, I know that was, that was <laughs> not that I eat that it. Was a dumb thing. No, that was funny. Cauliflower steak. Thank cauliflower you. steak. I will try it. Yes, there is a head of cauliflower in my fridge, which now everybody on the chat knows. <laughs> that's <laughs> so... embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, oh no! Don't yeah, forget smoked worse. paprika. Smoked paprika is the key to that. Okay, one. I... everyone, are you writing this recipe down? I definitely <laughs> thought you had a latex glove on your hand. Because your bracelet, I thought it was like the rolled up end of a, a glove. Oh, Deegan? no, no, Sherry. Oh, Sherry. The, oh, okay. The... Yes, her her day job is exams. Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just. See? The She's question not. is, are you okay? Yeah, she has a latex glove. This is from my pressing I'm station. Okay. I don't want fingerprints as something in the grader's notes, if they even decide to give them to you, assholes. Did you get grader's notes? Barely. Yeah. Holy cow, we got 13 people hanging out with us. Yeah. That's We've had awesome. 75, oh. 75 views so oh, far. Um, and don't forget to click that like I button, might be guys. Right Let's see. Um, uh, I don't think it counts us four. At, at the... At, Avril, huh? the guy you mentioned before, he he mentioned that uh, Deegan's going to be yes, yeah. Deegan's going to be the next Bagley slash Romita Junior. <whistles> nice, cool. How about Romita Senior? I like it better. That's a massive. <laughs> <laughs> I know I don't want to get into it, but I do. I like Romita Senior better as well. Um, but that's a really huge compliment. <laughs> like, if I can even live up to half of that, I'll be happy. Like. Yeah, I'm I feel I'm like trying to get my hands on a nice. That would be a pretty good place to be. Signed <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah, I just you, you saw you were at the store this week, right? You were, okay. Uh -huh. so you saw the Storanko that I, I picked up. So that 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 seems to be the common. Mm -hmm. 
the the most common response on that is to send it to CBCS, but ensure the living hell out okay. of it. <laughs> Speaking of CBCS, did you see what happened? Three hundred and some uh, forty-seven almost, almost four hundred books. They're just like, oh, sorry, Lost. we don't know where they are. Did you see the time frame? Uh, it was it was last year, right? Exact same time frame that my Stan Lee sign book disappeared. Well, there you go. Ooh. Yeah. I haven't gotten very far at all. Like it's a long way to go, but hopefully, where's my battery at? I'm at fifty eight percent. So hopefully, cool. plug it in, plug it in, get this, get this done. Yeah, but they, they they just came out and they were like, um, we lost three hundred forty seven books, and and they're they're having an and investigation. Somebody was saying from the inside that uh, somebody leaked that they were so backlogged. Now, this is just conjecture. I don't know if this is how true this is, but they were saying that they would have, like, they would pay people outside of the company to do grading to help catch up. So they would literally get your books, ship your books to these people's houses. They would mm-hmm. ship the books back to CBCS and then they would ship them back to you. So, I mean, that is wild. Oh, boy. That is wild to think about. You think PC, uh, PGX has a chance of taking over the number two spot now? <laughs> I don't know, man, but it, it makes me think of like that, you know, that that meme, you know, you were the chosen one. You you were supposed to bring balance, oh, yeah. bring balance <laughs> to CGC, CBCS, bring balance to the boys. I honestly, I, I most of the time, I hate getting into the the conversations about the grading companies, but um, I will say this: it seems like I feel like the top two, CGC and CBCS. It's kind of to the point where they could kill a baby in the street and people are still going to send stuff yeah. into them. You know, it's like they've gotten so big and so prominent in the industry and resellers see no value in any other that. grading company to the point where it's just like I, I feel like they could do anything. they. I mean, look at look at CGC, the wait times. People are still waiting on books only over economy. a year later and they're still killing it. The, the like, modern books? They're... Like, they're- Oh yeah, yeah, those are coming in and out, but it's like people. I, I sent books in two months ago uh, with John at Syndicate, and I yep. already got them back. And I'm like, how <laughs> fucked up is that? That there's people that have been waiting like 14, 15 months, and their books aren't getting taken care of, and mine are getting, you know, taken care of before theirs. It's like, but people still keep sending them in, you know. And it's kind of like when you're in an abusive relationship, if you don't put your foot down and stop the yeah. abuse, what's the incentive for the abuser to? You know, stop well, abusing you. <laughs> like, my Stan Lee sign book, I was an idiot and just looked at it like I realized how much I spent on the signature and the book. So I insured it for that value instead of what it actually really was worth since Stan Lee was passed. I only insured it for 150 like an idiot. So they mm. offered me $150 return to my credit card or $250 credit. I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to send in $251 worth of books that need to be graded. <laughs> and that'll be the last submission I ever do with CBCS. But then I got that Starenko. I'm like, oh, I really want that in a slab, and I don't want a green label. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Have you guys heard of, or Deegan, have you heard of um, EGS? So, I decided I think to so. give him a try, <laughs> just because I thought it was cool, because could, you could kind of customize uh-huh. a label. So... I was able to like pick a color. That's not it's bad. It's kind of cool. Okay, this is my biggest pet peeve. Being an artist, it you know, it's okay. kind of where my mind goes. My biggest pet peeve with every grading company 
is why are these labels so oh, fucking yeah. ugly? <laughs> it drives me nuts. I'm like, I could take a couple hours and destroy oh. any of these CGC labels on my wall. Don't do it. And you got to get those like, commissions done. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, it makes no sense to me. I'm like, you could hire. There are so many brilliant like, graphic how, designers out there that are so, begging that for is work. nothing. Look at that. It's like some dude printed a Word document a and turned it out. It is yellow. a post-it. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's just yeah, not. It's like, God, it's so ugly, it's, they man. They use like impact oh. font. It's like, dude, any any high schooler that's like learning Photoshop can do better. But <laughs> yeah. at least it's not Comic Sans. Oh, it's so bad, <laughs> man. Oh. It would be Comic we, Sans. We have a guest star. Not, not yeah. Comic Sans. We have we a have guest a... star. Oh, oh no! Pull, pull out your fantastic! Oh, oh yes! Oh, hello! This is this is what he does whenever I work at my desk. Is every once in a while he'll be like, "Dad, I'm so tired of you being in this room. Can I?" And he just jumps on my lap, and when it's daytime, he'll look out the window that's right in front of me. Show uh, Deegan your Fantastic Four <laughs> custom those. label. Oh. <laughs> this is so stupid. This is oh, so you dumb. have a doggo? Deegan. Just wait one second. I, I do have okay. a I do have a doggo. In fact, he's uh oh, there's the doggo. He's pretending that he's not interested. He's looking in the now like a, that um... I'm in the room. And yeah. <laughs> oh. Hi, I'm gonna talk about you. Do you want to sit on my lap? Come sit here. Uh, come on, come on, needy. All right, come on. He's totally pretending he doesn't want the cuddles, but he does. Now we're gonna have to struggle to get you back down because you have no problem getting up here, but getting down is a whole other. Sprocket, story. why are you still? Oh, are you gonna Sprocket, why are you still Are you gonna hug me? Is that what you're doing? Aww. Puppy love. Yeah. <laughs> so he's Mine so just ridiculous. Rolled over, he, like, he, he gets oh. all of the intention in the world and he just he just can't it's never enough. Oh it's my gosh, what a sweet baby. Oh, is that you? What a sweet baby. <laughs> <laughs> Just falling asleep. Did um, did you grab your yeah, uh, Fantastic so Four label? I want it. Uh, <laughs> it's the Fantastic Three. The the sad part is that's one of their best ones. <laughs> oh my god, they're blocking. Yeah, oh god. <laughs> they're yeah blocking you get uh, the things. you get maybe. Well, that's the thing. It's the it. hiney that you can see barely. Like I'm just like the the person designing, and I hate you know ragging on you know a graphic designer or another artist, but I'm like, they had to have known that because they work at CGC, they know that 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 sticker yeah, is going to get stuck the, there. So why would you design a label where the character is going to be underneath the first, a sticker? This is like the I don't know fourth or fifth generation of you know uh, the custom labels, so it's not like it's new. Yeah. Well, I mean, not that, a few <laughs> exactly. years ago, CGC redid their label. I mean, they went from this to this. I mean, you let's just see that grand improvement. <laughs> I have to say. Oh, my God. I just, I don't mean to change the subject, but I just scrolled through the chat for the first time in like uh, an hour. I did not realize how much had happened in the chat since the last time I scrolled through it. Oh, uh, S&J said Deacon did a Spider-Man sketch for me at Turficon Free as a thank you for buying his prints. Definitely the highlight of the con for me. So generous. Which con? That's awesome. Terrificon. I'm glad that you Sorry, liked it. Terrificon? I'm glad that you liked it. Oh, okay. Oh, be careful, buddy. Be careful, buddy. Oh, no. 
Diddy if you and there I, you I go. wish I was the highlight of anybody's con. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so cool. And that's the thing is, you know, like, uh, I do try to do that still. And it's, and it's something that I, I never really talk about, you know? Because, like, I don't want to... I don't, it's like when, uh, I love when famous people like donate to charities and you never find out about it, you know? Cause it's just like, you're not doing it for the recognition. Like yeah. you're doing it because I did that sketch because genuinely I was like, it is so kind of you to buy so many of my pieces of art, you know, <laughs> like I wanted to do something above and beyond, you know, as a thank you. So, and, and it always means a lot when it means something to people. So that's really cool. Um, I always butcher this name. I don't know why. Averall. Um, I think it's. I think it's Avril. Is it Avril? Let us know. Let us know if it's Avril. As I feel bad if I've been saying it. Right. Oh, earlier on, Saf said it. He's a guy. Oh yeah, Saf. Oh, Saf's okay, dude. cool, cool, cool. Um, awesome. Do you, would you like to stay with? Kyle? I mean, I call girls dudes anyway, I know, so right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's equal opportunity. Even <laughs> uh, Deegan, would you like to stay with comic art? Or would you like to work on different fields like animation? I think you'd be great as a character designer or storyboard artist on something like Invincible or Harley Quinn. I love Harley Quinn. It's a good show. Man, yeah. Man, that's a tough question because, yeah, it's so hard because I adore comics. You know, that was my first love growing up. So comics is like the thing. But at the same time, I also just love working on these characters that I love. And as long as it's artwork, it's almost, you know, it, I would like, I really feel like doing character design and stuff. I think I'd really enjoy that because you get to draw, you know, for uh, Invincible, for example, I'm sure when they first started that show, they had a, um, you know, where they were coming up with the language of the series, you know, like the visual language and how it was going to look and what the characters, you know, look like and keeping it in that language. And I would just love to be a part of that stuff, you know, like coming up with, what things look like and stuff so i i honestly i don't necessarily know if it's something that i would seek out but if an opportunity like that ever came up i think i'd have a hard time you know saying no to it um because yeah it's so funny like when i was it reminds me of when i was a kid uh you know pixar pixar is still a big deal but like when we were younger pixar was like you know pixar was it man you know yeah and the movie came out yeah, and I remember watching a documentary where it showed their offices, and their offices were, like, insane, like, Disneyland, you know, like, you would crawl through a crawl space and enter this crazy room with all this stuff in it, and it's somebody's office, you know, and it's like, uh, I remember my mom would always be like, isn't that so cool? Like, wouldn't you love to work there? And when I was a kid, I was so stubborn. I was like, no, I want to work in comics. I don't want to do animation. I don't want to work at Pixar. I want to work for Marvel. And as I've gotten older, it's just like, no, I just want to be able to draw and create and do things with characters that I love and work happy. You know, like I want to work in a place that makes me happy. So, you know, as much as I love being self-employed now, if I was to get an offer from a company that has that vibe and that mindset of where I know that if I went in there and worked with them every day, I would be as happy as I am right now. I think I would be open to it. So it just it kind of just depends. But I honestly don't think I'll ever stop doing this. You know, even if I didn't do covers or stuff anymore because I was doing concept design or character design, I would still do commissions all the time. You know, like I would still do sketch covers. I would still do, you know, comic book commissions and things like that because it's just 
it's kind of in my blood at this point. I don't think I would know how to not do it, you know. As you're talking about this, I'm just getting this mental image of you getting hired by Marvel and being walked through the Marvel offices and being shown around by somebody, and then you hear a voice in the background, "Hey, kid, did you do that story art yet?" You're like, "Ah, fuck!" <laughs> God, <laughs> I know that'd be hilarious. God, that's such a dream, though, man. I I hope that I get to do something for Marvel before they close those offices or something. You know, because I feel like. Unfortunately, with the way that the comics industry is going, I feel like whether it's five years from now, 10 years, 20 years, I feel like at some point, if things don't get a little bit better in comics, uh, at least with the big two, there might not be offices like that anymore. You know, like I get really nervous with how many rumors there have been over the years of Marvel, of Disney possibly closing the comics division, you know, at Marvel because they just don't see it as valuable. You know, and books just don't sell super well anymore. And it's like, I was talking to a friend of mine about it. And he was like, yeah, but, you know, even if Marvel or DC go away, like, there's still going to be tons of comics because look at how successful indie comics are, you know, like Image and Boom and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, that, don't get me wrong. I love those series. But I'm like, I think it's going to be a fucking sad day if one of those big two companies goes under. Because for as much as a lot of people who buy comics nowadays don't, like superhero comics very much i'm like there would be none of this other stuff without the big two getting us to this yeah. point yeah. you know and so i think it would be a sad day if there wasn't a new spy amazing spider-man on the shelf every wednesday you know and stuff like that so i really like it's gotten to the point as i've gotten older i never would have thought this way when i was younger because i didn't think it was possible but as i've gotten older i'm like god i just want to work for marvel officially before anything ever happens where they're not making comics anymore you know but what you were saying earlier but it's very, getting very hard to make any music that doesn't sound like something or draw something that doesn't sound like something it'll look like something yeah spider-man's been around mm -hmm. for 60 years and uh what do you call it batman superman around for 80 years you're running out of stories that you can tell <laughs> oh. yeah. well and i think one of the biggest problems in the comics industry is it's just like you know and not to not to speak derogatorily about older older people, because, I mean, I'm getting up there. We're all, you know, getting up there in age. It's like I don't mean to sound like I'm picking on older people. Careful. But a, lot of the, a lot of the older comic fans are so stubborn that when writers do try to do something different with a character that hasn't been done before, they just mm. shit on it, like, immediately. You know, it's like... And it's like, don't get me wrong, not every story is great. And just because something is different doesn't mean that it's good. But, like, it's so instant. You know, like, a new story arc will hit and they're doing... I mean, shit, I remember when Donny Cates first took over Venom. People at first shit mm. on that, that series. I remember reading in all the Venom fan groups I'm in and stuff. People were like, Venom shouldn't have wings. Venom, you know, what is this null character? There shouldn't be, like, why is there this big overarching intergalactic storyline behind the symbiotes? Like, you know, and people were shitting on it right off the bat. And then you go two years later, and it's one of the most, like, fondly, you know, remembered Venom runs because they got time to tell the story that they wanted to tell. And people actually, oh, gee, I don't know, gave it time to breathe and read the fucking thing. And let them do their thing, you know, and now it's like, I think it's the best Venom run ever, you know, and I'm an old school person. So Lethal Protector has always been top. But I'm like, objectively, 
there's so much more story and and uh character development in that you know newer run you know so it's like i think that's what hurts marvel and dc the most is every time they try to do something different i feel like a vocal minority of the fans just shit all over it and then the other problem is the people in comics that are screaming for diversity and new stories don't buy the fucking comics. <laughs> so it's like, you know, yeah. so it's like what what gets me frustrated is it's like, okay, yes, somebody's brave enough to tell a new story or create a new character in Marvel or DC, which is a big deal because they don't do that mm-hmm. very often. And then it doesn't sell. And it's like, well, here's yeah. our problem. It's like all the old guard that don't want the stories to change and don't want things to be that different aren't buying it. And then all of us that are harping on them for not doing new things and not bringing in new characters aren't buying it. So they're not seeing sales. So what does a company do when there's no sales? They don't do it. Make anymore. another Batman book. You know, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. so it's, it drives me nuts. I'm like, we want diversity and we want new characters and stuff. But I think it's just as much to blame the people that are chanting for that. But then they don't financially support the yeah. comic. Yeah. You know, like. You know, it's just like how, um, you know, I ha- again, I had this conversation with a friend of mine where, you know, because a lot of people are like, you know, why is Miles called Spider-Man? Like, why doesn't he have his own name? And it's this dichotomy of, well, Marvel looks at it as if he's got the name Spider-Man, that's going to sell better than, um, and I'm just, I know this is Gwen Stacy's name, but Ghost yeah. Spider. You know, if you have a book called Ghost Spider... That's not going to sell as well as Spider-Man. Even if it's not Peter, if it's Miles, that name has so much cachet with people, that's going to sell better. So as much as I would love if Miles had his own superhero name, because I think he's so special and so uh, iconic now that I feel like he deserves to not just be in the shadow of that name anymore. You know, like I feel like he should be his own character completely. I understand why they don't, because I guarantee you, if they put a different name on that book, Miles Morales, um, Arachnid, or you know, I'm, that's a terrible name, but I'm just yeah. spitballing. It's not going to sell as well as Miles Morales Spider-Man, and it's just the sad truth. You know, it's like as much as we want new and different, new and different doesn't sell. You know, so it's like it just gets so frustrating looking at the comics industry in general because it's like we want different stories and we want different things to happen. But then when they happen, everybody complains and nobody buys it, but then they don't buy it when it's the same either. So it's like, you know, it's like you kind of, it's a double edged sword. You lose any way you slice it. So it's just frustrating. Shut down the channel. You quit drawing. Comics are done. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to get so, (laughs) uh, so negative. (laughs) The the gripes that I have with the comic industry right now is fans of a book. That's a yeah. When they every do that, time a, a series starts to dwindle a little bit in subscript and uh, copies being bought, they end it and immediately start another run. So this way, now there's number one. Yeah. Oh, everybody buys that. a number one yeah. comic. Oh, I hate that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I I get what you're saying. Like that's one of my biggest pet peeves too. Is the new number ones every couple months? It drives me nuts because you're never able to get any. Again, that's why some of the best stories that have been told in comics recently are the ones that get to yeah. go for longer than 10 yeah. issues. Yeah. You look at the Venom the Venom run with Donny Cates, it went 35 issues. Nowadays, that's yeah. like going 100 issues. Yeah. You know, like, so, and the reason it was such a good story was because they had more than one story arc before they are like, all right, guys, new creative team, let's wrap this yeah. up, so, you know, jump on a new one. 
and I do I do fight back a little bit on the variant thing because from a consumer standpoint, I definitely understand the fatigue, you know, of like, God, there's so many covers. Like, I can't afford to buy them all. Why are there so many? But from a professional standpoint, I'm like, fuck yeah, make yeah, more this... covers because then it gives more artists more opportunities to work for Marvel that 20 years ago when they were only doing a cover A would have never gotten an opportunity to work with Marvel in the first place. So it's like, again, it's a double-edged sword because I understand it from the consumer perspective. But for somebody like me, who's a smaller artist desperately trying to work for Marvel, having all those variants and retailer variants, you know, like gives people like me a realistic chance to maybe get to do that one day. Whereas if we went back to a cover A and B, a guy like me would probably never see a Marvel cover. Can we find a happy medium, though? I mean, there have been some I've hit <laughs> 60 variants of a number one. How about we just yeah. limit it to 15, and then 15 <laughs> variants of number two, 15 variants of number three? Yeah, I think, well, and again, you know, to play devil's advocate, you don't have to buy them all. You know, like, I, you know, like that's too much where FOMO I not to, like, Because you know what happens? The one that you don't buy, that's the one that turns out to be missed minutes of Timeless. But that that's why I always tell people, collect what you love, not what you think is going to be worth something one day. You know, but a lot of people don't think about it that way. Like, I don't necessarily really buy any books that I think are going to be worth something. Mm -hmm. I buy books that mean something to me that I love that character. And hey, if it gets more valuable, that's cool, because that means the thing that I love is worth more in the end. But like, I just have a hard time having sympathy for anybody who's like, Oh, I missed out on that cover that ended up being the big one. And it's like, well, why did you want it? Did you just want it to resell it? And make money or did you want it because you genuinely care about the property or the character you know like that's where it's hard for me to kind of you know sympathize with the guy that's like well i can't afford to buy all the covers and it's like well why are you buying all the covers because i'm hoping one of them hits and i can be the next comic tom and flip everything for more money and it's like well okay i don't feel so bad for you anymore no, see, no, <laughs> it's I, like if you're just looking to flip it a lot of the books i say i want to flip and that i but I've yet to sell a dang book anyway online. Uh, <laughs> but my goal is not to increase my bank account. My goal is to increase my comic collection. So if I can, mm -hmm. if I knew, let's just say, this certain book is going to hit, and I could get 10 copies of it, if I could go back in time and buy that uh, Genie uh, Mario one that I stupidly told uh, Greg was a good idea to sell when it hit 150, but if I go back and buy 10 copies of that, so right now I can flip it and take that money and buy a really cool Silver Age book that I never could get. You know, I'm still keeping it in the hobby. I'm not saying mm -hmm. I'm going to sell all these books and go buy a Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. But see, again, with that, I feel like I feel like the the creativity that having 30 variant covers gives to a lot of artists and to the industry in general I feel is more valuable than helping out the guy that wants to try to buy 10 books to flip them so that he can make his collection bigger. Yeah. Like, because again, oh, no, I, we wouldn't get, we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't get a lot of these big cover artists that we have now. If it wasn't for stuff like that, like you look at, um, I think Miko Suda, oh, yeah, yeah. uh, if you got, so, um, was doing, uh, retailer exclusives for a while and then finally was able to get a Marvel cover. And then that just exploded, you know, or, or people like uh, Art Germ There's or, Miko. Um, oh yeah, see, incredible. But it's like, again, nice. there's so many incredible artists out there, but if there weren't as many opportunities to go up to the plate and try to hit a yeah. home run, you know, there, then we would have never discovered that person if there wasn't retailer exclusives and 
you know, so it's like, again, I, I get it from all perspectives, but it's a tough thing from my side because I'm like, yeah, I want as many guys like me to be able to get work as humanly possible, you know, and unfortunately having 30 covers for a new number one is what does that, you know, so but, I feel like it's like buy the covers that you like and then hopefully one of them takes off for you and it's a bit of both worlds, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a little bit of A and a little bit of B, you like the cover. And then, hey, maybe it'll actually be worth it. Well, we got to look too. at trying to get the, the, you know, all of us are going to die at some point. The next generation has got to start buying comic books. So yeah. if, if people are watching the movies, you know, what's their incentive to go buy the comic books? Other than there's stories that are not being told that they can sit down and read. Hopefully they have the time to do that and get off their phone or, you know, off the, you know, their tablet or whatever and do it. But also, one of the things that I loved when I was a kid, though, is when I bought a book for 60 cents or 40 cents or 30 cents or 25 cents. Yeah, I'm that old. Um, and I'd find out later on, this is worth $3 now. You know, I'm not looking at making, you know, it's worth a million dollars now. But it's like, wow, this is actually worth more than what I paid for it. That was actually kind of fun. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm still kicking myself in the butt because I can remember when I was a kid looking and saying, I just can't rationalize spending $75 on a near mid giant size X-Men number one. <laughs> That's 75 bucks. No. And now you, now you wish to God that you did. <laughs> but see, again, it's, it's one of those things where like, I, I, I see that again. Cause it's like, yeah, I don't get me wrong. I would love to have a giant size X-Men, you know, but I'm like, that's not a book that I need. You know, like I'm much more ha like one of my grails personally is I have a 9.0, invincible number mm -hmm. one and for me that was an important book for me because i love the series and so i want you know as many issues of that series as i can get it's not because i'm hoping that i'll be able to resell it one day it's not because it's valuable you know like it's valuable to me because of how much i love the character and mm -hmm. i love the series and so it's it's just one of those things where i'm like yeah it's great when the books i get excited when the books that i love and that i collect because i love them become more valuable because that to me is like, oh, sweet. You know, other people are recognizing this thing that I love and it's it's become a big deal because a lot of people care about it or it's important or, you know, has a key first appearance or something like that. Whereas I don't want to own the what's a huge first appearance that I just could give two shits about. Wolverine. Wolverine. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, I could care less if I ever even sniff a uh, Hulk 181. That was also a test to see if you said guy. 180 or 181. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I, I always lean towards the when the character's on the cover because I think it's so lame when a first appearance doesn't have the character on the mm -hmm. cover. Like it just bums me out. <laughs> like because I'm just like, oh, cool, it's the first appearance of so and so, but it's got uh, uh, what is it? Um, Pace Pot Pete on and the Doctor cover Strange. instead, yeah, <laughs> you know, or something. Yeah, like you know, it's like such a bummer. It's like, oh man, like. Oh, it's like Apocalypse's cover. It's like, yeah, it's got his head yep. on it. But how much cooler would Apocalypse's first appearance have been if it was him just big and bold on the cover, you know? But I don't know. I just think about it differently, and I know people collect differently. But for me, I'm just always like, I'm just going to buy the things that I care about and the characters that I love. And if they happen to be worth something, that's awesome. But, you know, like, I'm not going to stress. My, I have enough stress <laughs> in my life. I'm not going to stress myself out trying to figure out what character is going to be in this new number one that might be worth something one day. It's just like I kicked myself because I didn't buy the uh, Edge of Spider-Verse number four. Was that the first appearance of Spider-Man? Yeah, but any of the f six prints? I kicked myself because 
I fucking love Ghost Spider. I love Ghost Spider. Like, she is one of the coolest, newer newer takes on a character in a long time. And I kick myself because I'd love to have that comic because I love the character. I don't necessarily kick myself because, man, I could have had a book that was worth, you know, I bought it for two ninety nine, and now it's worth, you know, 1500 yeah. in a high grade. You know, like, I just kick myself because now I can't afford to buy it, and it's a character that I Look, love. I got... I you got know, the worst like, story in history for this. When I was in the eighties, I had already been collecting for 10, 12 years. And a friend of mine was getting into collecting and I was trying to advise him. And he came up to me and said that he was hanging out in the store and heard two guys talking about this new book that just came out. And it's going to be a hit and everybody should buy it. So he told me the name of it. And I'm like, that's, that's like a parody book. That's like Howard the duck. Nobody's going to be interested in this. It's not going to go anywhere. Don't bother with it. He's like, well, I'm probably, I'm going to go buy a couple copies anyway. So you go right ahead. I got home and I looked it up and I think it was like a dollar sixty-five. It was nothing, and my standing rule in my head was: anytime I heard a, a rumor, regardless of how ridiculous it was, I bought a hundred copies. But I was so sure that Jeez. I did not go buy Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one. Oh, damn! Yeah, that's a <laughs> in the nuts. Oh, <laughs> and he got three copies. Oh, he did. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so it's a total kicking yourself, even to this day. So when I see that guy driving by in the Bentley, yeah, I'm like, that's a brutal one. Been me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone Wait, loves the heroes in a half show. Oh my god! If I had, oh my god, I keep getting so much anxiety whenever I scroll through the chat, the chat, because every time we, I, I'm like, from the last time that I brought up the chat, it's like three scrolls, <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, holy and shit! Then, I mean, if I if I didn't have that, and I I made. Fifty million dollars or a Bitcoin or whatever. These books behind me would be just giveaways. I didn't. I wouldn't care. We'd be, we'd be having fun. <laughs> so everybody would benefit. All right, let's get to the chat. Let's get to the chat. I'll shut up. Uh, let's see. <laughs> um, I'm trying to see where the next question. A moment of silence, and not to be that guy. Um, but it's getting late, and I have a. A couple things I have to do before even going to bed. So, so you're gonna duck out on Would us? It, <laughs> Don't do that to her. Worst in the world. Yeah, nobody's gonna <laughs> hold it against you. Look, we got you for two and a half hours. That's what we had last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, please watch no, out. I was saying that I was, I'm glad that we got you for two and a half hours. Last week you had to take care <laughs> of your dad. The week before that you weren't even yep. like. We're like, yeah. he's just saying that he's glad that you got to be yes. here tonight. There you go. Yeah. No, no, I totally, I totally picked up what I was putting down. Yeah, just the, the look that you but gave yeah, me I didn't have, tell me that you got that, though. That might have been my computer for. Uh, wow, no tongue anymore. It doesn't work. Um, but that might have been the computer freezing that totally wasn't. So. Yeah, the gamer Karen, remember? <laughs> Well, it was yep. nice meeting you, and yes. it's cool that that you were here and got too. to chat with you a little bit. Uh, Sherry, I'll, I'll text I'll... you tomorrow if you have any time. Maybe we can elaborate on ye on yesterday's conversation. Okay. Did yeah. you do your homework? Like a plan. Because like I didn't do plan. my homework. I I I did the other homework that Mrs. Ohana gave me. I was uh, like, hey, that idea, whatever it is, keep working at it, and I. Got kind of something cool. One thing I'm trying to work out, but yeah, 
It's going to be fun. I love it. Look forward to it. That's, look forward to it. Maybe. I don't know. You, you have a great night. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. You too. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Sitting at home. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, on here for four hours last week, so Damn. I know not everybody can, uh, not everybody can, uh, can do that. <laughs> no, last week her, uh, yeah, I said her dad got stung by a wasp, and then she wound up in urgent care and yeah, uh, medication and everything. She had to take care of him, and I got that. And I wasn't trying to say like, oh, you didn't show up last week. I was just like, it was just it last was one week of we those missed, we missed you completely. Where, this week we actually yeah, got it was you one of those circumstances where you accidentally just keep like trying to make the point, but the point <laughs> just keeps getting further away, and you're like, shit, I'm digging the hole deeper, yeah. and the more that I say, it just keeps getting deeper. <laughs> but yeah, can you even find the la where we were at? I feel so bad. Um, I think Mrs. God, it's crazy. It's eleven thirty, and we still got ten folks in here. That's awesome. Thanks yeah. for hanging out with us, guys. Definitely. Yeah, we've had seventy-nine views so far. At, I love this part. Average view duration: twenty-one minutes. That Very cool. That awesome. is awesome. Yeah. Usually, I, I think it's more like eight or nine minutes, but people are not only tuning in, but they're hanging out with us. Oh, that reminds me, real quick, um, Greg, you were talking about, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the IT guy and I'm not. Oh shoot! And look, look. <laughs> Uh, you were talking about like just taking the audio of of some of our live cast. Uh, yeah, if I mean if Deegan's okay with it, having his voice on. Yes, that's if, what I'm going to ask because his voice. I was, oh, are you going to like turn it into a podcast or something? I've had a couple. He I've knows. Had, what I've had a couple people he, ask about it. Uh, I figured that'd be cool. Greg, I had to explain to me what that meant. <laughs> I, was just, I listen to podcasts in the car so much. Right. So I don't blame people for, you know, because sometimes it's a lot easier to listen to it on your way to work than to, you know, hop on YouTube and actually watch the video. So, yeah, I totally get that. I'd be totally fine with that if you did that. OK, awesome. Yeah, well, yeah. when we did Moon Knight, we had like a secret word in each one of the reaction videos and you had to get all the words to win the prize at the end. And one of the guys that delivers uh, supplies awesome. to our, our company, he's like, uh. What where, where where do I find a secret word? I'm like it's on the screen. He goes, oh man, I listen to it as I'm driving around. I'm like, <laughs> well, you gotta have to pull over and watch it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. All right, let's see. I just don't know why they keep. No. Da, 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 yeah. Have your. The Batman White Universe just got into is incredible. I've heard that too. Xbox gamer. What is it? It's like a new, it's like a new separate universe um, of Batman that DC is doing. I forget. Oh, okay. Um, it's like an alternate, uh, like a, uh, what's it called, a multiverse sort of thing, like a different another dimension. Yeah, yeah, or different. Um, Sean Murphy is the writer and artist for it. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, it's been like highly, highly touted. Man, I tell you what, any of these folks in the comics industry that write and draw their book, I, know. I can't. I mean, I don't fucking understand it. It's insane. Like I already thought it was hard, but then after talking with you about everything, I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, oh, like I, I honestly, like I would have to get to a point where I'm making enough money off of doing one or the other that I can afford to just take a couple months off to write and draw something. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. like. I, I, I'm like, God, how do you even make enough money to afford the time that it takes to do both of those things? Right. That's crazy. 
Let's see here. My local library has comics. Invincible was in the quote kids section. That's that's not very good. <laughs> oh man, that's how you can tell that the person right that put it dogs, out there right? didn't know uh, yeah. didn't know what it was. And the boys. It was just like, oh, this is a bright comic book, you know, bright. He's in blue and right. yellow. You come home and your 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 six year old is reading a book. Yeah, God, God, oh no, uh, <laughs> mommy, what's a gasm? Um, it, what 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 are these white things? <laughs> oh man. Uh, I took. I took out Invincible and quote top 10 by Alan Moore, got home, and my mind wasn't ready. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, I love smiling. getting people's reactions when they yeah. read stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and they have no idea what it is when they're getting into it. Like, it's so fun to see people's reaction. So I actually, personally, I really only, really only got into comics hardcore like march of 2021 oh wow yeah and the government was giving out free money (laughs) no it wasn't that it was just i I forget why i really got into it honestly um we all have a lot more time in 2020 2021 it was a little bit easier to actually get into hobbies that maybe you might have been interested in otherwise you know yeah and that's why i was started writing music too um but i didn't the, my first exposure to Invincible was a trailer on Amazon. I was like, "Oh yeah, I love like I, I love the DC animated movies. I think they're so cool." Yeah, oh, and I was I was fantastic. like, "Oh, this looks great. This looks like right up that alley with you know, the same quality and everything." And then I started watching, it and I was like, "Oh wow, this is violent." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, holy shit! <laughs> the first episode, he's uh, Omnia Man is just like erasing people. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah. my god. <laughs> oh man so, so good i wish i honestly wish i could have seen you I, yeah <laughs> uh ah! whoa i heard you damn you all right uh, well, you like, be what? playing things on your phone you can walk it through the door let's see <laughs> what else what else i missed okay yeah you guys don't do good with the chat i listen <laughs> Oh, you typed we in something? Need, yeah. We need help. Oh man, Mrs. Ohana said she typed in something earlier and we're oh, not doing well. We need help. Oh. We need help. Keep us on the rails. Oh, you know why? Because I don't know your name. So, I see it now. So Deacon and Crew, what do you think uh would increase sales in the comic industry in a sustained manner, says Avi? Oh man. Um two lines. God, the sad part is, is I've thought about that a lot, you know, Um, because obviously, you know, I'm in the industry and I want it to survive as long as possible. And I want, you know, new kids to get into it the way that I did when I was growing up. And I think one of the hardest parts is I don't know if I have a good answer for like what would help raise sales in comics, because the problem is, as you think about it, when it, especially like when it went through its heyday in the 90s, mm-hmm. is for me as a kid growing up at that time, there wasn't nearly as much distracting me and there wasn't nearly as much content for me to consume. Like every Saturday morning, I'd wake up and watch Fox Kids and watch Spider-Man and X-Men yeah. and Batman but uh, and Power Rangers. But it's like that was one day a week, you know, you're like, yeah, there were shows on every day, but they were usually reruns and stuff like that. Yeah. But so 
I didn't, I was still playing outside a shit ton and I was still, you know, uh, pretending, you know, and, and doing stuff like that. So there wasn't nearly as much content, just a barrage of content at any given moment. Whereas now, I mean, God, every single streaming network has at least five to 10 amazing shows or, you know, movies that are fantastic. And then, and then there's 10 different streaming services. So you take that 10 times 10, and then you have all the network TV shows that are still out there. You have every movie that's coming out still. You have you still have novels coming out on a regular basis, and you have comic books. And now you're competing with TikTok, which are 15, 20-second videos that just mind-numbingly get you into a scroll hole. Yeah. You know, and it's like, so I feel like it's hard because getting younger people into comics, it's so hard to compete with all of this shit everywhere. You know, like so I just don't know what a good answer is because unfortunately kids nowadays are so sophisticated. It's like, you know, as far as like they know how to play video games better than we do. And we've been playing them for 30 years, you know, like uh, it comes more natural to them. So they're into that. And then they're into, you know, sports still and this and watch all these shows. And it's like, yeah, what, what is the good answer to get somebody to pick up this flimsy little paper book with pictures in it? You know, it's like, how do you, how do you break through all of this other noise that's out there? Like, it's tough. Yeah. I wish I had a good answer for I it. I feel like it, it, part of me feels like if they, if there was a way they would have figured it out by now, especially the big two, like, you know, they got a yeah. lot at their disposal and, but I don't know. I mean, well, I'm not going to lie. Okay. I do have one idea and they've never really done it. They've done it every once in a while. You know, like when the Venom movie came out, they gave a free comic away. Uh, when the Venom movie came mm, out to like the true. first yeah. I cut a few screenings. My thing has always been from the minute that Iron Man 1 came out to the most latest Marvel movie, every fucking Marvel movie should come with a comic book. That's a great idea. It's not like they can't afford it. These movies are making so much money and every single person for the first two weekends should get a free comic book that's a good jumping on point for whatever character you're watching. Well, like just, because people just don't have comic books in their life most of the time, you know, so unless you put it in their hands, they're not even going to think twice about it. That's the book. biggest problem that they have with free comic book day. It's at comic book yeah. stores. <laughs> right. If you're yes, going to the comic exactly. book store, and again, you're already doing, you know, getting it. Exactly. I mean, hand, hand yeah, them out at the supermarket. Point. Yeah, hand them out at the library. Hand them out at, uh, um, you know, places where uh, kids ha- actually hang out, mm-hmm. you know, nowadays Just and stuff. like a thousand copies at each school or something, you know. Yeah, gosh, you know, like that's a great way to help kids get into reading and um, you know, stuff like that, but like, yeah, have them at record stores, have them, you know, they don't at, have those um, anymore. I was going to say, what's a record store? <laughs> <laughs> no, believe it or not. Records are, well, records yeah, you're are right. a huge fucking deal now. You're right. They're, There's like, like a, they're coming back though. A resurgence with that. Yeah. yeah. No, you gotta, you gotta um, give them to, to that, that crazy place called GameStop. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. You know, just all kinds of places, you know, give them out like wherever you can give but the thing is is the movies are so popular give them out at these damn movies like you've got so many people seeing these movies every single time they come out and it's like if you're giving them out at every single one and hundreds of thousands of people are seeing these movies you're bound to catch a few you know like if you're casting that many lines you're gonna get somebody you know and even if you don't want to incur the additional expense of printing them all give everybody a digital code 
Exactly. They're all digital so, anyway. You know, we have all these digital comics now. Why Disney not? Disney is kind of doing that lately with their, you know, secret QR codes that are in the episodes of like Moon Knight and stuff like that. Right. That's and She Hulk cool. has had one also. Yeah. It's just why is it secret? Yeah, yeah that's but, a, but that's, you yeah. know, but that's that's it. You have to be a She-Hulk fan to watch the She-Hulk comic. Uh, like you don't uh, series to see the She-Hulk comic right. book. What if they had they were giving out free digital codes to somebody that went to John Wick or to Fast and the Furious? <laughs> yeah. You know, tap into the markets you don't have, not the ones you already have. Yeah, I just because it blows my mind. Like Part I have so movie. many family members that adore the MCU. I mean, are super into yeah. it. And every time I talk to them, you know, like uh, for I can't think of a specific example, but like for all these movies leading up to Endgame, it was always like I, w- I would go to the uh, Christmas and all the family are around and everybody's talking about X, Y and Z movie. And I'm like, yeah, but if you read the comics, you'd be even more excited right now because you know that they're leading and building up to mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And they're like wait what and i would tell them like yeah this this and this happens in the comics and so then this leads to this and they're like oh my god no way are you serious i'm like yeah pick up a fucking comic (laughs) book like and it's just but i they never did i bang that drum every single family gathering and to this day they never are willing to read one and it's just how do you get over that barrier of for some reason some people just refuse to and it's not that they're actively refusing it's just that you can never you know as much as they're like oh yeah i should check that out it just never ends up happening yeah you know so it's like oh it's like what what is a good way to get them in people's hands and actually convince them to read it <laughs> you know like well, it's, oh, it's just it's such some a bummer. people just have like a stigma about them because they're like oh comics yeah and you know yeah to this day yeah it's crazy that that's still yep. a thing but give them, give them to the prisons and say for each comic you read, you get like a couple days off your sentence. Or... <laughs> Work for Suicide Squad. Uh... <laughs> hey, now that you're here, welcome, mm-hmm. welcome. I would like thank to, you, thank you. I would you. like to uh, get you to open your other two boxes. If you want. Yes, I do. Um, we already gave away one book. And thankfully, the winner is in Atlanta, so I don't have to pay off the shipping. amazing. <laughs> Deegan, I'm loving your, your your hat there. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I love me some Friday the 13th. I'm, I just I'm like, a sucker I just for... like, I've never actually, no, I've seen Friday the 13th. I've never seen like the actual other movies like El, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. But I grew up with the character, knowing who the characters were, man. Yeah. That 80s horror. Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah. I love 80s horror. God, it's like some of my favorite stuff. I got Mrs. Ohana a couple of books this uh for over the last uh, two weeks or so, and they all came in. Uh, one we opened yesterday, which was just while we were talking and brainstorming about the channel, was the um, 1950s Walt Disney That's Pluto. Cool. That's super cool. So I'm just going to get the box open, and then you can take it the rest of the way. This one is not a graded book. Oh, it's actually a plain old Yes, yeah, but you might want me to send this one in. Oh. Okay. He's so cute. <laughs> oh man, I can hear, I can hear thunder through my headphones. It's getting crazy outside of my house. 
Is it raining, Darkseid? Not here. Not, well, I mean, he's in Georgia, too, so... Actually, he's sleeping and relaxing. It's nothing near us. I like the fact that I get to actually touch and feel these books. A book? Book, yes. Partially co separated cover. See, I like that. I wondered if you could just show the cover to the chat. Oh, sorry, people. <laughs> well, I was trying to... to See the... I like it. Where are we? Oh, this is that what... one. Yeah. July That's 1945. Cool. And it's this got a letter to the American people, which is on the cover, on the flag, which is signed by Eisenhower and Nimitz and like all the generals of the... What happened to your arm? Oh, I, I have something there. Okay. But yeah, I like this. I I don't know. I don't. I think I just enjoy touching it. Yeah, like it's not in a slab. Like I'm actually touching it. Yes, I understand. Very cool. She's more of a book person. I'm more of a slab person. Mm. And I see it. I see the debate online all the time. People are like, "Let it breathe. Take it out of its coffin, man." Um, okay. Now I just, I think that certain books, if you really want it, if I really wanted to, to read that Pluto, yeah. I'll crack the slab and open it up. If I want it back in a slab, I'll spend the thirty bucks and put it back in. Well, a lot of what I do is sometimes like I just buy the the trades, you know, so that I can really read yep. stuff. But then my single issues are the ones that I collect and keep in boxes or get slabbed eventually. You know, it just kind of all depends. Mm -hmm. Yep. But I'm like, yeah, there's plenty of ways to read stuff if you really want to read it. Did you read this? No. Uh, to the American people, your sons, husbands, and brothers who are standing today upon the battlefields are fighting for more than victory and war. They're fighting for a new world of freedom and peace. We upon whom have been placed the responsibility of lending the American forces appeal to you with all possible earnestness to invest in war bonds to the fullest extent of your capability, your capacity. <laughs> Give us not only the needed implements of war, but the assurance and backing of a united people so unnecessary to hasten the victory and speed the return of your fighting men. And it's got a bunch of signatures. And you can William Leahy, you got uh, Dwight E. Eisenhower, there's uh, Admiral Nimitz. There's no, they weren't politicians, they were the, the war commanders. Mm -hmm. so, and the funny thing is that this was July of 1945, and pretty sure the War in Germany was already over at that point. <laughs> we were just, you know, two bomb drops from finishing completely. Mm. <laughs> just, no. What? The label. Oh, sorry. Have I seen this one? Yeah. Okay. I show you everything. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> just one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the box out of the way if you want. Uh, uh, sorry, I slowed down you guys' chat when I came. <laughs> sorry, I give Deacon a chance to. Uh... I w I was listening to you guys when I yeah, he's drawing. Yeah, because I left my um I was visiting family today, so then then when I left, I think whenever I typed in my chat there, um I was listening to you guys. I'm like they got they they got a nice flow going, <laughs> and then I come along and it's quiet. 
Well, it's funny. I give Deegan a chance to draw because he wants to give away a sketch. Oh. Yeah, that's why when somebody earlier was saying about uh, you doing animation, I'm like, if he had to draw 16 pictures for every second. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I would never actually be involved in the actual animating. I don't think I could. I don't think I could handle it. Larry. I that's a bag. How do you say Larry's last name? Cimarelli. Cimarelli. Yep, he won this week's... Uh... Larry I know, I was bummed about that. That's one I actually wanted to win, because that was a dope cover. Batman. I'm sorry. Batman mech. It did get bailed out already, though. So. <laughs> You're only looking for Halloween decorations. Well, you know, yeah, actually, are you guys, um, were you guys doing any giveaways on this on this episode? Yeah. Uh, we gave the, yeah, we gave the one the, slab away. The Walking Dead 9.8. Well, we've had we still have ten people in here, and everybody's been super cool and hanging out with us. So I'm gonna give this sketch. We'll give this sketch away that I'm working on. Let me show you an update real quick on where I'm at. We got a little bit further. Ooh. I can't see oh, nice. anymore. It's carnage with the teeth, right? Oh my God, Richard! <laughs> hey, we want him. We want him to die today, Richard. We want him to come back, Rich. We want him to come back. Um, but I was gonna say the other thing that I'm willing to do is. Um, um, I don't know if you can pull it up because I can't run and grab one right now, but um, I did a cover for uh, Syndicate Comics and Two Brothers Comics, an exclusive of James Tynan's The Closet, number one. Uh, I will sign it on camera, and we can give a copy of my The Closet away as well Whoa. as the sketch. Yeah, that way more people can win more things. So somebody can win the sketch, somebody can win you know, a signed copy of The Closet. That's awesome. Yeah. What are we doing, Willie? Unless we could ask the chat, we can ask the chat is that if that's something that they want. If they don't want it, then that's so. There's there's the uh, the book he was talking about. Closet number one. Eyes number one. There it is. Okay. And it is actually an awesome story. So, not only can you have the cool cover artwork that you hopefully dig that I did, but it's also a really good read. That guy's been killing it lately, huh? Oh, yeah. James Tynan, man. Gosh. Something is killing the children is incredible. That was incredible. His run on Batman was great. The um, Nice House on the Lake. It. Oh, yes. That's, that's a great series. You guys hear uh, our Bassett Hound snoring? No, it's not coming through. <laughs> Thank goodness. He's not even that loud. He's loud oh, enough. Oh, there it goes. Oh. I heard it that time. <laughs> no, but with, well, backtrack to before with Deegan saying how to, how, how to um, cross, how to get people, to, how to break down that barrier of to get people to read um, comic books. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm one of those people. I like what I I just like looking at the covers and stuff. My opinion on it is like either you're into comic books or you're not. Right, but oh yeah, we had this discussion I think before a little bit. Th nobody is but born like, liking like, comics, so how? You know, and nobody nobody's born liking movies. Nobody's born liking music. Nobody's born liking stage plays. You know, it's like so. I don't. I feel like you can get anybody into anything if you do it in the right way. Like. I wasn't really into, um, you know, into certain genres of movies, but then, you know, somebody showed me the right movie that connected.
connected with me, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I'm much more in, you know, I'm much more willing to give that kind of thing a shot, you know. So I feel like True. it just takes, I feel like it just takes the right thing, and it also just takes the again, like Greg was saying, there's a stigma with comics. I feel like if people would just sit down and read one that's in their wheelhouse, I think they would be shocked at how much they would enjoy it because I've seen it happen. Mm-hmm like multiple times like I've done it with my mom you know even though I've been drawing comics forever she's never really read them but you know then I um you know I uh she's my biggest supporter so she always buys every cover that I do and mm-hmm. she actually read the closet and she's like this is actually really good like this is a good story and I'm like yeah I think a lot of people just don't realize that there's really good stories in comics you know okay well okay same well, with video games you with know? me and comic books like is just one comic like one story or do, is it just a continue because i think there's just also a confusion of comic books I absolutely agree. yeah some which stops people from because like let's say oh wow i'm reading this one and then all of a sudden it goes to another one and then it's like, oh, I thought this was only like just one story. I didn't realize that it goes into another. There are some comics like Ha yeah. Ha, where every book is its own story, start to finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I feel like a lot of the more independent stuff that Image is doing is honestly a better place for people to get into comics. Because they do so many new series that you don't have to have any knowledge pre-existing. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to worry about it being... Uh, 800 issues since 1964 you know all this stuff like you can just kind of jump in and enjoy the story from the beginning you know yeah and i feel like that's less intimidating because i totally get what you're saying like yeah it's like if somebody wanted to read spider-man right now it's like where do you even start yeah you know where do you even tell somebody to jump in um without them feeling just overwhelmed and confused (laughs) yeah and you can't just say go buy an omnibus for 125 bucks (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly. Well, and some of, you know, I'm not going to lie. I have respect for the old stuff. Uh, you know, obviously we wouldn't be here in comics if it wasn't for it. Some of that stuff doesn't hold up. I was like some of that early Spider-Man stuff does not hold up. Uh, you know, it's like the writing is just it's a different era. You know, like we're too sophisticated for a lot of that stuff I now. Was, you we know? were talking about it, I think, on a, the live stream prior to the first one you came on, how... I was going back to the very beginning of Green Lantern in like 1960, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, "I'm gonna, I am gonna <laughs> read it from the beginning because I am a fan, and this is what a fan does, and I'm a completionist. Yeah. So I want to, I want to get that <laughs> platinum trophy or whatever, you know. So you're like, I'm a completionist and a masochist. Yes. Well, that's what it became. I was like, Yeah, Jesus, this is like. This micro uh, like as I'm reading it, I'm hearing text. I'm hearing like see and, and the young boy he approaches uh and then there's like a lot of racism yeah. and there's a lot of there's a yeah. lot of sexism and it's just it's, yeah. it's just and there's like walls of text where I'm used to like today of of like a good balance and you know it's 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 a different ballgame even though they're showing you what is happening with the yeah. vision. Visuals, they're still explaining everything that's happening in the visuals. My ring. You know, it's like they really just didn't Com- trust kids yet to understand what was yeah. going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that there's still enough uh, limited series, uh, micro uh, micro series, maxi series that come out with brand new characters in the independence that definitely can. I mean, if you were to say to, to somebody, you've never read a comic book at all, and you're not into superheroes, go read Stray Dogs. Yeah. Or, or go read Something is Killing the Children, you know, or go read, um, oh, God, I mean, Casper. 
Nice with, house on a lake. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's you know, issues. like shit. If you want to get into superheroes and you don't want to be overwhelmed, read Radiant Black. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. There's like so many good places to go. I, yeah, I think I think at the end of the day, most people think of the big two, and so that's the problem is they get that overwhelmed feeling. You know, because they just think yeah. of Spider-Man and they're like, oh, oh god, like where do I start? I think it's better to help get people into smaller independent titles. You know. Yes. So, yeah. and there's a so, little bit of something for everybody in the indies, you know. I'm gonna give a little plug for your Patreon. Uh, I was talking, Greg. I was talking to Deegan on um, Wednesday on New Comic Book Day at the store about the poll for his print on the Patreon page oh, yeah. that he has. Because uh-huh. if you're a Patreon member on Deegan's page, you get to vote for what print will be released. And at the platinum, there's a platinum level. That's what it's called. Yes. Yeah, so that's the highest level. Is the platinum level. But you get two copies, a signed and numbered black and white and a signed color, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. exactly. Of the one that gets voted on. And I said to Deegan, I feel bad for Greg. He was the only person who voted for, uh, for Radiant Black. <laughs> and Deegan's like, how do you know it was Greg? I'm like, because I know it was Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah. But the good thing is, Greg... Uh, that print is always available in my Etsy store. Um, so I love it. All right, here we go. <laughs> Can't get the black and white one because uh, that's only uh, a Patreon thing. But hey, at least yeah. it's something. <laughs> yeah. No, but I know oh. when Rich um, told me about you know about the comics and the Marvel movies. Again, I'm the type that wasn't into comics. Don't you know? I'm into comics, but just not his comic. You know, his type of comics. I'm yeah. still into the kid comics. Um, Disney, Fraggle Rock, and stuff. Yeah, Thundercats. Um, cool. But again, like for me, it's as you said. For me, it's confusing, and then I just feel overwhelmed, which shuts me yeah. off to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't even, I'm like, it's not even worth my time if I can't understand it. I'm like, no. Yeah. So, yeah. but if a really good story comes out and hits, you know, you can relate to it. Yeah. You know, and get into it. I mean, what, haven't you watched the MCU movies and I didn't have you watch all of them, mm-hmm. but just enough to try to get to the Infinity Saga uh, was kind of like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. It really was. And she really has no interest in this, the TV shows or anything else. But when we finally got to Infinity War, I sat her down, I think that movie's two and a half hours on a Saturday, and as soon as it ended, she went, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't end it like that. I'm like, well, that's how that one ended. You have to... She said, well, how long is the next movie? I said, Endgame? That's three hours. Put it on. <laughs> I'm like, you're going for six hours, basically, in MCU? Because you did enjoy that at that mm-hmm. point. Uh, she hasn't watched... No, no, you actually rewatched Endgame over in Sherry's house. Yes. So, if you have a really good story, and that's the whole thing, if you want to try to get people to get into comics, you got to pick the right story. Because mm-hmm. if you if you give them something that they don't like, they'll yeah. never pick it back up. Again. They get yeah. that bad. They get that bad. It's the first impression thing. Taste. Yeah, like you you got to have a good first impression because it could be your only impression. You yeah. know, comics is like sushi. You give somebody something slimy, and they're like trying another piece. That, that gets, we have that experience that gets, with that. It gets me thinking about your what you were talking about giving the comic book away at the you know at movies or whatever. You could you could tailor that comic book to be very like palatable, you know? Yep. Like in a in a general like make it very make it a one shot. Yep. Um 
so it's a self-contained make it very entry level yeah you know like kind of give an overview of some of the characters or where they're at right now or yeah well it's why i loved the ultimate comics so much i was a huge fan of the ultimate marvel comics Mm. because it was taking all these established characters and starting them at ground level starting them at square one to this day i still tell people if they want to get into spider-man start with ultimate spider-man because it's 161 issues and it's one shot it's one story and if you start at the beginning Mm -hmm. and you like it you just keep going it's not it's not in a million different offshoots and it's not you know oh well then there was all the tie-in series with it it's like no you can just read ultimate spider-man and that's it and it starts from the beginning so you don't have to know anything prior to getting into it you know and I can't tell you how many times people have actually tried reading Ultimate Spider-Man and it actually was one of the ones that clicked. Mm. You mm. know, like my uh, I had my uh, my wife read Ultimate Spider-Man and she went through like eight or nine volumes um, uh, pretty quickly because it was just like once you get into it and you start from that ground level, you know, there's no expectation on you to know what's going on. You're going in fresh and they're treating you as such, yeah. um, you know, so it's a lot less of a stressful you know, thing to, to deal with. But yeah, yeah, I, th- I feel like if they did something like that, you know, had something that starts at that ground level and hand that out, you might be able to catch a few people. And again, it's not going to be a ton, but it's going to be better than where we're at right now, where it's almost impossible to get any new readers into, you know, into the medium. Mm-hmm. So, Hey, uh, are you going to be in the store next Wednesday or you're flying out already? Yeah, I'll be, uh, I will be, Going from here to Houston, having a four-hour layover, and then I'll be in Tucson. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to try to remember next Wednesday to pick up a couple of copies. I think uh, Syndicate still has them on the wall of Sidekick. Yeah, they do, actually. Yeah. That's another independent... Uh, yeah. That was your Sidekick for Hire? Is that what that was? Yes, so that's written by Christian Herrera. He's a good friend of mine, and he's a great writer. And I did the cover, the variant cover, for issue number four. Uh, that's the most recent issue for for that. Um, I was, I was he's a, basically. He's I'm going to say something. I hope issue. you love the sound of it. I'm losing track of all the covers you're doing. <laughs> no, that's hey, that's awesome. I wish there were more. I wish uh, <laughs> I wish it was more than five. I'm like, uh, I want to I want to keep getting to do well, them, but you got two it's more kind of you a dry that you spell. can't talk about yet. <laughs> Yeah, those you know, it's it, again. Those are much more indie, you know, very independent, very independent uh, books. I'm really still wanting to do a lot of stuff with Image, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, but that part of things is kind of dried up for the moment. So hopefully it, uh, Look, hopefully it starts those, picking up again. Those indies are the ones that 20 years from now people are uh, advertising is hard to find. HTF, you yeah. Know? yeah, rare early Deegan works. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a uh favorite current artist, current cover artist that's not like, you know, Jim Lee or something like a Titan? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say he's still he's still big, but I don't think he's quite like, he's not like huge yet. Yeah. Is um, David Nakayama. Oh yeah, I, I, um, I, I yeah. noticed the uh, I noticed yeah. behind you, you got the uh, Yes, the Mystique. Uh, Mystique. Yeah. Oh my god, he is so incredible because he takes this like really he he checks all the boxes that i love in art that i wish that i did better which is he's very clean like Mm -hmm. ridiculously clean and the color 
characters just pop like crazy mm-hmm. and it is super comic booky but very modern you know it's not like it looks like it's from the 90s it looks like new art today but it's still got that it's a comic book yeah you know yeah. it's it's not like a lot of cover artists nowadays where it's more like digital paintings and it looks almost like concept art more than it looks like a comic book gotcha um so yeah david nakayama and on top of it he is one of the nicest people i've ever met oh uh, good. and i've met him a couple times and he is so down to earth and doesn't have a big head oh. and he's always willing to talk to people and and have a good you know a conversation um so yeah he's he's awesome i'm like man i was already supporting you a ton i'm like but now i just want to support you even more because you're a really good person you know that's the best so, love that. Yeah, he's he's incredible if anybody gets a chance to see his work. I've been a sucker for a guy um lately. His name is Bjorn Barons. I don't know if you've seen his stuff, but that sounds really familiar. He's got like But if I saw it's like that's it's kind of like when I meet people bad with names, but I'm great with faces. Like people's artwork I can recognize, but the names are always gotcha. the part. Yeah. Um Anyway, that's not where I was going with the question, but I was getting, I was wondering on top of that. So Nakayama's got his thing of like the popping colors and like his style. Yeah. What what do what do you what do you think would be your like trademark calling card? I guess it's the symbiotes, right? Yeah, that's a good question because I think it's hard when you are the artist to pinpoint what makes you you like what makes people be able to look at something and be like oh that's Deegan mm-hmm. like I'm um, honestly I'd be really interested to hear from people like in the chat or hear from <laughs> you guys like what you think makes something look like me you know what I mean like because yeah I'm not really sure because I could guess and say that it's that I have a very clean precise line work style you know where everything is very bold and uh, not rough you know it's very precise yeah um, or some people could say that you know a couple people tell me and i really like this description is that it looks like the 90s if mod if uh the 90s kept happening you know like if (laughs) if the 90s style kept evolving over the last couple decades yeah um Mm -hmm. and that always made sense to me because so much of the 90s art is my biggest influence so it makes sense that i've got a lot of that mixed with a lot of modern sensibilities yeah you know so I think that might maybe be my calling card, you know, or what kind of looks like me. It's one of those things I think a lot of artists worry that they don't have a style. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I I always have kind of worried. I'm like, is there anything that like that is me, you know, like or am I just kind of an amalgamation of all these people that I like, you know, yeah, how can I so, stand out? Not- yeah. Like, how can I make sure that when people see my art, they know that it's my art? It's not, you know. So yeah, it, that's always kind of fascinated me too. I hope that I have a, a style. I don't know if I do, <laughs> but I hope that I do. I'm trying to remember which Nakayama cover I recently got, and I just thought it was absolutely amazing. It might yeah, have been the Gwenverse. He's a few bangers recently. I think um, the Gwenverse one I really loved. Oh, is that the one that came out this Wednesday? This a uh, couple of days ago? Because there was a great one that he had Spider Gwen on the cover on Wednesday. Yes. Um, um... I think it was number three. Uh, oh, I'm... Yeah, Seth says with the... I, I still say they need to do a comic book subscription. 
I get they don't want to hurt comic book stores, but the world is changing and it needs to change to not sink. Like pay $60 a year for a comic? I love to do that. Drive to a store once a month? A lot harder to find the, find the time. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I mean, Greg doesn't live near a store, so that kind of hurts him too. Yeah, I just pre-purchase on eBay. <laughs> I mean, were there any stores up in New York even? Matt, uh, mid, what do you call it? Midtown Comics. That's like legend, right? Yeah, New York is like a mecca. Again, I don't know. I'm not into comics. Well, your type of well. Yeah, New, New York. I mean, I am now, but not again. Different type of comics, but New York goes a mecca. But uh, there was a period of time where I was just not able to be in comics at all. So, um, I build up a collection, and something would happen to it, and then I'd take a few year hiatus. Um, I was just uh, responding to a comment that somebody made on one of the Sandman videos that all the all the comic books behind me and I don't and I've never read the Sandman comics. That's you know that, that's kind of basic. How come I didn't read it? I'm like, well, it was released during a time that in my life when I couldn't be in comic books. So sorry. <laughs> um, Say hello. Here's that. Here's that cover that just came out uh, two two or three days ago this Wednesday. That's a, that's a, oh that's, that's it that's a, yep I love that's that a little one. bit different uh, take for his style right I mean it, yeah it's a little bit more um uh like the colors are a little bit more toned down you know like it's not quite as mm-hmm. saturated mm-hmm. I guess you could say um that's what blows my mind with him too is he pencils inks and colors all of his own oh. stuff and it's like holy shit dude like that's so impressive to me he's like uh. He's like the Dave Grohl. Those people are like the ones that can sing guitar, drums, yeah, yeah. at like record quality. Deegan, in the beginning, you said that you wanted when you were first getting into this. You said you wanted to sketch, you know, sketch, draw, ink, color, everything, mm-hmm. ever do everything, start to finish. Yes. Um, now, right now, you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Did you pick the field that you felt you were the best at? The field that you thought you would enjoy the most, or the field, the part of it that you know what was that's what made you decide thank you yeah that's a really good question i always love it because like you know since because i obviously get a lot of questions asked to me at conventions and stuff too so um it's always cool when you know somebody asks something like that that i'm like oh wow i don't think i've ever actually thought about that um i think it's actually i kind of went more with what i enjoy the most and the thing that i enjoy the most is coming up with the composition you know, like, what is this going to look like? Like, how is the character going to be posed to make it the most impactful? What is the background going to tell you about it? What is the, you know, like, um, what can I do to draw Venom the 800th time and still make it interesting? That sort of thing. Whereas with coloring, it's so weird because coloring is like my favorite part of the process. But I just don't right. like doing it because it's so painstaking <laughs> And it's so, like, I just don't, I feel like I need to do a lot more studying in color theory to really be able to choose the right colors for the right situation and figure out how certain things reflect. And if there's a pumpkin bomb in this hand, how would that light cast on the face? You know, Mm. like, there's so much that goes into it that, for me, is just more work than fun for me. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's where I got to where I was like, well, there's 
amazing colorists out there who do colors the way that I love to see them. Mm -hmm. So now Mm -hmm. if I can focus on the part that I feel like I'm pretty good at and that I love to do, I can pour all of myself into that and then hand it off to somebody who can do the part that I don't feel I'm as good at, but love and see them kind of bring that portion of it to life, you know, if that makes sense. But that's cool. Yeah. See, I think it was a little bit of both, but it was mainly just like, I I enjoy the parts that I do the most, you know, like if I had to give up one of those three, Mm -hmm. it would be coloring, you know, like if I had to stop doing one of them. And then the next one that I would give up is inking because inking, even though that's the awesome final touches phase, um, it's also a pain in the ass because you're basically drawing the same thing a second time, you know, like (laughs) how, how many phases are there? Um, for most artists, you know, kind of generalizing, like for me, for example, I do, um, unless I'm doing something, you know, something like this, that's just a quick sketch, quick, Mm um, uh, something like this where I'm just kind of throwing whatever's in my brain onto it. I'm not preconceiving anything. Um, well, actually you can kind of see, I was originally going to do a profile shot and then I was like, no, I want to do it, you know, from the front. Um, but like when I'm actually planning something, um, well, like I have the, uh, this is the original. Um, so this is my favorite piece I've ever done. And this is actually the original, like black and white ink, mm. um, version of this venom piece. So I penciled this and then inked it and then sent it to a colorist to get colored. And like with that piece, what I did was I, uh, kind of, was thinking of concepts, you know, so I was like, okay, I know I want to do a Venom piece. What can I do that put Venom in a, in a, in a cover sort of situation that hasn't been done a thousand times, you know? And for me, I was like, well, Venom to me is more of an anti-hero. You usually don't see him in anti-hero situations as much on the covers, like where he's actually being a hero, Mm -hmm. you know, like what, what, what sucks is, I did that piece, and right at the same time, they did a new Venom Lethal Protector miniseries at Marvel, and the cover artist for that series is incredible, and the five issues that he did, they're some of my favorite Venom covers ever. Well, my whole idea was, I'm going to do Venom catching a bank robber as he's running down an alleyway, you know, and it's kind of like an oh shit moment where the robber is like, oh no, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm screwed. Because I'm like, I feel like I haven't really seen that. I've seen it in the comics, but I haven't really seen it on a cover. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so then the new Venom series comes out right as I'm drawing this. And all of his covers are that. Like, he's got one where I there's three or four uh, bank robbers uh-huh. hanging upside down and webs that he's caught. And there's one where he's like, he catches a guy's fist in the rain and he's about to, like, you know, beat him up. And I'm like, damn. I'm like, what are the chances that this series would come out with covers that are so similar in, in theme, you know, to what I was going for. But the good thing is, is him and I's art style is so different that it's, it's a totally different take, you know, than, than what I did. But so I'll come up with the concept and then what I'll do is I'll do a tiny little thumbnail of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's really little so that I don't get too caught up in the details. Um, Cause that's what I struggle with really bad. And then once I like the thumbnail, I'll take the thumbnail and I'll blow it up. And then I'll start doing the final, like, penciling on it and get it laid out. And it pretty much looks how it looks when it's inked, but in pencil. So that's what's kind of annoying about me is I have what they call in the industry very final looking pencils, which basically is 
the pencils are so they use the word tight, which means clean and precise. Uh, my pencils are so tight that you don't even really need to ink them. You could theoretically just scan it and black it out, you know, like turn the pencil black and then it's mm. inked. But I just, I'm so old school. I'm like, no, it's got to be inked. You know, even if it's digitally inking it, it's got to be, yeah. black, you know, done black and white. So then I'll ink it, which is a whole step that, again, I, isn't even really necessary for me. But I just can't help it. And then I send it to my colorist. So it's kind of like, I would say it's probably like a five or so step process. Um, okay. Yeah, I know wow. other artists. I mean, other artists are insane. They can just sit down and just jump into the pencils and just see what happens. And I'm like, nah, I can't do that. <laughs> I've got to plan stuff out. And like, because uh, otherwise the whole time my brain is just sitting there going, this is terrible. What are you doing? This is awful. It's not going to turn <laughs> out right. You know, I'm like. It, the more that I can plan ahead, the more that I can shut that voice up a little bit. Because what's like, no. a time frame? <laughs> what's a time? What's how? How long does it take you to do that process? Oh gosh, um, I would say on average for a piece like the one that I showed you of Venom, where it's just a standalone, mm -hmm. almost like a cover image. Those tend to take me from start to finish. I would say anywhere between twenty and thirty hours. Um, and I'm, again, I'm kind of slow. Um, like there are artists that probably could do the same thing a few hours quicker, mm -hmm. but I'm just very painstaking about it. And I think that's part of my style is that I think if I went faster, I wouldn't have the style that I have. So yeah. it's kind of a push and a pull, but yeah. And that 25 or 30 hours is spread over multiple days because I'm not the kind of person. It's very rare when I can get up in the morning, start on a project from the beginning and finish it by the end of the day. Like, yeah. I just don't have that capability. Like, sometimes I'll get, I'll be like, okay, I finished the layout and I penciled it, but I just don't have it in me to do the inks right now. And if I force it and do it when I'm not feeling it, it doesn't turn out as good. So mm -hmm. I'll move on to another project, work on that one, kind of get a fresh, you know, set of eyes on a different thing. And then I might be like, oh, shit, I'm going to go back to that. I'm feeling it. Yeah. You know, so... That's kind of what sucks about my commissions, too, is I kind of, even though there's people who have been waiting longer than other people, sometimes I don't force the one that's been waiting the longest because if I force it, sometimes it doesn't turn out as good, you know, and I'm like, I'd rather have them wait a couple more weeks or something like that until I'm like, okay, today is the day and let's rock this thing, you know, and I'm feeling it. Oh, with um, your, your work, you want to be perfect. <laughs> Yeah, you it's know. bad. I'm a very big perfectionist and it, it slows me down so bad and gets me so behind. But I'm like, I, I always tell every client this. I'm like, I would much rather take longer and you have to wait to the point where it's almost frustrating mm -hmm. than, than whip something up and I'm not super happy with it. I want to give somebody a piece and I want to be like, I want it to be hard to give it to them. You know, like I want yeah. I want there to be a part of me that's like, damn, I wish I could hang on to this. <laughs> like, do even I really want to give yeah, it to you? <laughs> even though there's no point in me keeping anything that I draw because I'm like, what am I going to do with it? You know, I'm like, I'm not <laughs> going to put my own art on the wall, <laughs> you know, like, but I, I want it to have that slight moment where I'm like, damn, I don't want to ship this, you know, because I want to mm -hmm. be so in love with it that, you know, yeah. so I'm like, I would much rather take my time maybe upset people <laughs> and have yeah. them really happy at the end then do them quick and they get them fast but man that piece if you only knew how much better it could have been if i took another few weeks or something you know um but yeah 
Well, I made the analogy last week. You want to fast track a 7.0 or wait a little bit for a 9.8. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, no, it's uh, just like I, this sketch that I'm doing right now. It's like I'm taking way more time on it than I should for it because it's supposed to be a quick, small sketch. But I'm like, I just don't have that bone in my body. You know, <laughs> like it's it's so hard for me to just do something quickly because e- the, and the dumb thing is, is if I did this quickly and showed it to people, they would probably love it. And mm-hmm. but me, I would be like, oh, I fucking hate it. Like I, I look <laughs> at it and I see all the things that I could have yeah. done better, you know. And and I just I can't. I I I have I have to get therapy because I can't handle letting that happen. You know, like it would just dig and dig and dig at me for weeks. Uh, if I did that, so I'm just like I gotta satisfy the beast inside and, yeah. and do it the way he demands, and then <laughs> therapy's the best. But no, I I, <laughs> I, I honestly didn't think it would take like 30, you know, 20. What was it? You said like 26 to 30 hours or whatever. Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought at may, maybe the tops like maybe eight hours, but oh not... god, my life would be so good. <laughs> So much, <laughs> so, so much more time better. for activities. Yeah, what do they call it? Your your quality of life. Like my quality of life would just go through the roof. Yeah, I had no clue could do that, that. that it takes that long for you guys to draw something up. Yeah, and again, you know, there's guys that do it way faster than me, and I'm so jealous of them. Um, you know, like uh, Jason Flowers is their local artist. He's done a lot of covers. He's done a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff, and. Uh, he's a Georgia guy and he's a, he's a really cool dude. Uh, but he's got a way different style than me. He's much more sketchy, much more, you know, kind of energetic and rough looking. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's like his style. And I've seen him at conventions just whip things up in a half an hour. And I'm just like, if I was doing something like that, I'd be two, three, four hours, you know, like if I was lucky, um, you know, but it's, you know, that's the thing is every artist is just so different. And it's like the more that, what I learned was years ago, the more that I tried to force not being who I am, the more I didn't like what I did. So I, eventually I just yep. gave in and I was like, I'm just going to do me. Mm-hmm. I need to stop comparing myself to everybody else. Yes. You know, it's like if they can do it faster than me, that's awesome for them. But that's mm-hmm. not me, you know, so exactly just kind of have to accept it. <laughs> yep. Oh, no. That's cool. He did a last Ronin variant. Jason, yes, Jason yeah, it's really good. Sorry, I just freaked out because somehow I smudged the ink. Oh, oh no! Where's my eraser? If I get it quick enough, it might go away. Oh, thank God! I was about to be so sad again. It's something that nobody would probably have ever noticed, but it would have drove me fucking I could, crazy. I could tell the <laughs> the, how, like, the oh, genuine thank, panic. Oh, thank God! <laughs> But I know, like the time, I well, the few times when Rich and I when we went to to syndicate, syndicate what's syndicate. John? Yeah, John's store and stuff. And then I just remember you hearing say, "It's like that one line. It's like you know that one line bothers me. I know no one noticed it." <laughs> yep. Oh God, it happens on every single piece I do. There's always at least one thing that I'm just like, ah. Oh. that's some, but at some point you gotta just. I assume just like you, you just let it go and let it be free after so, yeah, after yeah. so many like little tweaks here and there. I feel like it's how parents must feel when their kids like graduate and go off to college. 
and they just have to be like, go live your life. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's, it's one of have... your babies. You've... Yeah. <laughs> I've done what I can for you. It's your turn now. Yeah, it's your turn. Go off, child. <laughs> Play, blaze your path. Yeah. I feel so bad. I'm like, we still have people in here. I want to get this done so that people can actually see it so that they actually want to participate in the giveaway. <laughs> but I'm like, ah. Deegan, I'm left-handed. All art writing gets smudged. Welcome to our world. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad for you. And I'm uh, not jealous. Because uh, a lot of times people who are left-handed, they still work from uh, left to right mm-hmm. um, instead of from right to left. Like for me, like you'll see like as I'm inking this, I'm going – I'm inking from over here primarily mm-hmm. to here because I don't want to go across. put my hand on. So with left-handed people, a lot of times what they do is instead of working the opposite, they'll still work on that side and go across and – the whole time they're yep. putting their hand in what they've been mm-hmm. working on. Yeah, he so, said. Yeah, yeah it's, Saf said. It's a. Saf said, "I grew up thinking your hand being black blackened at the end of a school day was normal." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let's see. So awesome! Did we actually catch up on the chat question? I think so. I think. Uh, yeah, Mrs. Ohana has been trying to keep happen. an eye on him. You're awesome. Well, thank, thank you. you for wrangling us a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I got a facsimile this week. Well, did... Oh, what'd you the... get? First. Oh, that turned out great. Like, they did a great job on that. Yeah, thing. it's real clean. It looks good. And it's so thick. I never knew that books back then were that, like, hefty. Yeah. You know, that many pages. Yeah. 64 pages of action. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> I got that uh, Action Comics number one back in the CGC grading. Said it, uh, uh, I made the uh, video for it. Uh, 10.0? Gem Mint? Um, you'll have to, I guess, tune in after Greg edits the video and corrects <laughs> all my, my screw-ups and inserts... Uh, I recorded one last little thing he has to insert in the middle. He'll see it when he oh, looks on the Google Drive. Okay. Um, yeah, it's me on complaining about graders. lack of graders' notes. Seth, you could talk as much as you want. Oh, I was just about to say that same thing. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Don't feel bad about talking. Yeah, because he said, I try talking less so, so it scrolls less. <laughs> no, no, talk away. We want the interaction. <laughs> Yeah, and shoot, I mean, I'm sure that eventually we would all run out of questions if uh, if we didn't have you guys in the chat helping and oh, yeah. coming up with things. Deegan, as an artist, like, you said it just came, like, nat- naturally, right, to you? Uh, as far as, like, um, like, when I first started? Yes. Um, yes and no. Um, I think it's... It's a tough thing because I think a lot of artists like me who start out just drawing since they're little, little. Mm-hmm. It's um, a lot of people are tempted to say that that just came naturally to them, but all it is is every little kid sucks ass, <laughs> you know, when they yeah. first start. Like so, like even though I might have been decent for my age, it still was bad. And so I think the 
I think it's less that it comes naturally, and it's just if you start that young, you you're at the age again. It's like how when we're young, we don't care as much about hurting ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like we don't think about the consequences. Yeah. When I was younger, I didn't think about whether or not it was good. Mm-hmm. I just did it, and I did it over and over yeah. and over, and kept trying to learn and, and picking up new stuff. And I didn't have that fear of if it was good or not at least not until like middle school. And then once you start being more cognizant of all that, you start having the self doubt, you yes. know, cause like you don't, you don't have as much of that self doubt when you're young. Like you just kind of don't give a yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm just floating through life. Like, you know, it's awesome. And then the, uh, once you get into middle school and people start judging you and you start judging yourself because people are judging you, it's like, then that's when I think a lot of people tend to fall out of drawing or they give up on it because sometimes that self-doubt and that self like was this even good yeah kind of convinces you otherwise you know uh and i just there i i feel like most artists who do it for a living were just stubborn enough to get past that part (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think that's the only like professional artist and non-professional artist is just who Mm. was more uh stubborn and not willing to to you know pay attention to those voices (laughs) you know this this is one of the big uh I can't say our arguments, but definitely a disagreement that John and Syndicate and I had with Deegan one day. And he Deegan's saying that that he could teach John and I to be a good artist. And I'm like, no, my I my could. hand can't do that. Okay. I, I could, Richard, draw. you give me the time. No, my hand can't do I can't draw a line. I look at my mind and I say, I want a line from there to there. My hand can't do it. Oh, we could do it, <laughs> Richard. I'm telling you. Uh, no. I, I yep. wish there was time that you had because I would, I would take you up on that. <laughs> I would love to try. Yeah, it was cool actually. When I first, um, when I first started doing this full time, uh, you know, I was trying to come up with every income stream I could think mm, of. Yeah. You know, and uh, what I did in the first year was there was actually um, uh, my chiropractor's son, who was I think he was eight at the time. He was a big artist. You know, he was one of those kids that started drawing from an early age like I did. And um, my chiropractor, you know, knew what I was doing and saw my stuff and thought it was awesome. And uh, I offered to because um, he wa- his son wanted to do more art, but he was struggling with what I struggled with when I was a kid, which was there's no such thing as comic art lessons in school. Yeah. You know, like it's all yeah. drawing and painting and traditional and. A lot of those teachers treat you like if you want to do comic art, it's less than, you know, and and he was like, you know, would you be willing to teach him comic book art? Because that's what he likes. I was like, yeah, 100 percent. So for for about a year, I I did one lesson a week with him and kind of taught him, you know, a lot of the stuff that I was trying to learn at that age that I wished somebody would have been able to to teach me, Mm -hmm. you know, because I just had to open up these how to draw books and try to you know, copy and understand what the hell they were trying to convey yeah. in a, you know, in this book. Um, and so, yeah, that was really cool. So I actually did that for a while. And for a while, I was actually considering trying to do more classes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then that could go up at a university board. Yep. <laughs> They're in the supermarkets. But, but then slowly what I realized was I just, I didn't really have the pace, patience to teach younger people. Mm-hmm. Because younger people like he after a year he was kind of like over it Uh, and was wanting to move on to something else yeah and so when i would have these lessons with him sometimes it would get it would be hard to get him to pay attention 
or the hardest thing was was I would give him homework. And since it was an extracurricular thing, I wouldn't hold him to getting the homework done. I didn't want him to add another stressful thing on top of mm. doing schoolwork. Yeah. But nine times out of ten, he wouldn't do the homework. Uh. And then he would be frustrated that he's not getting better. And I would try to explain to him, you know, like, well, the only way that you're going to get better is doing, doing these things that we are talking about and that we're te- that I'm teaching you at the lesson. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I can teach you at the lesson. But if you're not practicing it on your own and just doing it over and over and over, it's not going to stick. I could teach you a thousand yeah. times, but it's not going to stick. Uh, you know, I'm like the only reason that I got to where I am is because I did things that I didn't necessarily want to do mm-hmm. over and over and over I mean, just and like over, anything, you, you got know? all these advisors and stuff. It's like they're basically your guide, but you still have to put 100% work into but it. But people still... Yeah, they can't do the work for you. Still you still have to have a physical ability to do it, a, a way of communicating your brain to your hand. I took guitar lessons for two years and practiced for hours every day, and after two years, I still could not play scales. Now, Richard, I'm not I'm that. not saying that I could teach you to be like a professional comic book artist. What I'm saying is I could get you to a point where you don't hate what you're putting on paper. Uh, and nope. you'd be somewhat <laughs> proud of yourself. Like, I like, guarantee like you. Like honestly, basics. if it doesn't look like your stuff, I would hate what I put on paper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very critical on myself. So that Well, right that there. just sounds like a defeatist attitude problem. That sounds less yeah. like your hand is the issue. Has he met me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I expected after three months I was playing. I was gonna be playing guitar like Eddie Van Halen. I wasn't doing. Oh, no. I mean, I oh, had a Fender, I went on bought a Fender Stratocaster, an amplifier, and I was practicing with it every single day. But my <laughs> fingers could not wrap around a guitar to reach the frets because I have very short, stubby fingers. Uh. When I write, just write words. I grip the pencil so tightly and I try to let you know to loosen it up that I'll actually start to get tingling after about 30 seconds. Okay, I tell you, I tell you what, Richard, we gotta do something to mellow you out, man. We gotta do something to calm you down. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We gotta, (laughs) I I made a deal with God on my 18th birthday. I can't. (laughs) Oh, I'm not, I'm not talking about drugs because I've never done a drug in my life. I'm just like we need to hey, oh, no, do some either. yoga, chill you me, out. I've bro. never, I've <laughs> never done that either. No. What is a drug? I know. It's so funny when people look at me and like, especially when they talk to me. Like sometimes at conventions, they just assume that I party and that I'm like a drinker or I yeah. do, you know, drugs and stuff. And that uh-huh. they'll like insinuate stuff and be like, "Yeah, you know, this, this, and this." And I'm like. I have no idea what you're Absolutely talking about. You know, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I, 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 le- I, I legit, I'm like, I, the most I ever did was I drank for two years once I turned 21. And then after the second year, I was like, I hate the way all this shit tastes. And it's expensive. And I hate the way that it makes me feel afterwards. So why am I drinking it? You know, and I just got to the point where I just stopped drinking and I haven't drank for like 12 years. It sounds like and, you with golf. You know, I've, I've never done drugs. It's just never been a thing for me. I'm like, I don't like the idea of changing how my brain functions. You know, it just kind of weirds me out. As so I'm, I'm drinking like, an alcoholic drink. <laughs> it's got about half the yeah. alcohol of a beer, so yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah, no, I, I spoke pop. Oh, I, I had to come. I love what. So, uh, Sav said, uh, Deegan, quote, I have so little time to draw. Also, Deegan, I'll give you art lessons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... yeah I, 
if you guys i know it's only been two live streams but one thing you guys are going to realize about me is i'm a walking contradiction <laughs> um it's just like at c2e2 i was telling christian like don't let me take more than three commissions period end of story you beat me if you have to and what did i do i took seven you know it's like i i, I say i can i can say a lot of things but following them is always the problem right. <laughs> like, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, I can give great advice to myself. It's just a matter of taking the advice that I give myself. That's the problem. Uh, again, sounds like me with golf. I fix so many people's swings, but I videotape myself, and I'm like, I I can't fix that because <laughs> I can't listen to myself. <laughs> um, yeah. So back to you doing, you know, saying that that you weren't able to do the um the guitar. I'm like, there are many other instruments that you could have used, played, tried, like the 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 triangle thing. Yeah, but thing. you can't shred on a triangle, bro. You know? <laughs> I don't know. There's, there was uh, one of my favorite bands of all time. They're called Horse the Band, and oh, I've heard they, of them. They were kind of on the forefront of what's called Nintendo Core. Um, yep, and they had a guy that would come down like during the come out during like the real heavy breakdowns called Ed Edge, and he would have a triangle, and he would just be like, "Oh, <laughs> oh my god!" <laughs> or what? Or what? Was I need on? more cowbell. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> so it can be done. You just got to believe in yourself. I believe I can fly. No, you um, got to believe me. Uh, the only instrument I can play with certainty that I feel good at is the voice box. So, <laughs> what about the uh, the melodica? That, that your, that's your area of expertise, and I wouldn't even think about stepping on it. What's the melodica? Yeah, what is it? <laughs> oh, thing? okay. I've seen those in I've seen those in videos online. Before. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it's like a ba I don't, I don't... Uh, bagpipes and, and a two yeah the two most annoying um your trumpet when you were a kid no is the bagpipes and and the the accordion <laughs> so that that's what that thing I had an accordion like. when I was a kid <laughs> I love this um I think I'm saying it right shop for comics yeah yeah yep. yeah he uh, he said uh, cowbell it up Richard. <laughs> <laughs> What was that? Was that was actually pretty live? decent. Like, no, that, that was, was a decent from, uh, oh, Thank you. Was, uh, <laughs> this is Spinal Tap. Emulating yeah. uh, Don't Fear the Reaper. <laughs> they might have done a skit on Saturday Night Live, but it was originally gotcha. from This is Spinal Tap. That's also where the guy was saying, I like this amplifier the best because this one, the volume goes up to 11. All the other amplifiers, it only goes up to 10. <laughs> they made, I think, Marshall, who's like a big amp maker, I oh, think yeah. at one point they they made an amp that like went up to eleven in reference to that, like on the anniversary mm. of that or something. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. Same volume, they just changed the grades. Yeah. You know, for, instead of ten percent, is now nine percent, and you get an extra right. number. <laughs> God, that's crazy. What time is it? And we man, it's almost one in the morning, and we still got nine people hanging out in here. And you still <laughs> have your battery. You still have your battery power. Oh working. shit! I haven't checked on that. Fifteen percent. <laughs> no. You better hurry up with that yeah, sketch, right. man. I know. Battery <laughs> timer. Damn it. Yeah, like, okay, I'm ready with the sketch and boom. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. What else did I get this week? Um... I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, if you guys uh, 
chat about something for a few minutes, I could probably get a decent amount of heavy lifting on this thing done. Chat, chat, chat. So, chat, anybody... Chat, 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 chat. How's everybody in the chat doing with uh, She-Hulk? Did they like episode two? Did they see episode oh, one? so good. Or are you one of the 38% that are review bombing with a one? Oh, God, those people. <laughs> The, I loved the second episode. I thought it was so much fun. I like the first episode better, but I still like the second a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was good. Um And it was really hard for them to top the first episode's end credit scene. Yeah. <laughs> Chop was saying that uh, She Hulk is so good, yes. Yes, um, Larry. Every it. time the credits start, I'm like, wow, that was quick. <laughs> I know, I wish it was a little longer. Well, that's what they're trying to do is make this like a 30-minute TV show. Like, you know, back in the day, half-hour comedy yeah, show. Yeah, like the production yeah. value is so high. It like feels weird to have them, to have it be that I really, I really think that uh, I don't know where. I, we, we don't know exactly what uh, Hulk slash Banner is going, but I'm wondering if by the end he's going to need Jen as a lawyer. So I actually. I really genuinely think that they're setting up for Hulk. I think so, too. Um Somebody was saying that they're gonna. That's gonna be like their surprise at D twenty three, that they're gonna gonna announce. I mean, obviously. Well, yeah, because apparently rumors uh, are that Universal's Universal's uh, deal that they had, where they yeah. uh, were the only ones that could distribute a sing, single Hulk movie, yeah. are running out. Yep. So that's why there's probably a chance that they're going to be able to do a single Hulk movie soon. Mm. That's very exciting. Yeah, I love the little Easter egg. So, like as Greg pointed out, uh, uh, when he said, "Well, that that battle with the Ab- abomination," I was a different person back then. Literally, I know, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I you were Ed Norton, so not Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. <laughs> I liked I liked Edward Norton better. I'm not gonna that's lie, okay. I'm not a big Mark Ruffalo guy. I think they're both. He's a little. I think too, they're both better than. He's a little too goofy. Eric Bana. Oh yeah, God, yeah. Well, that dude was like a paper plate. Like he had the personality of a paper plate. Yeah, but that one I got to give a lot of it to the director on that one too. Because <laughs> you know, I felt like I was watching a tennis match. Frame, 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 frame. Oh, where am I? Where am I? Yes, Seth said I just love superheroes that break the fourth wall. I like that too. I get a kick out I think of everybody. It's been like, Shield is copying Deadpool breaking the fourth wall. It's like uh. No, uh, Shielk was doing it for about 18 years before Deadpool was a character. I know, I, I hate being that guy, but, like, again, it's why I wish people would read fucking comic books, because I'm so tired <laughs> of seeing people like, oh, this is ripping this thing off, and it's like, no. You know not what <laughs> That you thing speak. didn't even exist. Yeah, it's like, that thing didn't even exist before this thing. Like, what are you talking about? But, but that happens in every genre. What was the one where Natalie Portman was wearing some, like, a Star Wars t-shirt and somebody commented, this, this Hollywood chick chat probably hasn't even seen a Star Wars film. Oh, my God. And somebody was like, she was in three of them, you idiots. <laughs> so, it's Anakin's uh, wife, Luke's mother. Shut up. <laughs> I found um, an article that says... Um, the producer on She-Hulk confirms that he's going to Sakar to handle un- oh, unfinished business. That's where World War Hulk happens. Yeah, well, is it on, uh, or is it Contest of Champions, which was another comic book? I mean, everybody's hoping for World War Hulk, but... 
Well, because I really think that they're trying to get him back to being a savage like character, not being the I hope so. lovable, affable Hulk. Yeah. I think that they've I, heard loud and clear that that's what people want. I think that that's why they made him Professor Hulk, so that way his turn as savage is that much more violent in our eyes. Yeah. It's, it's that heel turn. Mm-hmm. Boom. Uh, I'd be happy about it because I don't know. Uh, you guys remember, right? When we saw Avengers for the first time in the theater, oh, I loved that. I remember the thing that most people talked about out of Loki. Avengers was Hulk, like just yeah, in it, general, like how awesomely oh, portrayed I loved it. he was Cutie in that God. movie. <laughs> yeah, like and like he was just so brutal and like the way he like you know that first scene when they introduce him and he's jumping around and you know clawing down the side oh, of the building and it's so like cool. man it was so well and done like his like yelling is just yeah i'm like oh that larry is. Like, says this is comic larry, hulk. larry says i'm tired of wuss hulk sav says you mean smart hulk lol <laughs> yeah that's what they call him smart hulk i know well, and i love how people are mad at, hulk. i know i love how people are mad that he's called smart hulk and i'm like is that worse than a professor hulk i'm like it's not like our goofy comic book name is any better. <laughs> like, But if you think of, uh, I know it's now owned by Marvel, so I have to almost call it canon, uh, X-Men First Class. When Xavier graduates, yeah, and he's called Professor Xavier, and he said, no, you can't be called Professor until you have your own class, or, what, or whatever he says. Yeah. Hulk has never taught a class, so he can't be called Professor Hulk if he's following those same rules. Yeah, that's true. Larry says Hulk got got run run over with a car. Yeah, we were too. <laughs> I know. I love I love that meme where it shows him stopping the Chitari like giant oh yeah snake worm <laughs> yeah. thing, and then yeah he gets run over by a Jeep Grand Cherokee. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like what? <laughs> that was actually one of my. F- moments that i got like goosebumps is the chitari thing where he's like fuck you and he's just like i'm yeah. ending this mammoth like, that's, oh, that's my secret i'm, I'm always, always bad yeah it. yeah <laughs> oh man so fucking good i, know, and I saw so adventures good. by myself in new york 3d and i think between the tickets and the, the concession stand i think i blew like 40 bucks <laughs> you had to you had to uh you had to uh get a second loan on your yeah <laughs> your property <laughs> I know I'm excited uh, when I'm in Tucson because I refuse to miss it. I'm seeing the uh, even more fun stuff edition of Spider-Man No Way Home. So, oh, the re-release. Well, there. What is yeah. that? I think it's like 11 minutes of new stuff. Yeah, and it's and it's annoying because I'm supporting it, even though it annoys me. <laughs> because when the Blu-ray release came out, they advertised having all the deleted scenes in the yeah. Blu-ray. And then the Blu-ray came out, and it didn't have them. And that was so frustrating. And it turns out it's because they yanked them because they saw dollar signs, because, of course, it's Sony. And that's all that Sony cares about is dollar signs. And they were like, oh, well, we could re-release the movie and put those deleted scenes in it and easily make another, you know, couple million bucks. So, but I'm a sucker, and I'll go. But they're re-releasing Avatar also. I think they're trying to stay, you know... (laughs) Now that I will not be seeing for a second time, one was enough. Right, but I think well, you know if, if Avatar makes that additional money and passes No Way Home, maybe they don't want to pass. They want No Way Home to 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 keep the number one spot. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that part too, like the whole uh, you know where it's ranked and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm just like I I fucking adore No Way Home. Like that is easily one of my favorite Marvel movies. So I'm like I will happily go and see that. What's that? Spider Man. 
yep. for the seventh time. I think it's my seventh time seeing that. Wow. I've seen it three times <laughs> in two different countries. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing that again. The uh, but still, honestly, Garfield is the star of that show of that movie. Andrew Garfield. Oh, Andrew. Gar- oh, I was like Garfield. I, I was like, was there a cameo? Multiverse man. Yeah, no. <laughs> but no, I, I, yeah, I love. Are you okay, Andrew Garfield? Are you okay? <laughs> Dude, yeah, that scene wrecks me every single time. Yep. Yeah, every single time. But I also like I I think Tom Holland came into his own in that movie. Yeah. Like, man, like when he's in the rain after uh, spoilers after Aunt May dies, and he's just soaking in his and eyes feeling are like an utter so failure. And, shot in that scene. Yeah. Oh my. And like when he just gives up and he has to have. I love that it. It because so many people complained, and again, I'm a mad, mad. I cannot tell you how big of a Spider-Man fan I am. I've read so many of the comics. I'm super into Spider-Man, and what annoyed me the most was so many Spider fan, Spider-Man fans bitched and complained that there wasn't Uncle Ben. There's no Uncle Ben. It's not the you know. It's not the same. You can't have Spider-Man without Uncle Ben. And I'm like, you, you don't need Uncle Ben. You need the lessons that he taught. Yep. And I felt like they did such a good job with Toby and Andrew basically taking that Uncle Ben role almost and giving the lessons that Tom needed to become what Andrew and Toby had become in their movies, you know, and it was such a beautiful way to do it. And it's like, did we really need to see Uncle Ben get shot for a third time? Like, I don't think so. (laughs) You know, like. Uh, I, I don't blame them for doing it the way that they did it. But in the What If series where Dr. Strange... You saw the What If series? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Where Dr. Strange yeah. is trying to, to save... Um, oh, God. What's her name? Whatever her name is. Um, and he can't, no matter what... And the, the ancient one says, this is an absolute point in time. It can't be changed. Mm-hmm. I think that the death in every universe for a Spider-Man raising figure to tell him that one line is an absolute point. Yeah. Cause I feel like it hits just as good coming from aunt may as it does from uncle Ben. And I know that that's sacrilege to some Spider-Man fans, but to me, I'm like, like you said, I think it just needs to be someone who is his parental figure in his life. Be the one to deliver that message to him, you know? Yeah. I can't. Um, I can never stand the people that said that uh, Marissa Tomei was too young to play Aunt May. Like that actually makes yeah. more sense. If so, if a kid is yes. in high school, his aunt is yeah, not going to exactly. be seventy five years old. Right. <laughs> and also, it's like it doesn't matter. Like what it, you know, like it's just like I mean, I was easier to come to terms with it because I love Ultimate Spider Man. That's my favorite Spider Man. So for me, Spider Man was always my favorite when he was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I just got so bored seeing so many people over the years be like, I'm so tired of Spider-Man being a teenager. I'm so tired. Of... I'm like, that's what sets him apart in the movie universe is that he's a wide eyed teenager who is making mistakes and stumbling mm-hmm. constantly. And he's not one of these full grown adults who have a better capability of thinking about consequences and, uh, you know, how big their actions, you know, are to people around them. Yeah. And I'm like, he's such a good... It's why I love Miss Marvel. It's why I love what they've done with Miss Marvel. She's the same thing. She's going to be this youthful, optimistic, like, uh, non-adult coming into this world of these these heroes that have been through some shit, 
you know, and it's like she's going to have such a different perspective than uh, Bruce Banner or, you know, um, uh, Hawkeye or Thor, who's been through probably arguably the most shit (laughs) out of anybody, Mm -hmm. you know, in the MCU. And it's just like, yeah, I just get so tired of and I'm an old white guy, so I'm going to say it. I'm so tired of old white guys bitching and complaining about these young characters that have hope and you know, uh, excitement about being a superhero. I'm like, I don't know about you, but if I was 15 and got fucking Spider-Man's powers, I'd be pretty jazzed. And I'd be like, I'd look up to Tony Stark too, you know? And it's like, I'm so tired of people complaining about, oh, he was Iron Man Jr. It's like, no, look at that trilogy. It built his story Mm -hmm. fucking perfectly. It took him from this youthful, excited kid Two, by the end of No Way Home, the real world hits him like it hits all of us when we graduate high school, where we, you know, all of a sudden the real world hits you and you start realizing that the stuff that you thought was a big deal is not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And there's some serious shit that you have in life. Mm-hmm. And, when, and you got to pay bills. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. when he gets left alone and he gives up his friends because he knows it's the she only way to yet. keep them safe. Which is fine. Like, oh. Um, I might want to take you. You know, like the end of that movie is so melancholy, but it's so quintessential Spider-Man. Spider-Man always hurts himself so that the people around him that he loves won't get hurt. You know, and like the place that they leave him in that movie is like, is Spider-Man. And we wouldn't have had that. Yeah, they could have just rushed into that in Homecoming. But I think it's so much more fulfilling telling that story over the course of three movies. Yep. You know, and yeah, I just feel like so many people have these rose colored glasses for the Tobey Maguire movies. And don't get me wrong, I literally grew up the perfect age for those movies. I loved them too. But to me, I'm like, those movies did not stretch the story out as much as the current movies have. Even with Andrew Garfield's, I, I like, people are going to kill me. I like the Tobey Maguire movies by far the least. Out of any of the Spider-Man movies, by far, because I can't stand Tobey Maguire. He like hashtag not my Spider-Man. Like I'm sorry, like he has never been a good Spider-Man to me, and he's a annoying Peter Parker. People always say he's a great Peter Parker. I'm like, what are you talking about? Peter Parker has personality. Peter Parker is like, you know, um, is you know goofy and lovable and. Nothing is lovable to me about Tobey Maguire. Like, he just comes off as, like, this awkward weirdo who has the ugliest crying face I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and, and, like... I, yeah, I'm not going to argue that you one. You know, meanwhile, you've got Andrew Garfield and, and Tom Holland who have a wide range of emotions that they can portray and, and stuff. And, you know, it's like all these people that always complain, oh, Andrew Garfield's Spider- Peter Parker is too cool. I'm like... Peter Parker was a glasses-wearing nerd for all of ten issues in the comics. Like, if you go back to those early Spider-Man books, he was not like that for very long. I mean, shit, before you knew it, he was in college partying it up with Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy and Harry. And he had this... Friends of Flash. (laughs) Yeah, and he had this suave-ass haircut, you know, and he looked cool. He didn't have the glasses anymore. I'm like, we all have this idea that Spider-Man was a nerd for, like, decades, and it's like, no, like he actually wasn't. Like, have you seen Spider-Man the animated series? 
dude's fucking jacked. <laughs> you know, he's like, he's got Felicia Hardy, uh, Mary Jane falling all over him all the time. And yeah. it's like, the whole idea with Peter is he he is good looking. He is a good person. He just doesn't get it. He doesn't see it. Yeah, you know, that's like that's what makes him a nerd is that it's more of a self-imposed like awkwardness than it is he's really a weirdo and an awkward person you know so i don't know sorry i could get on a soapbox oh. about this for <laughs> I'm like, it drives me nuts 1966 first appearance of mary jane watson what's the first thing she says to peter parker yep basic tiger <laughs> you just hit the jackpot she wouldn't say that to a nerd yeah exactly <laughs> yeah she's not gonna be on this blind date and be like Oh yeah, he's goofy and ugly, but let's see what happens. You know, it's like Face tiger. <laughs> like you just hit the jackpot. So, I mean, for God's no sakes, sad. every woman in his life is gorgeous. <laughs> Betty Brant is gorgeous. Gwen Stacy is gorgeous. Like Liz Allen is gorgeous. Black cat. Seth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seth said in the um, chat like a few lines up. To Toby was a perfect Peter. Andrew was a perfect Spider Man. Tom Ho Tom Holland is a good both. That's exactly the way I look at it. I agree with two out of three of those things. I wouldn't say that Tobey Maguire was a perfect Peter, but I think he was the best Peter of the three. I've literally, I watched those movies hundreds of times when I was growing up because I never thought I'd get a Spider-Man movie. You know, like when, yes. when we were all growing yeah. up, it was like a Spider-Man movie was a pipe dream. You know, it's like we all heard rumors oh, of remember the, when they the had James like the promotional posters one. and we were like... Dude. I still have the original poster that has the twin towers in his eyes before they pulled all those mm -hmm. posters out of yep. movie theaters. Oh, wow. Like, uh, so that I still love that poster. And and again, you know, at the time I loved those movies, but watching them recently, that shit don't hold up, guys. Take the goggles off. It doesn't hold up. And if you can yeah, be objective and take your nostalgia out of it, they're not good. Like the Doc Doc Ock was the best villain. This is my thing though. with those movies. I love the villains. Like yes. most of the villains in those movies, fucking awesome. It's Spider Man uh, for me that's the did problem you, in those did movies. You, you didn't like Venom, say, did, though. Did you, you didn't like No, I hate, I hate the way they did Venom. <laughs> thought, like they did my boys. I was going to say. Yeah, now, no. But now, Sandman uh, was great. Even though they changed his origin and stuff, I, that did, I didn't hate it. Yeah. I still thought he portrayed that character incredibly well. Because there yeah. always has been a little bit of a sympathetic side to Sandman in the comics, you know. Now, I've said this on the, on some of our shows before. For every time that somebody says, I don't like that way that Tobey Maguire did this, or Andrew Garfield did this, or this character did this, or Topher, Topher Grace, bear in mind that the actors acted, but there is a director who's sitting there looking through the lens going, and cut! Yes, that's what I want. Yeah. They're the ones that make the decision of what version, uh, how, you know, how cool... Yeah. Spider uh, Peter Parker is portrayed by Andrew Garfield. How Topher Grace is going to look—they're the ones that make the decisions on these things. We blame the actors because they do a lousy—you know—they we they do a lousy job, thinking that they can't act. I didn't couldn't stand Chris Evans in the Fantastic Four. I heard he was going to play Captain America. I'm like, oh god, no, please, not that guy. And, and then, then somehow he nails it. I, I can't even imagine anybody else playing that role. Yeah, I can't. It's just he's too perfect. Well, and again, I think that's part of my problem with with Tobey Maguire is I think it I I feel bad ta talking so bad about him, but I just think that that's just the actor he is. Like everything that he's in, like even Pleasantville, and mm -hmm. you know a lot of the other movies he was in. He was in that's Pleasantville. Just, that's who that was. Yeah. Oh. You know, like that's just kind of who he is. He is kind of a low energy 
kind of like <laughs> one note kind of dude, you know? Yeah. Like he's just, he's not a very, uh, you know, there's not a lot of personality there, you know? So I think some of that again is just the kind of actor he is, you know? So that's only so much fault, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I think what I get tired of is, you know, people can love Toby and the Sam Raimi movies all they want. Good for you guys. I'm glad you love them. But what I get so utterly sick of is how much Raimi truthers, just shit all over Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland. It's like it's their job. Like they just every comment section they have to get in there and be like, Toby for life, he's the only real spider. It's like, we get it. We get it. You like those movies. You have a lot of nostalgia for them. I get it. But why do you have to make it your job to shit all over the other Spider Man that other people happen to like? <laughs> you know, it's like there, it just gets so old. There um there's a whole community of uh, Zack Snyder verse people for the DC side. Like <laughs> they're getting scary, man. Like they're getting intense. <laughs> like it's starting to it's weird like, me the out. Earth is triangular. Bit. They're just like <laughs> anything he does is 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 canon and everything. Like yeah, it's just. Oh. Saf says Toby Spider Man was missing the jokes, the sarcasm, and the fun side of Spider Man. Yeah, like God, I remember playing the um, the Spider Man one movie video game on the GameCube. Nice. And they tried, like, the video game script tried to add in a lot more of those quips, you know, and stuff that are very Spider-Man. And Toby delivering those lines, it just sounded like he wanted to be anywhere else. I mean, my God, if you go back on YouTube and watch some of those cutscenes, mm-hmm. you're just like, man, he was probably just hating his fucking life <laughs> when he was reading the lines for those video games. Because he just sounds like he wants to die. <laughs> <laughs> The biggest thing that I uh, that I didn't like about the very first Tobey Maguire movie was fixed in No Way Home. What's that? No Green Goblin mask. That mask oh, was horrible. Yeah, it was. God, like, I, and I'm sure you guys have seen this by now, but the test footage that they had of the actual Goblin face for the right. first uh, Sam Raimi movie. No, I didn't oh, if you ever get a chance to look it up, they did like an animatronic like makeup look for an actual goblin face like in the comics yeah and it is horrifying and perfect and they ended up going with the power ranger helmet instead oh, of the... wow i'm looking at it right now oh yeah yeah it's me, uh, so freaking cool let me pull it up one second i'm like that would have been so comic accurate and it would have given uh, willem defoe's an even better performance because he would have been able to show his facial expressions that one like in no way home like oh not... so cool it's on a little delay, so give me a second. It'll... Yes, that's it. Yeah. I'm like, how friggin' dope is that? Yeah, that looks like, oh, right out of wow. World of Warcraft. Like the comics. <laughs> like, if you put a little purple beanie on him, all of a yeah. sudden it's like you tore him out of the, the comic book. But that was back in the day when people were afraid to be loyal to the comic book looks. That's why I'm so shocked that those movies even had a Spider-Man costume that was as accurate as it was. Because back then it was like they were afraid to put people in tights. They didn't want, you know, it's like, that's why we got the X Men in leather biker outfits for freaking <laughs> 10 years. I never thought you know, of that. It's like, that's interesting. Uh, I hate how Hollywood just had this. Like, that's why I love what the MCU is doing. They don't, they're not afraid to put people in costumes, you know? Yeah, when we see the costumes, though, or, or even how they're tweaked to a new look, we, we flip out. 
I mean, WandaVision, when she comes down as Scarlet Witch in that costume, everyone's like, So Whoa! awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so awesome. And what I love is when people complain about the costumes now, because I'm like, be glad we're not getting what the 90s would have given us. If, if we had Captain America uh, in early 2000s when everything was black leather, we would have gotten <laughs> some weird Captain America that looked like a dude in street clothes. <laughs> you yeah, know, they, like, they even kind of pick on it themselves. You know, that costume does nothing for your ass. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I'm like, God, people are complaining about the costumes. I'm like, just be glad we have costumes. Like, I remember when they were terrified to give people costumes. It's like, let's put Wolverine in a in a wife beater and dad jeans. It's like, and then that stuck <laughs> for fucking jeans. 15 Tight years. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, I want Wolverine in a damn costume with a cool helmet. You know, thing about with the little on it. I was just going to say, did you? That was so cool. That? I loved that. Okay. Yes. I'm like, I love that they're finally kind of hinting at, at that, you know? But I mean, that's another one. Uh, do you think there's a possibility? Because he still has to play the role. We could have a Hugh Jackman lawyer consultation for the bar fight. That would be an amazing like post credits for the last episode. <laughs> just just him sitting in there. For... I think I'm going to abstain from this question because I've already trashed Toby Maguire, <laughs> and I don't want to. I don't want to get on my second soapbox. Oh, Hugh Jackman! I hate Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Like if you're a comic book purist. He is nothing like Wolverine. Like Wolverine is supposed to be f- what five six, five seven. Oh yeah, small. Like little, little short, angry. Yep. You know, pissed off. Oh, yes. You know, Canadian. And it's like no. Instead, we get long ass, lanky. Like, uh, I I don't like Hugh Jackman. Ugh. Well, body. Logan, Logan was Logan was the closest he ever got, and even then, <laughs> I just. I, I, he doesn't look like Wolverine to me. Deegan, you know, I like, need to interrupt you because uh, Saf makes a good point. I'm assuming Deegan's iPad is about to die, by the way. My my bet is on 6%. Oh my god, he almost nailed it. It's 7%. <laughs> he almost got it to the to the number. <laughs> well, this is about the point last last week where he just boom, we just saw <laughs> DP. I know, I'm, like, oh, I'm thinking you, of... Uh, I'm thinking of plugging it in uh, and taking my headphones out and just hopefully it'll still sound okay. Because I'm actually really close to done with this. So if I can just last another like 10%, I'll probably be uh, finished with it. I'm going to go grab my charger really quick. You guys can talk shit about me while I leave. Okay. Thank you, Seth. Now that that everybody probably hates me, they all loved me last week. (laughs) shit on Tobey Maguire. He's dead to me. He doesn't like Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like Hugh Jackman. It's my Wolverine, damn it. <laughs> Somebody get Ryan Reynolds on the phone. <laughs> oh, man. Shop said that he would... Uh, they funny. would do... What do they call it? Uh, what do you say? Nomad Steve Rogers. Hmm. That could have been good. That could have been good. I am losing steam, my friend. Yeah, I really want to hope. I really just hope um, we can get the. I don't want to stop it before we get. To I this, like uh, how his um, chair is matched done. to his wall. The, the what? I like how his chair is matched matched with his wall. The green. 
How are we going to give it away? Is it... Give it away, give away, I give it away. I thought it was him that was giving it away. I don't know. Oh, well, yeah, but I guess, I guess I'll let him oh, decide. You, yeah, I mean... Yeah. It's his, his giveaway. Yeah. He, he's, his yeah, rules. Absolutely. I don't know if we can enter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've already got two pieces. I won the one there during the whatnot. Uh, what happened? He froze. He, uh, I'm assuming he unplugged his... Uh, Hopefully this cord is even long enough to... That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're losing steam. That took a second for you to read. No, I heard it. I was laughing at... I was laughing at uh, Ms. Ohana's... (laughs) Wow. You're back? I can hear you. Can you guys hear me? Can can hear you, but not seeing you yet. Oh. Oh. Oh, really? Oh, we're coming... Really? Coming back slowly. I think we're back. There we go. go. Okay, so it's... it got really laggy for a second on my end, so it might have uh, my internet might have been taking a crap. <laughs> there, they just snapped in for us. There it goes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I'm sure you can't says... hear me as good, but hopefully it'll it'll do. We can still hear you. Though, yeah, you're good. So... Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Saf says, I'm picky about Wolverine. He's supposed to be short-muscled and hairy. Instead, we got tall, lean-muscled, smooth Wolverine. And then Larry <laughs> says, you can't really have a midget Wolverine in the movies. Yeah, but and you then can Saf have says, a guy like, like the guy that they're rumoring uh, is uh, Taron Egerton. The guy that's in um, uh, Kingsman. Kingsman, yeah. Kingsman. And I'm like, he's like shorter than six feet. You know, and he's got kind of that stocky, short arm build. I'm like, you don't have to have him be like five five, but I mean, can we get you know a Wolverine that's five under you know, five nine uh, five yeah 10, under six you know something like that like under six feet yeah. you know he doesn't have to be a midget <laughs> like I just want him because <laughs> that's what was always so cool about him was he was especially like in the animated series he's always like looking up at everybody yeah. you know but he's he's this pain in the ass like badass like, dude he's like a honey badger but he's. <laughs> Smaller and yeah, he's smaller in stature than everybody. It's like that's a whole big part of his character. So yeah, Hugh Jackman, lanky ass Hugh Jackman, looking down at Cyclops. I'm like, it's just not the, it's not the same. That's true. That's true. Sab says, but yeah, Deegan, when I saw that they had Hugh Jackman wax his chest to play Wolverine, <laughs> I was, I cried a bit, but on the inside. <laughs> Why would they have him wax his chest? Isn't he hairy? Because that was. Sorry, I don't know. Wolverine or Hugh Jackman? It was the decade. Wolverine. Wolverine is, yeah, no, he's, he's not hairy, he's furry. Everything in those late night. He's, a, he's a Jawa without the robe. The 2000s was waxed and yep. leather. <laughs> Kinky. <laughs> so I, I've been meaning to. I, I was reminded when I saw your marker, I went to Michael's with my wife because uh, she wanted to get some art supplies, and I was like, do they have Copic markers here? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, can we go look at him? <laughs> so so we went to go look at him. And they have him like in like a like a plexiglass locked box. I was like, damn. And they're like, they're like yep. eight bucks each. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm sure the profit margin on those is like slim to none. So if people are jacking, yeah. you know, these Copic markers, they're, uh, they're not going to be too happy about it. And it's always a pain in the ass because, again, I worked in retail for forever. So I'm very patient. But, um, man, when I go to Michael's to buy Copic markers, that's why I normally don't. I'm, like, standing in that aisle. Oh, yeah. 
desperately looking for an employee. Yeah. And since they've cut their, you know, budget so bad, there's only like two employees in the entire Michaels. And I'm just desperately running down aisles trying to find somebody to let me into this plexiglass <laughs> yeah. bulletproof yeah. Uh, marker case. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hello, I'm over yeah, here in the school. <laughs> According to Marvel Comics, Wolverine is supposed to be five foot three and 300 pounds. So but the majority of his weight comes from the adamantium. Oh, oh yeah, that's that. true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, he doesn't have to be a dude that's not six four. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm so in, in, in shock that they had him wax his chest. I'm like that. Even to me, that makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, there's supposed I, to be a try doing that. The forty year old virgin. <laughs> Look, I I agree a hundred percent with the the height difference, and I, I'll take Taron Egerton. But I've heard some people talk about Daniel Radcliffe. Please do not par- put Harry Potter as Wolverine. I can't. Have deal you with seen that. him in anything else, though? I uh, yes, he's an incredible actor. I don't care. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm super stoked for his uh, Weird Al movie that's coming out. Uh, in, no- yeah, in November, that. I don't want to see him as Wolverine. I just can't. But yeah, like that. he was in um, he was in a movie called Horns, which was an adaption of a Joe Hill novel. Yep, it was great in that. He was great in Guns Akimbo, um, which is a fun like action comedy. Um, but yeah, I feel like so many of these. Well, again, though, Richard, you hated Chris Evans as Human Torch, yeah. and mm-hmm, you didn't yeah. think he could be a good, you know, Captain America. Mm-hmm. So you never know. You never know. They could surprise you. For the same reason you don't want to see Hugh Jackman, because it just doesn't... It's, it causes your brain to short circuit. I just don't want to see Harry Potter. He's not Harry Potter. He's a human being. It's true. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm sorry, but ever since um, Deegan said that Toby McGuire McGraw- was in, in um, Pleasantville, I'm like... I'm like, and then realizing that it's Spider-Man, yeah, I'm like, that does not go together. They, yeah, those two do not go together. I didn't even know you saw Pleasantville. <laughs> oh, and don't get me started on Kirsten Dunst's Mary Jane Watson. Just about one of the Ugh. worst castings in history. So, how do you feel about Zendaya? Um, so she's not Mary Jane. So that's she's, how I kind of reconcile it in my brain. She's I, she's Michelle Jones. You know, it's a different, even though it's MJ, it's a it's different a universe. Different and honestly, I still think that she plays a better Mary Jane than Kirsten Dunst played Mary Jane. Because at least Zendaya's likable. I mean, for yeah. God's sakes, like Kirsten Dunst was just like so toxic mm-hmm. in those movies. Like, you go back and look at it. If you have a freaking uh, therapist look at how she <laughs> treats Peter, it's like, man, this is a toxic relationship. <laughs> yeah. When I heard, I mean, I don't really don't care who's dating or married to who in Hollywood. But when I heard that Tom Holland and Zendaya were dating in real life, I'm like, Peter Parker and Mary Jane are together. I'm good with that. I, I it like that. Explains one. why they have chemistry too. You know, like yeah. at least with them, you can believe that they love each other. You know, yeah. and the little line of "No way, she's dating him. No way." <laughs> I know that's hilarious. If you haven't, did you see them on the celebrity lip sync lip sync battle? I think I did, yeah. It was a couple of years ago. Yeah. And uh, Tom Holland wins that one. Even Zendaya's like, he won. Yeah. 
anybody hasn't seen that, I'm not going to spoil it, but you should Google uh, Tom Holland on Celebrity um, Lip Sync Battle. Yeah, really Seth funny. says Deegan is ruining everyone's upside down rain kiss fantasies tonight. Hey Seth, your art uh, that that you do. Do you have a website that you uh, have any advertising oh, yeah, on? Or? Awesome. He actually said he had an Instagram, but he doesn't do it anymore. But he needs to do it again. If I remember the conversation from earlier, him and Tiago were talking in the chat about it. Look, Tiago was here. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Seth, if you uh, get anything set up, like uh, if you start selling anything on Etsy or have a website or on Instagram, uh, and you want to drop a link in the chat on this broadcast or on one in the future, please, by all means. I mean, we'll take a royalty, yeah. but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll take a Mega Man picture, because <laughs> that's what <laughs> you like to draw. He draws Mega Man? Uh, he, he, most people ask him to paint landscapes and, and whatnot, but... He prefers to do like uh, Akira, Mega Man, and stuff like that. But oh, yeah, people look at that as that's that not earlier. Like he was mentioning that people kind of look down on the stuff that he likes to do, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I, I dealt with that a lot growing up. Like, God, my drawing and painting teacher that I had in high school for like three years straight because it was the only art class. Um, you know, he would just talk so much shit about comic art all the time. Ugh. He'd be like, you're such a talented artist. Why do you want to do comics? Like, that's such a, a waste of your 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 art skills. And, I'm and just that's like, the type of teacher when, when you make it where you say... Yeah, I, I would respond to that as saying, uh, tell that to Todd McFarlane, who just spent $3 million for a Mark McGuire baseball at an auction. I always joke with people when I tell them that at conventions. I'm always like, yeah, no, I, I, every time I'm successful at a convention or I get a comic book cover job, I'm like, fuck you, Mr. Miller. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's Daniel Radcliffe. He could do it. I I personally wouldn't mind him as, as Wolverine, but I'll respect Richard's feelings. No, if you don't, if you want to see it, by all means, go right ahead. I just, I just that want for you me to be to... able to enjoy it. Oh, can I talk about something with Game of Thrones? Me? Yeah, well, I hope it doesn't spoil anybody else that's been out for years. I'm, I'm getting caught up on it. I'm like all set for this damn battle between Mountain and the Mandalorian. <laughs> I'm like, Mando's going to kick your ass. Mando's going to kick your ass. And at the end of it, I'm like, you freaking kidding me? <laughs> what the oh, hell? That was uh, That was really gross, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and I was But I really thought that he was gonna be around a little bit longer than that. <laughs> I love Oberyn Martell, man. That dude's so cool. Except for that part. Um Mountain? Yeah, I mean huh? Yeah, he's, he plays a mountain? No, no, that's that's the Viper. Uh uh the guy you're talking the Mandalorian. Pedro Pascal. Yeah. It's the name of his character. In the in, in, in the in the show. Oh, he didn't live long enough to find out. <laughs> Like everybody, every other character in this it's, thing. I think I'll start. Oh, I think I'm starting to like this character. No, never mind, he's dead. That's George R. R. Martin. That's why. He, that's why Deegan. Yeah, that, that's sadly. why Deegan was saying earlier. It's a kick in the nuts that we can't watch over again. <laughs> yeah, and uh, when he made that mention of that, uh, that's when uh, Tiago earlier said that uh, it's like reading anything, but with Kirk. Uh, Kirk Kirkham does. Oh, it, Kirk. Robert oh, Kirkman Robert Kirk kills yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. I think with. God, I mean, like, yeah, he definitely kills a lot of characters and, and has some brutality and stuff, but it not nothing ever, like, 
made me as as sick feeling as a lot of the stuff in Game of Thrones. Mm. You know, like it, it like you know, some of the stuff is mean spirited, but like the stuff in Game of Thrones just feels so mean spirited <laughs> so much of the time. You know, like like just ninety percent of it with Joffrey, but yeah, <laughs> it's excessive. Well, you know, I'm... like bad things happening to decent people you know it it like it like it's like a jackhammer on your soul kind of and you're just like yeah yeah but it's not hitting me as hard as uh squid game did though and the bad guys in game of thrones just don't get as much come up yeah as you would want you know and like oh that's life i feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna kick people in the nuts over and over and over again you got to give us some relief more yeah. often you know and <laughs> give us something to be that's you know that's life not that's not movies that's one of yeah, the biggest reasons why like I, I was like view any entertainment like that's kind of how i am with a lot of my entertainment i don't like stuff that's really depressing because i'm just like I want depressing. I'll walk yes. out the front door. Like, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> this is escapism for me. Like, I don't want to get kicked in the nuts. Like, I get kicked in the nuts in real life. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the reasons why I always thought that Empire Strikes Back was the best of the Star Wars films. Now challenged by Rogue Rogue One. So, but but see, even with Empire, I feel like there's still always hope, win. You know that things could get. You know that the heroes can rally. You know, and it's like even though it ends in a darker place, it's not miserable it's not like oh there's no hope we're fucked oh like the oh. end of infinity war <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what ha- what happened what no i'm saying in the end of infinity oh, war oh, oh. what happened where did oh. everybody go <laughs> okay i'm sorry i mean with you, you guys is just conversation i'm still stuck on the whole deegan's teacher saying you know that that your your comic art you know, it was like a waste of time. And then I'm like thinking, I'm like, as a teacher, you're supposed to encourage your students. Yeah. Bon Jovi's music teacher told him, don't go into a field of music because his voice was horrible. Um, it's a classic. It's- Brandy, was, Brandy was told by her guidance counselor that she's not pretty enough to be uh, a, a uh, performer. I think even Michael Jordan didn't even make his like school basketball team. Who? Oh, Michael Jordan? Jordan, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I think. don't think he no, he, high he's basketball junior varsity, yeah, junior varsity. Yeah, or it was some. It was. I know he didn't make a bet, but it's a tale as old as time. Song as old as rhyme. How's that battery power going? Oh wait, no, he's plugged he's in now. now. Yeah, I'm going up, man. We're at eleven now. We're on. <laughs> we're on the rise. But how's Saf? Saf is dying on us. No, he's there. Oh, I'm almost done, he... guys. You're going to be able to see this soon. Don't leave us now. Almost if done. you leave us now. <laughs> I want you guys to see what you can enter to win. Mm. And I'm as much as I want to, I'm going to leave it black and white. I want to I want to color it, but we got to stop okay. somewhere. Saf says there's there's just what? this Hollywood trend where a movie is more meaningful or better if it's if it ends sad. Yeah, and I definitely get there because there's definitely been stuff that I've enjoyed a lot that that kind of ends sad or ends, you know, on a not great note. But for the most part, I just tend to lean more towards things that give me a little bit more hope and a Dude, little bit more relief. You are. What about La La Land? I've actually never seen La La Land. I haven't either. It's it's uh it's fortuitous that I've worn my blue lantern shirt because that is the the lanterns that believe in hope. 
that, really? that's their whole thing, yeah. So that's you awesome. were a Blue Lantern, my friend. I guess so, yeah. yeah. And also, I mean, Leia giving R2-D2 an enema was you know, <laughs> in New Hope. Yes. Uh, that is a new, a new type of hope. Larry says... Larry says Games of Thrones favorite character is always killed, and then he said Game of like yeah Game of Thrones yeah Game of Thrones Thrones is real life yeah. And then Saf says about art teachers. Art teachers tend to be like that though. They they have their style, and if you paint a little different, then it's bad. Yeah, I think that's why I've just never gotten along with a lot of the fine art community. Because it's a lot of people in fine art just like they're on their little high horse. They're snobby. You know, and they think, yeah, like if you have you guys seen the most recent Candyman? Mm-mm. Like the newest Candyman? It's, it's pretty good. But um, they have they have a, a basically with the main character, his um, girlfriend is very involved in like the high art community and stuff. And like the way that they portray some of those people is like the things that I like the least about the fine art community. They're obviously not everybody in fine art is like that, but like my least favorite parts of that are the, these people that are just kind of snobby and think that they know better than everyone else. And, Oh, if you're not this kind of art, mm-hmm. then it's, it's garbage. It's trash. You mm-hmm. know, and it's like, Oh God, give me a break. It's like art is expression. It's like, it shouldn't matter how you express yourself. Just express yourself. Express yourself. Like, I was thinking Madonna. I don't know. Every time somebody says expression, I just hear that like clip. <sighs> oh, oh, damn it. I did it again. Sorry. <laughs> you're what did you you're good, Greg. I, uh, you're good. I have the live stream window open, and that's uh, where the channel Ohana comics can respond. And that's what kind of rich has been using. But then I've tuned in on my personal account and that's what I've been using. But when I I forgot to change back to my personal one, so I responded as rich. So I should just type. It's okay. I would say so true. I mean, I can handle those two words. So true. I don't know know what you said. So true too, because that's so far away. I can't read it. (laughs) Can't read it there. Old timer. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, don't mean to laugh out loud. No, that was funny. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, I'm sorry. Never mind. Uh, it, was, it was rude, crude, and no, absurd. It well, it's so bad because a lot of times I, I work until crazy hours of the night. Like, I'll be up drawing until 3, 4 in the morning. And wow. especially if I'm on my iPad, like, like right now it's starting to get there. But my vision will start to blur so bad because it's uh-huh. you know, dark and the lighting is harsh and yes. stuff. And it gets to the point where I'm like, by the end of it, I'm like, I hope it's good. I don't, know. I don't even know at this point. Like I don't. Well, I'll have to look at it in the morning and hope for the best. <laughs> Deegan, what year were you born? Uh, Eighty-seven. So I'm thirty-four. I'm so happy that I got to still be born in the '80s. Like even though I don't really remember the '80s. Uh-huh. I'm like, I thought the 80s was such... Obviously, there was a lot of terrible things that happened in the 80s, so yeah. nobody at me. Just but ask like, Billy I Joel. just love that decade. I, I, think, I, think, I think we got the sweet spot, because I am I was born in 87 as well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. February did 87. Ever, did you ever like look up your birth month best comic book? Like, or no? 
No, I haven't. I've looked up my birth year for movies, and I'm super happy because Predator came out in 1987. That's like one of my favorite movies. Nice. But no, I I should have looked up what comics came out in my my birth uh, birth year. Yeah, if you, I mean, I could say it doesn't matter because once I say the comic book, everybody's going to know it anyway. My birth month comic book, like what came out the same time as me, and I don't mean came out, uh, but um, is uh, Captain America 100. Nice. April 68. I would love to get that, but that was just a bit on the high side. I wanted to get the uh, baseball card set, but that's also the the rookie cards for Johnny Bench and Nolan Ryan. <laughs> jeez. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It's a little pricey. I've been on a mission to get uh, books from my birth week. Well, like the coolest one book from my birth week. How, and, how do, do you look it up? And I found out it's Spider-Man versus Wolverine. It's like a one-shot. Oh, nice. yes. I have that book. <laughs> you have this one? Yeah, I remember reading when it came out. That's when, yeah. that's when I came out. Yeah, I was born, in, I was born December 18th, <laughs> 1987, and I'm just like, how do I look that up? Like, how, do, did you how did you ever, find what comic came out? Did you read that book, uh, Greg? No, I haven't read it yet. Read it. That traumatizes Peter. Oh, okay. I mean, yep. uh, fighting Wolverine would, I uh, assume, traumatize. I could see somebody. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> Even if you're Spider-Man. Well, God, one of my favorite Ultimate Spider-Man stories was when Wolverine and Peter switched bodies. Oh, I, so I'm gonna have to read that that run now that you you've, yeah. you've so. Oh, dude, seriously, you should like. Honestly, it's worth buying Marvel Unlimited for a month just to oh, yeah. binge it. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> you said it was d- December what? Uh, December 18th, 18th, 87. Okay. So that's... Uh... You got a website where you can see the books that came out that month or not? Um, I usually... I start by figuring out what day it was in the week. Um, what day was it? Friday. Okay, so I'll look two days prior for Wednesday. So it's the 16th. December 16th. Oh. Okay, we got 12 people back in here. It's one Yay, 12 Holy people. Cow. That's crazy. We had 12 people like four hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are awesome. You just wait, though. You guys are going to have me on a couple more times, and everybody's going to be sick of me. No, <laughs> so. I don't think so. You guys will be like, I'll be like, yeah, do you want me to come on? And you'll all have a meeting and you'll be like, I don't know this time. <laughs> like, the more, the merrier. <laughs> exactly. Tell you, we want to shoot for that Brady Bunch. <laughs> what, nine windows? Crap, where did I put the... I know, I was thinking about going up there on my laptop and then... <laughs> <laughs> sort by... All right. Get all the down to 19%. Flashback contract. Yeah, Deegan, Seth, Seth's wondering, I I was also wondering this, did you also get your presents like December 23rd and it counted for your Xmas uh, and birthday gifts? So thankfully, my parents were always nice because my mom's birthday is on December 28th, so she always kind of got the short end of the stick. Oh, uh, that's nice. So she was understanding of it, and so they never, my parents never mixed my birthday and Christmas. It was always separate. Uh-huh. But 
relatives all the time. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, really, guys? Like, you're gonna cheap out on me, but you don't cheap out on everybody else in the family just because their birthdays happen to be further away from Christmas. Because I get that all the time. This is your birthday and your Christmas gift. I'm like, what the fuck? You, you're <laughs> just being lazy at that point. Yeah, it's like, this is unfair. I would man. think the people who, who are born close to Christmas should like se- should celebrate their like birthday in like July or something. I know. I'm like, people always say that. I'm like, no, I like December. I don't want stupid July. <laughs> <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I want to celebrate when I was born, damn it. Why I get <laughs> Okay, December 87, 16th. All right. Uh, hmm. Honestly, Sam, I'm not seeing much of anything in 1987 for December. It's three issues before 298 on Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, man. No, Spider-Man. What? It's not Aw oh, Man, it's Spider Man. Oh. oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he had to take, o- had to take <laughs> over for Sherry's it, dad jokes. It, exactly. I'm like, okay, it's 1 30 in the morning. Get over it. It's, it's as good as it's getting. All right. Well, I can go I can go from there. Let's see. Let's see. There had to have been a Spider Man that came out. Watch my be like Howard the yeah. Duck or something. Two two ninety five, three issues before Venom. Ah, uh, that would have been so cool if it was two ninety eight or two ninety nine. That would have been cool. All right, December first. Okay. January first. Ooh. Okay. God, that's crazy. I so actually have a good me, book. Me and Venom are like the same yeah. age. Huh? I have a good book for you. Oh, okay. Do you mind if people know your month and year? Kind of. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Fair enough. Fine. I'm to... All right. Hmm? I said not found. Uh, that's just that picture, yeah. in December. Okay, here. Sorry, I got quiet, guys. I'm like on the home no, stretch. Good. Almost got I it. Think I'm trying to see. Sorry, I'm muted. I'm muted because I was showing... So Hannah, which book came out? Uh, which, which I was discussing with her that she actually does have a birth, birth month book. book, but she didn't want me to discuss it online um, because she didn't want people to know when she was yeah. born. So Seth, how how did did your family celebrate your birthday and Christmas? If you celebrate Christmas, oh, does Seth have a birthday in December? Yeah, because he said, well, n- well, now that I know Deacon is one day older than me, I could ask him about his old age sage wisdom more. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so it looks like the coolest thing that came out your birth week 
is probably like the most high profile comic is Avengers 290. What was in that one? Um, let us see. I'm waiting with baited. <laughs> okay, it featured. I knew I smelled fish. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> featured characters: Namor, uh, Mar- Marina, Marina. Marina. Uh, she- That's from Alpha Flight. Okay, She-Hulk, Captain Marvel, Dane Whitman, Black Knight, Doctor Druid, Machine Man, uh, Captain, and it looks like U.S. Agent is on the cover. Okay. Um, and everybody, there's like some Silver Surfer, faceless Silver Surfer guy, uh, who's got people in a bunch of boxes. Um, but the synopsis is, oh, it's the Adaptoid, like apparently. The Adaptoid, with the powers of the Cosmic Cube, gets rid of Cubic and captures the Avengers. The Adaptoid then begins to self-replicate as he prepares to take over the planet. Captain America takes him on one-on-one, and the Adaptoid is defeated, surprise, since it is unable to adapt to Captain America's spirit. Cubic returns returns and strips the Adaptoid of its cosmic palva. Man, a little bit. Check, <laughs> Greg. Check the uh, message I sent to you. It tells you the book I was talking about a minute Where'd ago. Where'd you send it? To, uh, to on your phone. On the Facebook. Yeah. Fatchibuki. <laughs> Whoa, that's a cool one. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's another comic called Action Force, and then one called Air Raiders. <laughs> Air Raiders. That's so <laughs> <Yeah>. 80s. <laughs> Captain Justice, DP7, Flintstone Got kids. those copecks. I have to run upstairs and use the restroom for a minute if you guys want to continue talking. Sure. Okay, sure. Okay. You refuse. Silverhawks, number five. Yeah, not much going on. Sorry, dude. Man. <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. That's my luck. I'm going to e order it up over here. Oh. Well, um, actually, we might as well ask did anybody in the chat have uh, any questions for me that we forgot to get to or that you wanted to ask or we were blabbering on for too much? <laughs> Feel free to ask away. I can't remember the last time I was up till two. (laughs) (laughs) I was up until five yesterday, so. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm stupid. I guess Deegan's used to this because I just went upstairs to get a little something to eat and stuff. I'm like, I'm not young anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's that's the bad thing is is I'm not young anymore either. So this shit catches up to me way more than <laughs> yes. I like to admit. But like this morning, like um, I'm not gonna lie, I was afraid I was gonna be late for the stream because at six o'clock in the evening, I just passed out on the couch with my iPad on my chest. <laughs> <laughs> and I woke up at like 
seven thirty, and I was like, "Oh my god, if I had slept any longer, I would have been like late to the late the live stream." <laughs> but and then I was like, "Oh wait, I haven't eaten dinner," and so like twenty minutes before the live stream, I text Richard. I'm like, "I gotta go to McDonald's. <laughs> I gotta get some food." And it sucks because I went to McDonald's not feeling like McDonald's, and there's no worse time to get McDonald's than when you don't and when feel you're like not McDonald's. feeling it. It was so disappointing. <laughs> that's when I just just go with like chicken nuggets or something that's like the least. I know I I was gonna go chicken nuggets and then I was like, crap, that doesn't even sound good. <laughs> I was like nothing, nothing here sounds good. Dang it! But I was like, everywhere else is too far away. I won't make it back for the live stream one time. You could have just had the basic fries. I definitely got fries. That was probably the thing I ate the most of. But then I got a quarter pounder and ate like half of it. Mm -hmm. Half of it was like pink. And I was like, yeah, I'm not. Oh, weird. No <laughs> chance in that. And I know. No, I know. I know in my early 20s and then like 30s too. I was a night owl where I would stay, stay up till like maybe three or four. Yeah, I, I did that at the end of like high school when we would have like LAN parties and oh play yeah, computer games together and stuff. But I don't know. If, I I got to get up in four hours when 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 my oh, kid no. gets up. <laughs> well, the thing that I hate is that you know I'll go out of town for these conventions, and that will put me on a better sleep schedule because I get so worn out from them that I'll actually go to bed at a decent hour at night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but what's the bad thing is about it is that conventions are when I most need to be able to stay up late because I take com <laughs> yeah. commissions and I try to get yes. finished. And I'm falling asleep in bed doing my commissions and then I wake up the next day and I'm like, shit, I needed to get one done last night so that I didn't fall behind. Yeah. And But so when I'll get home from the convention and get back into town, it like sets me back on somewhat of a normal sleep schedule. And then before I know it, four or five days goes by and I'm back to sleep, like going to bed at like four or five in the morning. And I'm like, well, that was a nice few days of normal uh, sleep patterns. And or maybe you'll, maybe when you go to Tucson, you, your body will be more in line with like the time zone. Dude, that's well, really going to fuck me up. Like, I was right going to say, I'm like, how about the time zones? I'm like, doesn't that have you up? Yeah, because it's 1045 in Tucson right now. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah, I'm going to be probably extra tired when I'm in Tucson because it's going to feel like it should be, you know, because, like, the first day of the convention in Tucson, I think, ends at 8 at night. Mm. So it'll feel like mm -hmm. 11 for me. So, yeah, that's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm almost done. I'm just doing one more almost thing. Almost done. Almost done. One more thing, and then this will be done, and I can show everybody, and you can decide whether or not you're excited to win it. <laughs> <laughs> How are we going to pick a winner? That is a good question. I feel like you would probably more be more skilled at figuring that out than me. Okay. So I'll leave it in your guys' hands. Well, Rich is Rich just came back. So, Escargo eighty. Well, they were sorry. They were asking how how they would be giving um, Deegan's sketch away. Oh, I I, I don't know. <laughs> um, Deegan, it's your sketch. What, what did you have in mind? I have well, no he, idea. He, he basically he wants <laughs> us to figure it out. 
which is totally fine. Because uh, I know yeah. that you guys give stuff away all the time, so how do you guys normally uh, decide? Well, we, can, we can ask a trivia question. We can pick a number between 1 and 50, and the first person to add it, uh, type it into the chat, which point the chat will just explode. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, man, we, yeah, we can come up with something. Let's, uh, do we have a limitation on where you'll ship it to? Hopefully in the States. Um, just because the price I, of shipping. <laughs> well, because I'm terrified that it's going to get beat up. Too, yeah. Too bad if it if it goes overseas or anything, uh, mm-hmm. or international. Um, Let me see our active. Okay, participants. No. Uh, we're getting ready to give this away, so everybody make sure that you're, if you're alt-tabbed to another screen, get back to this one. <laughs> yes. Come back. Come back to the light. Come back. Come back, baby, because I like to say, been around the world back from Bombay. <laughs> what song is it's, that? Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, oh, Okay from all around the world I think it's called I don't know <laughs> nonsensical lyrics I thought you were just making it up yeah. I'm a freestyler you know <laughs> okay we've got Saf we've got Larry oh, shop for comics we've got shop Somebody, if you're here and you haven't messaged in the last like minute you should leave us a message message Okay, how are we going to do this? Let's see. How many tattoos do you have there, Deegan? It's um, just one, but it goes all around. I was going to say enough to the point that I stopped counting. <laughs> <laughs> how how old how old were you when when you got your first one? Um, 18. Uh, it was my 18th birthday present from my oldest sister uh, was my first tattoo. Um, nice. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I had my first tattoo, like, during my senior year of high school, and that was pretty rare. Yeah, that's <laughs> a big deal right there. Yeah, there weren't, weren't very many people at my high school with tattoos. <laughs> was it Seth last week that said that uh, he, got, he, ta- he tattooed himself? Yeah, I don't remember if it was him or somebody themselves. else, but yeah. I just figured he's the artist, you know. <laughs> Seth says, Seth says, I'm internally giggling at Deegan starting the stream with, I'll do a quick sketch, but then his perfectionism is kicking in. Well, you know how I said no color? I saw some green earlier. I saw the, the, the marker ah. box come out, and <laughs> if he already had black, he didn't need the marker box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man! I, oh, yeah. I'm sure it's gonna look awesome. Though. One this day all... I'm gonna need like a handler, like seriously, like at some point with like a with like <laughs> a cattle prod, because clearly, yeah, I'm gonna have to pay somebody to just force tell me what to do. Like I'm a brain dead. Do you know what Copec markers are? Special markers that are that that are expensive. You know? Well, that's what they were discussing. Uh, uh, Deegan, could you hold up that box real quick? 
Let me lock it. Yeah, first. don't don't spill. Yeah, it. don't don't see two e to it. <laughs> Those look like fun. <laughs> That's the best reaction. Those ever. look like a mortgage payment. <laughs> <laughs> Those look like fun. <laughs> yeah, they're super fun when until you like buy this many and you add up how much it costs and then you're like, I'm stupid. <laughs> was it C two E two where you dropped it? Oh god. Yeah. Yeah, it was C two E two on day two of the convention. Uh at six uh, seven thirty in the morning. And I was working on commissions the night before. And I didn't lock the case because I was afraid of waking up my friend Christian, who was sleeping, having a nice little sleep while I was up slaving away. And I forgot to lock it. So in the morning, I went to grab it and picked it up off the desk of the hotel, and they just went all over the floor. Oh, That was fun. <laughs> and then he said, late for convention or organize the box? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had to do uh, oh. with myself, like the the internal artist struggle of, Organize them so that they're what they're supposed to be, or throw them in the fucking box so that you can get yeah. them on time. Oh man, okay. We're getting well, Seth it. has one tattoo that took 28 hours of work. Whoo! That's his, a his leg one. is fully tatted. Damn. It's basically it was a race with uh, the tattoo artist and Deegan to get one cover done. <laughs> Steph says, "Does Deegan have nephews who come over and want to draw with me? Watching my my niece finger paint with my exp expensive paints. Never again." Oh, oh. I do have nieces and nephews, but they have never been to my house, so. Thankfully, I've been able to keep. So that. you're safe. He's <laughs> not not really yeah. safe because if they do come to his house, we've already established in the last live stream that the door behind him does not click shut. Oh, yeah. really? Because the dog kept coming yep. in. It does not. So, it does not. <laughs> so yeah, your dog is so cute. When I was driving home, I picked up my phone. Well, I was at a stop site, stoplight, and then yeah, I picked up my go. phone because you guys were talking about the uh, the dogs and stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, see, I'm like, oh, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love him. He's a pain in the ass, but he's my best friend. Aren't all dogs like that, though? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Our Jacoby, that's one of her nicknames, is PETA. <laughs> pain in the ass. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And the Great Dane and the Basset Hound are speed bump and roadblock. Yes. <laughs> they both try to block you. One, you just step over. The other one, mm -mm, nope. <laughs> Not happening. That's hilarious. Well, with the Dane, it's like you walk, and then he purposely gets, you know, to the side of you. But once you start walking forward, he gets right in front of you and just stops. It's like, if you're going to do that, keep walking. Yeah, he'll go and then, like, cut 90 degrees. and like, where are you going? <laughs> yeah, he's finally, he's like, he's like, Dad, fuck this. I'm sleeping on bed <laughs> next to your drawing desk. He's, he's over it. I'm like, don't worry, buddy. We're almost there. We're on the home stretch. Dad could have been done 20 minutes ago, but he decided to put color on this game. Uh, uh, uh. I can't wait to see it. Saf said that uh, now has cheap dollar store markers on hand for the next time 
they visit. Oh, <laughs> makes sense. That's yeah. smart. And hopefully they'll be erasable kind in case they like, ooh, let's try this on the wall. <laughs> Seth said, my niece used up my $29 turquoise tube with finger paint, paint the sky. Jeez. Oh. At least it was turquoise. <laughs> Love me a good turquoise. But we're down to seven people. Yep. Uh oh. I'm sorry, guys. Man, people coming are up on two a coming up on two a.m. Da da da. We'll soon be getting the Japanese crowd. <laughs> I apologize. Oh, the guy, um, no, the guy from uh, New Zealand. Uh, so do people have to be here to get uh, to? Uh, be entered. I don't know how you want to do this. I mean, again, it's. it's I I feel like can is there a way that you guys can see everybody who has come in? I was trying to look through that. I I'm annoyed. Can you can you link this into that random comment generator? Oh, uh, let me try. Oh yeah, because that would be kind of cool, I guess, to do like uh, just pick a com you know somebody who commented. <laughs> Larry says, "Last person standing." <laughs> it's what it feels like. <laughs> so... If you if you're the last person to have your hand on the Corvette, <laughs> oh, right. yeah, there you go. Five plus three guys, eight. There we go. It's the same as two plus Oops, six. You did not enter. Oh, I got, I got a question for the the chat. Does everybody in the chat follow me on Instagram and Twitter? I know I don't because I don't have a Twitter account. I do's. But All right, well, I hopefully will be soon. So another thing to win this is you have to be following me on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, mm. I love it. He raises stakes. <laughs> well, because I have over five thousand followers on Instagram, and I just started my Twitter last week, and I've only got like thirty-two followers on Twitter. All right, all right, I'll join. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so frustrating because it's like I put all these years of work into Instagram and none of that translates to Twitter. Yeah. So I just searched your name on Twitter and the first thing that comes up is Ryan Parrott saying, check out this awesome Rogue Son by Digging for Chorus. That's fucking awesome to see. I know. I, like, uh, that's so cool. Also, it. I'm glad you said his name out loud because I was saying Perot in my head for the longest time. That's how I always said it. And then I finally like asked someone and they told me Parrot and watched me be wrong. Uh, so I did find the actual link instead of the thing that's on top, and it says that this com the video has comments disabled because it's not a video yet. It's a live stream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so can't do that. Seth says, I think the fair way would be to do people who came in, so this isn't a Mr. Beast type. Whoever stands the whole time gets it. <laughs> I'm putting the links. I'm, um, I'm just itching to see it. <laughs> what was it? Uh, Twitter and Instagram you wanted? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so on Twitter, I'm just Deegan Picaris uh, on Twitter. And then Instagram, I'm Pop Gore Art. So P-O-P-G-O-R-E-A-R-T on Instagram. And I've never seen you draw anything gory, so I always wondered about that. What's that? I never saw you draw anything gory, so I always wondered why, why you have pop gore art. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know. The Invincible stuff is pretty, uh, Oof, gory. pretty bloody. 
Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Well, because originally, so where Pop Gore comes from is originally when I started doing this uh, full time, I um, originally was going by Pop Gore instead of just my, my name uh-huh. because I kind of had it more as like a brand uh-huh. where I was going to do comic book stuff, but I also was going to do a lot of horror and pop culture art. Um, and like I sold enamel pins back then, um, you know, and I was going to get into doing t-shirts and stuff like that. But then, you know, things just kind of morphed over time and I was thankfully able to start doing, a like comic book art primarily, you know, instead of having to do all this other stuff to try and, you know, make some income. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm kind of trying to get away from the whole popcorn thing, but I don't want to change my Instagram name because... For three and a half years, so many things have tagged me as popcorn. Yeah, mm, yeah. You don't want to lose that. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I used to sell baseball cards twenty five years ago, and my email address was Cards Guy, hmm. which I, I don't use that much, but I still have it because you know some people that have known me forever still know that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you want to have it where, um? Everybody that can is in the sound of your voice of our voice right now uh, sends puts a message or joins on Twitter sends you a message or whatever they do on Twitter to let you know that uh, they have subscribed to you on Twitter to build. Yeah, that. they can just um, they can just comment on any of the posts or anything that I've done. Like just comment followed, you know, or something like that, um, and then that way I'll get a notification. Okay, followed, so that works. Um, but yeah, we're uh, just about to wrap up, so I'll show this to you guys. Like followed by my live stream, maybe. Well, if they did any comments on any of the posts that he has on Twitter, yeah. as soon as they comment, it will send him a notification. He got a comment, and it says, "So you want to just say um, so that way uh, you want so you want them to just comment on any of your posts on Twitter, just saying yeah. follow." Yeah. Okay, yeah, so you can just comment on any post on Instagram and Twitter and just say followed or I followed you or Do they have to do both like or I stalked you. Yeah, <laughs> do they have to say follow on I both was there. or one or the other? <laughs> That's awesome. Sap is right on top of everything. <laughs> but yeah, I would like for them to do both because Okay. Yeah. I need more folks that uh, actually follow me because they like what I do. Because I do, I do notice that uh, some of the following that I have on Instagram is, uh, you know, a lot of people that don't actually like pay attention to what I do. You know, mm-hmm. like they just kind of like followed me randomly one day, and then it just kind of, you know, they're not an actual follower that supports or likes or comments on anything. Right. So, I mean, if you're here and you're hearing me say this, we know that you're here. That's great. Uh, hopefully, you've already clicked like and you subscribe to this channel. Um, but to, to win the sketch that uh, Deacon is making right now, you have to go to his Instagram account, which is Popcore Art, P-O-P-G-O-R-E-A-R-T, and Twitter, which is Deegan Pecoris. I'm slowly learning how to pronounce that properly. <laughs> Nailing it. And go to any one of his posts and just type in in the comments of each Instagram and Twitter follow. Yes. He sees yes. that he'll get the names together. He'll draw and he'll contact you. Hey, you won. So get, get, and then the last for your address. 
And I'm and, so sorry that's so much work at this late of a <laughs> late of a time. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, but you're not getting you know like I give away on a Wednesday a, a four dollar comic book. You're getting a hand drawn yes by an established artist and original sketch too. that nobody else in the world will have. I was gonna say if I had to if I was going to do this for somebody and I quoted them you know on a commission price. I would say this is probably in the range of like a ninety dollar wow. sketch that I normally would do. Damn! Wow. Um, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm getting notifications. And look, virtu- virtual vice. Who's virtual vice? Speaking of somebody who has actually won one of Deegan's sketches during a whatnot broadcast, I can tell you that these things are. Awesome. Mm, love that. And let me ask mm-hmm. the chat a question really quick. Do you like big signatures if you have original artwork from an artist, or do you want it to be a smaller signature on there? Good question. I always, I always do my signature kind of small because I feel ostentatious when I do a big one. Yeah. But some people are like, no, I want it fucking scrolled <laughs> Full copy. John Hancock. Yeah, it's like some people like the big, you know. Would you like some artwork signature. with the name? <laughs> <laughs> I guess Larry is was the the name you said. I forgot what the name was that you said. Ush, oh, I said um, oh, what was it? Um, all right, we got got all kinds of notifications coming in. So modern comic art followed me. So that's Nate. Very cool. Uh, Soylent Greeny. Who's that's Larry? Okay. No, Larry is Virtual Vice. He says. Oh, okay. Awesome. So who's Soylent Greeny? Larry. Probably one name on Twitter, one name on Instagram. Oh, okay, oh, yeah. Be. See, this is this is where it fucks me up. Is Facebook has the whole business yeah, La- profile Larry says and it both. takes all of your notifications from all of your social medias and puts it all into one place, and it doesn't say which one it's for. Uh, Larry won the uh, new comic book day this week, so I've been messaging him back and forth on Instagram. I know it's only great. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I just saw him put virtual vice. That's the only reason I, I said it here. Staff responded to your signature question. I like small small signatures and things like a cover, but when it's like a sketch or stuff like this big. Okay. So I got one response with a signature question. Well, since there's not a lot of space in here for a signature, I went kind of happy medium. It's a little. It's not small, but it's not huge. Um, so we'll go ahead and do that. All right. Let's see. Just a couple show finishing it, touches. Show it. Show it. Show So close. Hopefully the anticipation is built. Remember the old ketchup commercials with anticipation? Wait, what? The old ketchup commercials for Heinz 57 with the song Anticipation. No, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure if I saw it, I would probably remember. You guys are probably like one. <laughs> Is it like you're waiting for the ketchup to come out of the glass bottle yep. or something? Okay. Yep. Yeah, and you'd see like the slow drip. Yeah, very slowly. Was it back in. when they introduced the squeeze bottle or something? No, this no. was when they had glass <laughs> bottles only. Oh, glass okay. bottles. I, I just like thought that would be a bottles. smart ad campaign when they first started doing the squeeze bottles to be yeah. like tired of waiting. Yeah, this is on. I hate the squeeze Are bottles. Are you tired of so waiting like for your ketchup nothing, to come nothing, out? Nothing, nothing, half a bottle. <laughs> well, yes. Oh, and then you got the ketchup pre-cum if you don't shake it. <laughs> <which is laughs> never fun. 
It's like ketchup yeah, juice. That, yeah. <laughs> I get that more from mustard when it's just like yellow water. Yeah, that's also bad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, I got kind of vulgar there. No, that it was funny do you, though. Do you remember the um God bless the nineties? Do you remember the green and purple ketchup? Yeah. I remember I wanted it so bad yeah. as a kid. My mom finally gave in and got the green yeah. one. And then I was like, she was like, why aren't you eating it? I'm like, it tastes different. You know, like in my brain, it just, I could have swore well, it tasted different. Even though it, like, it tasted identical, it just like seeing yeah. the color, it, it just. It was just weird. <laughs> All right, guys, should I call it? Should I call it done? Done. I think okay. so. Yeah, if you guys don't force me to stop, I'll just keep going. Then we'll be <laughs> stop it. Don't make it. I'm gonna. All right. So let me. <laughs> My phone's on six percent now. Make sure I got everybody who, who wants your sketch. Let's see. And uh, well, real quick, actually, chat. Were any of you already following me um, on both? Because then I, I want you to still be entered. I would feel bad if you couldn't enter, quote unquote. Oh, yeah. Refollow yeah. me. Um, so let me know if you are already following me. While I kind of wrangle all this stuff. Really. I already was on Instagram. I don't have a Twitter account, but I'll rectify that tomorrow during normal business hours. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's see here. So we got Twitter. Let's see. All right, so we got Linden. So I'm guessing that's uh, Shop for Comics. I think that sounds right, yeah. And then Ultimate Fallout, so that's Nate. Virtual Vice, we said that was Larry, right? One of Larry, yep. yeah. Okay. All right, so those Steph. are the only three that I'm seeing on Twitter. Steph just said I, I unfollowed and refollowed. <laughs> I guess that's an option too. See. All right, and then Instagram. What do we got on here? Let's see. Yep, we got Shop for Comics. We got Saf on Instagram. Okay. All righty. And then, um, is anybody that entered? outside of the u.s or doesn't have a u.s shipping address uh larry and shop do both do Saf, i think we've established oh, is in brazil let me uh this uh x cargo 80 was asking let me drop the link in again for you yeah because i don't want to i don't want to pick a winner until we got everybody that wants to popcorn art Yep, I, I dropped it in the chat, so you should be able to just... Actually, in the search, if you search Deegan's name, it'll come up to Popcorn Arc on Instagram. All right, well, while we're getting this all set, I'll at least show you guys what what we're dealing with here. Drum roll. Oh, yep. And what's the size of this thing, actually? Let's see. He's teasing us This now. is card. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Oh. Saf is in Massachusetts. Yeah. Oh, okay. Larry is in another country, though. He's in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Graduated so high I school in New Jersey. I can say it. I think this is an eight by six sketch. Cool. So, so everybody knows. All right. Hopefully, you can see this. Ooh, oh, I love man. that. 
I love what you do with greens, man. Wow. Yeah. Let me get the light down here. Let's see. I like the color, Deegan. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, so hopefully you guys dig that. That's... I I want that. Yeah, but he could teach me to do that. Yeah, right. And he didn't say that. He said... I'm going to... He said that he could uh, teach me to do something that I wouldn't be angry. I hate it if I put it on paper. If it didn't look like that, I would hate it if I didn't put it on paper. So, (laughs) fair enough. (laughs) Spin the wheel. Um, Let's see. Oh, of course. uh, God, even my house is telling me to go to bed. My one of my fire uh, (laughs) is uh, chirping. My fire detectors is going. I mean, I'm like, was that ours or someone else? Oh, we were making different bun, uh, pun jokes before, and uh, Sherry said something about, oh, I have a pun in the oven. Oh, yeah. And right then, somebody's channel went, ding, and like, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Sav said, we established last time that Deegan won't come to New England because we're horrible. <laughs> oh. That is not true. I want to come to New England so bad. It's just so expensive and so far away. And Rhode Island, he's tried going. He just can't find it. It's so small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this. I, I'm telling you, if you want me to come to New England, bug all your local conventions and be like, you need to invite Deegan as a guest. And uh, I'll definitely come if I can have a you know a guest table. So bug bug your people. All right, let's write see your here. congressman. <laughs> <laughs> Shop says those chirps are annoying. I know. Well, I'm they, sorry. They, once they we, go, once we no, do the they, art they drawing, keep... we'll, I'll, uh, I'll hop off of here and take care of it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that when that happens in my house, I it'll keep me up all night. It's... All right. So I'm going to write this down really quick. Let's write our list of folks just so I make sure I didn't miss anybody. And then we'll do a draw. What are you growling at? Do our wheel of fish. Yeah. <laughs> Will oh, I always hate shit. when my dog just walks into the hallway and starts growling at nothing at two. Yeah, you you said <laughs> he did that last time. He just yeah. looks down the hall. Like that's not horrifying or anything. <laughs> How do I not have you a know piece it's... of scrap paper? <laughs> well, you you got a bunch of writing utensils. Yeah, no paper. Let's see. Okay, so we got staff. Got Larry. You're doing the wheel, uh, Greg? I can. Does anybody have a wheel actually? I can I can do it. Wheel of names wheel of names dot com. And then we got Escargo. It still has it from the last time we used it. I just yeah, pulled it, it up. <laughs> but I, I so I've got Escargo, Saf, Larry, Shop. Oh yeah, that's shop. I had to Down. turn off my phone because it was at five percent. Yeah, was that everybody? Just four? I think that made it this far. Yeah. All right, we're gonna going once, <laughs> going twice. So we got eight people in here, but is that mostly you guys? It could be one. I could be one. Yeah. Oh, I and Nate, Nate said that he followed on both. So, and and Nate. Nate. Okay. And Mrs. Ohana is on with her phone, so that was a, a viewer. Well, my phone is, is... But it didn't disconnect. It's oh, still on, probably. That's true. Oh. 
I just grew a dog from my lap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lap dog. Nice. You want to come up here again? Here, get down. Go around this way. All right. So oh, gonna... so cute. Now I can really look at him. <laughs> look this way, doggy. Oh, <laughs> so cute. Oh, what kind? Um, he's a mutt. He's a little bit of a lot of things. So, I think he's got a little. I can see the llama. Him. He's got a little bit of pit bull because sometimes he'll get that like ears down, smiling face. That uh... And then he's definitely got terrier. Yes. I know, I know that sound is annoying. I'm sorry. Do we want to do the thing where we pick the first one that it hits or whittle it down? Oh, yeah. How should we do it? Um, I think whittle it down. Make it interesting. Yeah. That's what we did with our thing, which is Last Man Standing. You spin it, whatever name it is, gets eliminated, and you just keep spinning until Until number one. Until number one. We can do it that way. All right. Now, we're going to have to go by what you say, Greg, because. Remember, it's a delay from what I'm seeing of like 20 seconds. Okay. Uh, well, are we ready? Sure. So, again, if your name pops up first, it does not mean that you won. It means that you've been eliminated. The idea is to be the last name on that wheel. Okay. And, and thank you, Seth. Thank you for hanging out. Said thank you to us. Absolutely. Oh, the yeah. best thing we want to do right now at 2.15 is to draw this out as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Spinning. Where are you going? The dots are drawing us. I see it spinning now on my screen. And oops. Oops. <laughs> Ignore oops. the winner part. <laughs> so, Saf... Sorry, not Saf. Shop. Sorry. It's been eliminated. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Larry's like, wow, that was close. It Ooh, was close. <laughs> Next person being eliminated is. You can't get on the desk. <laughs> who's, who's blue? S Cargo. Okay. Okay. Down to three. Larry. <laughs> oh, and Larry, I'll answer that question here in a second. Okay. Once, uh, once we finish the drawing. Nate and Saf. The final down to Nate and Saf. Countdown. Down to Nate and Saf. Final two. Okay. Place your bets. Place your bets. <laughs> There's a Pokemon ball again. There you go. The eliminated name is. I can't see oh, it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nate is gone. Saf is the last man standing. Who is thankfully <laughs> not in Brazil, in Massachusetts. Larry's like, it's rigged. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, he got bonus points for all the messages in the chat. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Congrats, Saf. Well, congratulations, Enjoy that Saf. sketch. So what you're going to need to do is uh, reach out to uh, Deegan on one of the formats that uh, you've now registered for. Yes. And send him your address. Indeed. And then uh, just give me some time. Uh, I'll probably wait to ship it until I get back from Tucson. So in about a week. Um, and yeah, then I'll get it shipped out to you. But yeah, go ahead and reach out to me on one of my social medias and uh, give me your shipping info. And 
That way I can get it out to you soon. Exactly. And being as tomorrow's Saturday, uh, Sunday, nothing's getting mailed out tomorrow. But I will make sure that on... Uh, Super cool. Come on. Looks like it's my head. It does. <laughs> uh, I'll Hello. make sure on Monday that, Nate, I'll get the uh, slab out to you for winning that earlier this evening. Thank you very much. And, yeah, I'm very ready to call this an evening. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Seriously, it was fun again. No, thanks for joining. Really, yeah. have a lot of fun in uh, Tucson. Uh, safe trip there with your layover and everything too. Thank you. Yeah, hopefully it goes well. Hopefully it's a good convention. I uh, I need it. Hopefully at the you moment. keep the Copec <laughs> the marker box locked. Yeah. Who's uh, coming in to be your handler this time? My mom. Uh, well, I don't know if she's going to be able to stop you from working, but she definitely will keep you fed. That's what yeah. I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's going to be awesome. I'm going to get to hang out with my mom that week and. She's going to get to see what I do, finally. Uh, That's you still, awesome. You still have family down there? Uh, actually, most of my family is still there. Um, so, like, my sister and her husband, I'm going to meet my nephew for the first time. And he's, awesome. like, four years old already. Oh, wow. So okay. Was, yeah. Are they so, coming to the show? or I mean, Do they live yeah, in Tucson? So they come to the convention, too, and see, you know, see how everything works and how it's going. And So, yeah, it's going to be really cool. Awesome. I'm it's so Great. exciting. Yes, have have lots of fun. I mean, it's not not just comic wise, but family wise, and just soak it all in, man. Enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, I haven't seen my mom in six years, so oh, well, Jesus. yeah. So that'll be that'll be awesome. I'm excited. And he's going to Arizona in August because Georgia's not hot enough. <laughs> well, it'll technically fall into September, so yeah. Cool. I mean, the yeah, the, the temperature just drops right off the edge of the yeah, table. Yeah, you know, it's just like first. the second it turns September, it's. Yep, but, it's uh, right down into the 40s. You can't bring a coat. You guys are awesome. Hey, thank you so much for joining right in again. Out, um, we're anxiously looking for your return, and uh, we'll try to keep this uh, channel going without you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to seeing all the content and stuff. And, um, you know, again, thank you guys so much. And everybody have an awesome morning. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yes, exactly. And all yeah. the all the viewers that should have joined us and stayed as long as you did. Thank you yes. so much. Yes, um, absolutely. If you're catching this on a rewind, don't forget to click like and subscribe. Click on those notifications so you don't miss it next time. You'll see that pop up and you can be here for the entire four hour journey from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Five hour tonight. Oh shush. Five and a half. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it was fun and enjoyable. My I wouldn't have missed it. it for the world, man. <laughs> awesome but in the meantime though we're going to get going uh, everybody have a safe one until we see you again toodles mahalo <laughs> bye bye <Goodbye. laughs>